Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to RPG Digest! In this livestream formatted podcast, we discuss tabletop role-playing games and comment on the RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Max Liauschlo. Your favorite, I say that every time because I know it's true, not-so-humble, curmudgeon, critic, judge, executioner, burial, I will shoot you to the moon, bang, zoom, to the moon. And along with me today, as always, if he's got his stuff working, is Brett Ethan Dog Grissomer, who's muted right now, so I don't know if he's got stuff. Oh, nope, he does. Are you there, sir? Oh, he disconnected. <laughs> well, I will pretend, hi, everybody, I'm Brett Ethan Dog Grissomer. I'm here. Oh, damn. I'm here. It's just the camera. It's not, it's not, uh, yeah, the camera's not doing anything. But we're not, you're not seeing me right now anyway, so who cares? Yeah. I want to say hello to everyone. Hope you're doing well. I hope you had a great Halloween. I did. And if you missed the uh, watch party we had last night for Night of Living Dead, <laughs> then, uh, well, apparently you're out of luck because some asshat in Portugal decided to try and claim it. A public domain movie. He's like, no, no, I'll, I'll claim that shit. That's fine. So, yeah, you're not going to be able to watch it now until that's cleared up. So there's that. Would you like to uh, introduce our, our guest? Or are you oh, still sure. working on your computer? I'm still working on the computer, actually. This, this I can do important. it then. Well, well, Heathen Dog tries to figure out basic computer 101 stuff. I will introduce who we have on the show today. We have DM Bloodworth from Unscripted and Unchained. Uh, uh oh, is it Tabletop Reviews? Oh, you know, if I would have wrote that down and been, you know, been a professional here, I quit. All right, so what's your channel, sir? <laughs> How are you doing today? Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for the invite. Um, it is Unscripted and Unchained RPG Review. That's See, I thought I'd remember that, and you know what? It's something about once you start streaming, you forget everything. Uh, so um, I just got to mention, Heathen Dog is having a bad week right now, but you have had a really good week. So uh, do tell us a little bit about that. Well, hello, everyone, again. Um, yeah, I, I've actually had a, a phenomenal week for, for someone who is slowly getting back into the tabletop hobby and getting into uh, both YouTube and RPG, um, uh, drive through RPG, and, and just trying to, you know, get a, get a foot in the door. And so... About two weeks ago, my uh, YouTube channel was monetized. Congrats. Uh, so I was like, thank you very much. Uh, you know, it's always an exciting thing as you're watching something that slowly grows, you know, along the way. And, and I had that, you know, opportunity to see it, oh, you know, 30, 40 subs every month. And then all of a sudden, as I was getting close to that 800 subscriber mark, I was thinking, all right, now it's going to like really slow down. And, you know, it'll become painful to watch them just trickle in. That watch pot never boils, right? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, it jumped up to 990, you know, and then it was torture watching it go to, you know, 999. <laughs> and then it hit 1000. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get too excited here because I know that on any given day, it'll go up one, down one, you know. So then it was a thousand, you know, thousand two. And then it dropped down to a thousand. I was like, yeah, see, I, I know I didn't make a big deal about it for a reason. Then it hit 999. I was like, great. Now, now it's going to hang up everything, but it went through. Excellent. And, um, 
you know, and the monetization came very quickly. I was expecting two or three months because that's what a lot of people were saying. Uh, it was like five days and then <laughs> boom, it hit. And I was like, great. Then uh, I began the process with uh, drive through RPG because I have a backload of written material that I'd like to like to publish. And I put up two, uh, two adventures, one for gangbusters BX and uh, one for uh, Mifrog 4.0. And when I put those out there, I was like, all right, well, this will probably take weeks, you know, weeks or possibly longer, you know, for the whole approval process and everything. And, you know, by, uh, by October 29th was my first, first publication there. And uh, it immediately started selling. So I was like, great. I mean, it's still small, but uh, building up and I'll continue to build up the catalog of, uh, of games there. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a great October. Let's put it That's, that way for gaming. Yeah. Was there a particular video, like when you hit that 990 mark or when you're, when you're starting to creep up on 900 and so forth, was there a particular video that seemed to take off? Well, there were, there were two series of videos that I put together. Uh, the first series that I put together that really brought a lot of new viewers to the channel was uh, I, want, I, I went book by book through Advanced Dungeons & Dragons first edition. And while I was producing those, I was actually subsequently buying them at the same time so it was i was getting all these first edition books you know from ebay along the way and i was like as i just continued you know producing them and i wanted to produce those videos in a in the order that the books were released so it really worked out you know well and you know very very big series on the channel that probably brought in about 70 subscribers just from that series alone. Awesome. And then uh, Mythrog 4.0 came out. Mythrog is a myth mythic fantasy role-playing game. Well, we'll and, be talking about that later. That's yeah, for sure. we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Too. <laughs> so that came out and that's always been a, a big draw uh, to my channel because I'm one of the few channels that will actually even touch that game, uh, let alone, you know, spend as much time. Uh, so I recently packaged that on, on YouTube as a, uh, as a playlist. And, you know, I realized that I have over 30, you know, 30 videos just on that game alone. Now, in relation to my overall channel, I have over like 320 videos, I, I think uploads. So that's still only 10% of my, uh, you know, my archive of videos on, on YouTube, but uh, it's still a major draw. Excellent. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Just so everybody knows out there, you're not having a stroke. This is what Heathen Dog's <laughs> been working on. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's always right for, you know, you could test all you want the day before or five hours prior. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start streaming, something breaks. Mm -hmm. Pro stream. Come on. Where's Bald Heart type in? Pro streamer. Oh, wait. That's only when I screw up. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show, uh, we're going to show off some of your websites here in a, in a little bit. But in the meantime, I think that was a really good introduction to, uh, uh, to DM Bloodworth there. Heathen Dog, other than your camera break, anything interesting happened with you this week? No, no. I mean, uh, uh, apparently the uh, CDC and a lot of people tried to cancel Halloween. I wasn't having it. Wasn't having it. So I, took my son out we went uh trick-or-treating and my god other people weren't having it either good he made out like a bandit 
we went through three blocks and he's like, dad, I can't carry this anymore. <laughs> That's when you say toughen <laughs> <Because> up kid. <laughs> they, they were so scared of kids not showing up that they gave all the kids. They, that did show up tons of candy. So they wouldn't have any, you know, so they, at the end they wouldn't get like gain five pounds just from leftover <laughs> Halloween candy. So after a while, he's like, dad, I can't carry it anymore. I'm like, well, part of trick or treating is carrying the candy. So if you want to leave now, you got to carry it back. He's like, okay. So <laughs> he's both hands carry the thing and get it home. Dragging it on the ground. So, it was big. <laughs> so yeah, we, we went through it today and uh, separated out and all the stuff that's good and crap and, and the hell's this candy corn get the shit out of here you know like whatever <laughs> yeah so, it's still so, yeah, pure sugar yeah i know but uh yeah he, he made out so he was real happy the, on the flip side our street is is a bad street it's it's like it's it's one block and then it it uh, dead ends into a school so there's no thoroughfare we got zero kids come to the house my wife was sitting outside with a socially distant bowl of candy <laughs> you know far enough away not a single kid See, that's us most years. Uh, so I stopped kind of even worrying about Halloween out here, even if there are kids around, like, because the, the military people, they go to base and deal with all that. The Germans, I don't know if they, I don't know. We get like maybe two kids a year. So I'm like, typically I'm streaming on Halloween too. So I just don't normally care. We'll put like a little bucket of candy out there and just say, grab some. And of course, yeah, we'll have for, it, for have it all for me, the rest like of the year. One kid who took a whole bucket. Well, I, we don't know. We don't know. Now, Now, in the last year or so, we've had a lot of American kids move in, a couple of Mormon families. So, you know, like 17 kids for each one. Um, and, you know, we got we got some neighbors and so forth. So there are definitely more kids in the neighborhood now. So we don't know if they came by and just, you know what? Oh, look, there's candy out there and grab some. Or if it was like the same one, my wife said, I think it's the same people coming back like every hour to check to see if there's still candy. They're taking it. But uh, it was all gone uh, except for like a few almond joy. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's it. Like, uh, she even went and refilled it a little bit. So that's the most candy we've ever given out. This is the yeah, one year that was on almond joy, man. But I like I, it. I, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I oh, you're muted, DM Blood. Yeah, no, that's my favorite. Actually, yeah, I, I took those out of the bags <laughs> as, they, as we saw that not a lot of kids were coming anyway. And actually, we only get our neighbor's kids, and, and their their parents usually call ahead. Hey, we'll be there at eight o'clock. All right, great. You know, we'll have this set aside, and. Um, you know, so it's, but not a lot of traffic, but in our community, they had that, you know, trick or trunk or, or trunk or treat or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. where they, they set up at the, at the local uh, grocery store parking lot and everybody had everything in their, the trunks of their car. And then all the community kids could just walk and go, you know, trunk to trunk and pick their stuff. The only other thing for me this week is I got my, got my winter haircut. There you go. It's all short. Let <laughs> the winter do. Everybody's like, that's backward. Well, I get horrible hat hair. You've seen my hair during the streams and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, I like it. I got it, you know, all pristine. Uh, who's that politician? Mm -hmm. Mitt Romney pristine. You know, it's got to be perfect. <laughs> Every hair. And can't do that in the wintertime because I wear a hat. See, people also say, well, you're from Minnesota. You should be, uh, you should like the cold. No, I'm from Minnesota. I know how to dress in the cold. <laughs> that includes putting on a damn hat. So, uh, yeah, it's time for the time for the buzz cut for the next few months. Ah, sporting that now. Other than that, my week has been pretty boring. Not quite a high and tight. I'm not a Marine, but uh, yeah, close enough. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go through our obligatories here, and then let's go talk about things that DM Bloodworth actually came here to talk about. First of all, subscribe! Where's Garthon? Why do we not have the Garthon scream yet? I don't know. Uh, 
These things are all out of order. So what is RPG Digest? Well, it's conversations on the TTRPG hobby. We are truthful, at least in our own minds, but we're also opinion, at least in your mind. Information you need to hear, not what you want to hear. We are not an echo chamber for the idiots who permeate this hobby. We'd like to have some of those idiots on this show. I want to argue with somebody. Damn it. If you don't like our commentary, tell us why in chat and then comment section. Or if you hang out long enough, you can join us in segment three. Why don't you do that? And we like to promote hashtag RPGate. What is that? You want to read it or you want me to? I'll go ahead and do it. All right. It's, games are escapism and not representation. What this means is you play a game to have fun. You play a game to put yourself in a different person's shoes, different environment. And it's all for the point of having a good time with your friends. You as a person, you personally, or anyone else personally at the table does not need to be represented in the game. Whatever, no, uh, my, I have to be Jewish and every, everyone has to understand that. I have to be trans in the game and everyone has to understand that. That's stupid. Stop it. <laughs> Entertainment over activism. This is in the same vein. You're supposed to have fun, all right? Inter interjecting your socio-political nonsense into everyone else's fun is the same thing as stabbing everyone in the face. You're, you're eating <laughs> their fun away. They're just bleeding it out of them. And the thing with diversity, organic diversity, comes from natural inclusion. Means, means this whole gatekeeping idea, if you can waddle up to the table, walk up to the table, roll up to the table, whatever, and you can physically play the game, unless you break rule number one or two, there is no reason why you shouldn't be there. None. When you try to start interjecting inclusion, forcing someone to play, that's when you get into trouble with everyone on the table. Everyone has a bad time. Stop it. Follow these rules. Your game will run smoothly. I promise. All right. That was that was that was the max definition of it. Where the lengthy version, the verbose version. But I like it. Uh, that's right. I deleted slide number two because I don't want to ever talk oh, and, about that. Uh, reborn in power. Now, now, thank you for posting. And also, I, thank you for, uh, for uh, you, you subscribed earlier? Or was it or was it a just a follow? I'm not sure. It's, thank you very much for following Legion of Myth Prime. That's what it says. I had that, I had that up a little early today. All right. So let's uh, put out our links. Uh, I don't know why half of those are on there. I hate... Social media. All of us in Legion Myth hate social media. Yeah. Like, how do we get our word out there at all? You know how we do? It's you guys. You guys share our stuff. Thank you very much. We absolutely appreciate it because we're shut-ins or something. You know, everybody's like, you know, how are you handling COVID time? What, this is different than any other time? Yeah. Uh, my, my life hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I have to wear a mask at work sometime. Eh, whatever. Yeah, um, anyway, so, uh, but you can follow us on Discord. That's actually where we tend to respond to people by we, I mean me, uh, respond to people. Uh, we have a website, which I update whenever I remember, uh, parlor and Twitter. We're there. That's pretty much automated, but Hey, if you send us a message, DM Bloodworth, hold mm -hmm. on. I got a bone to pick with him, sir. Yes. You had me on the twatters more time this last week than I have been <laughs> in like a year and a half. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go back to that. Uh, but, uh, you can follow us on Twitch and on YouTube. Uh, 
Paid backers actually get to see this full stream in its entirety after it's done. The rest of you get the segments out on YouTube throughout the week. You can back us on Subscribestar, same deal there. And you can get our junk, I don't know why I called it that, but I wanted to, on Spreadshirt. Why is it cold in my house all of a sudden? Somebody opened a door? What the hell? Um, anyway, you can buy our stuff on Spreadshirt. That's right, Spreadshirt.com slash Legion Myth, which uh, I did send out your, uh, your shirt, uh, Ian Bloodworth. What's slide number three? Thank you. You're welcome. Talking about thank yous, this man knows how to segue. I want to thank everybody. Starting from the top, we want to thank our monetary backers, our Twitch subscribers, YouTube members, subscribe star backers, and anybody who donates. Cheers and bids. Oh, and $100 I want Heathen Dog to Dance Without Pants donations. Thank you very much that we got last week. That was awesome. Keep bringing that up. It's fine. Uh, we're going to. Hey, <laughs> that might get us some viewers. <laughs> like I want to see heathen dog. ass white legs. I want to see heathen dog dance without pants. Well, you can have to be a paid backer now. It's the only way to see it at this point. Uh, I also want to thank all the people who come by to follow, to subscribe, to chat, or to alert Spectrifier. I'm looking at you. We do appreciate everybody that comes by. And if for whatever reason you don't want to donate to us, why don't you donate to the Wounded Warrior Project? They can send me more flags and t-shirts and stuff. It seems like every time somebody donates to the Wounded Warrior Project, I get something. Or a bill. Sometimes I get a bill. I don't understand that one yet. But <laughs> it's, a worthy, it's a worthy cause. Uh, actually, all three of us today were in the military at one point or another. So it's a worthy cause for those who uh, protect our nation. And lastly, we want to thank all the friends of our channel. And those are the people that, if you're watching on Twitch, go ahead and hover over the screen. What is that that he knocks doing? <laughs> you guys can't see. It. I, you got to do that again when I take this off the screen. All right, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm but, trying uh, to trick the camera. Trying to trick the camera. Okay. If uh, if you hover over, uh, and if you're watching on Twitch, you can hover on the screen. You can see friends of the channel. Please be sure to give them a follow, a like, a subscribe, and uh, tell them Legion of Myth sent you. In all these cases, anytime you go somewhere, you spread the word of Legion of Myth and hashtag RPGate, and uh, they'll probably just put us on block. But I don't care. All right, what's next? Uh, and you can come in on segment three. You'll have your say in segment three. You probably want to say it now, but we don't care. Segment three. <laughs> All right. Are you both ready for segment one? All ready. Good, because I'm not. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to show off a couple of things first. And how do I want to do this? You know what? I'm going to do it the, the lazy way. So we could see Heathen Dog is in his non-corporal form. He's <laughs> <laughs> using my background, too. <laughs> Get away from me! Get away from me, demon! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know you know, what you remind me of right there? You remind me of the computer from uh, White Dwarf, or Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Hey, Javi. Um, or Hobby. Uh, so, actually, I just showed the wrong damn screen. I want to show this one first. And this is the wrong damn screen, too. Hey, go buy Grim Stuff. <laughs> I was going to show off his video series that he's got, but apparently I'm a fail streamer, so we're just going to skip on to the next one. You can buy Grim Stuff. He was on our show a few weeks ago. Um, he's got a video series right now. Let's see if it's on here. Um, where he, uh, yeah, he'll consult for you on how to write a role-playing game. Sorry, Grim. I had the wrong page up. My bad. But, hey, buy his stuff. There you go. Coriolis, we've been talking about this last couple of times, probably last time I'm going to show it, but for uh, those of you who remember us going through the Free League Publishing Coriolis stuff, you can check out some uh, Free League Publishing videos, the Year Zero Engine. Coriolis has still got the pre-order going on for, 
I always forget the name of this damn thing. Don't ever try to have me remember your name. It's not going to happen. I couldn't even remember damn Bloodworth's channel and I watch it. Um, oh, The Last Cyclade. There we go. Cyclade? Cyclade? I don't know. Emphasis goes wherever I want it to. Check that out. It is the second in the uh, Mysteries of the Icon or Mercy of the Icon uh, uh, campaign. God damn it. Campaign. I quit. We're moving on to the next one. Apparently we're not because it's gone. There we go. Castles and Crusades. Again, I'm logged in. Let's just skip that. Um, they're at 28,000 of a 6,850 gold. Yeah, that's right. That's a, Oh, look at that. They just bumped up. That was so me. Good, good job. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was just fucking with yeah. <laughs> But you know, we will take credit for that, but uh, you can follow that. Uh, you can look for Castles and Crusades, Roads to Adventure. It's their eighth printing. Ten days to go on this one. And only a few hours left. 59 hours to go on Kevin Crawford's Worlds Without Numbers. If you're not sure if you would like... Well, look at that. Another bump up. If you're not sure if you would like a Kevin Crawford game, go look at Heathen Dogs uh, episode or five. I can't remember how many he did on was, Stars Without Numbers. It was, it was three or four, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And Stars, Stars Without Numbers? Stars Without Number. And this will be the land-based version of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the, with <laughs> the, the idea with Stars Without Number is that uh, um, Faster Than Light Travel was a huge thing. Everyone had it. The human race spread all across the galaxy. And then something happened. I'm not going to spoil it. And it became extremely rare. So for hundreds of years, all of these worlds were divorced from each other. And so they, they grew or, you know, or died in different ways. And part of the part of the problem I had with it when I when I reviewed it was that each world can be so radically different. Each world is creating a whole new campaign. That's a pain in the ass. For the well, now you have worlds without number. You can make each world there. Exactly. And this is a book that will help you do just that. It helps you. It gives you It gives you that little logic tree to, to uh, easily make your own world unique enough to where people will go, oh, yeah, they haven't been contacting anyone for hundreds of years. I get it. It makes sense. There right, you more, go. And you more important spend, than anything like, you have to say right now is each friggin' planet. Is Mr. Talum correcting me? It's Holly. That's right. I, I that, that was my mistake. I will go commit seppuku after this episode is over. Everyone's <laughs> only do that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, definitely going to back worlds without. Well, it's fifty nine hours to go. We'll check it when we're done. All right. That that is oh, that there is, it is. There it is. He just did. <laughs> it just ticked up again. He just did it. Excellent. That was pretty quick. Okay, let's get our. Uh, our overlay for segment one on let's get something a little more poignant as to what we're going to be talking to today up. Oh, look at that. Hey, can I zoom in on this? Make your books bigger. There we go. All right. Uh, so today for segment one, we're going to be talking about, uh, Beck me. That's right. Shad's are, we're saying Beck me on this channel because that's how we roll here. Uh, Beck me D and D. But before we do this, let's get a little introduction from DM Bloodworth, uh, a quick little something, something about yourself and what you've got going on here on drive through RPG. All right. Well, welcome again, everybody. Thanks for uh, having me. And, um, you know, once again, uh, this is just as of uh, October 29th. October 29th, I finally got my first publications on to uh, drive-through RPG. Uh, the first one that you see here, Whiskey Creek Runs Red, is a Gangbusters BX. Uh, Gangbusters BX is a basic version of uh, TSR's Gangbusters. It was uh, it was written by Mark A. Hunt, and uh, 
great game. He's currently working on an expanded version of it or, or possibly an expert version. I, I think he's going to follow the same Beck Me line. Um, mm. At least I hope he does. Uh, so that's a, a really quick, uh, really quick adventure that I ran at uh, four different cons this past year, uh, which is one of the the benefits, if you can call it that, of uh, COVID was that, uh, you know, all of the cons went virtual. And so it was a lot easier to actually attend far more cons than, you know, I, I certainly would have uh, attended. So uh, I was planning on going to one and I actually ended up doing four or five cons uh, this past year. So that is a contested uh, adventure. Um, got really great feedback from the players during the time, and uh, and some of the reviews have been uh, been really good as well. So I'm happy about that. And then the second uh, the second title, which was actually the first one that they approved, uh, is uh, the Dawning of Thule, and that is for the Mythic Fantasy RPG. Uh, very short, you know, eight page eight page adventure. It's in booklet form. Uh, so it's actually closer to about six pages of actual adventure. This be good and, for like a one uh, shot at a convention. Yes, this is a this is a very good one shot at at a convention, and it's also uh, an introduction. So it really kind of introduces the um, the setting and just the the theme and the the, the flavor of the actual setting of the, of the game and and the game mechanics as well. There's a lot of lore built into the game mechanics. And this was a really good way of, uh, of introducing players to that. Uh, the one thing about this, which might throw, you know, a lot of people like kind of like, wow, I've never seen that before, is that the, the player characters start off as uh, eight-year-olds, all right? And so, and it really ties into the, um, the Hollow Evening uh, High Festival, and and it was really coincidental that, that this is when I wrote this adventure and and actually published it, you know, two days before Halloween. Uh, so I think it's it's a nice twist that uh, players might not be familiar with in having a a game start them out as uh, as eight year old children uh, with very very limited skills. They basically just have their attributes and they have to manage their their risk level. As they are going through this, if they try to think, well, I'm a first level character, um, it's going to end up like a dungeon crawl classics funnel. <laughs> if, on the other hand, uh, they they just think of I'm just going to be a full participant in this festival, then uh, they should survive and uh, and actually learn quite a bit about the uh, the setting as well. One of the things I've I've noticed recently, especially with like. Uh... You know, Tales from the Loop, and oh, there's another one out there that's teenagers. Uh, the, the whole teenager motif seems to be kind of mm -hmm. taken off this last year or two. So it fits right in with that. You, you might be hitting mm -hmm. the stride running. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got those, and those are on DriveThruRPG. You can uh, search for r.cell space games space publishing, because uh, DriveThruRPG gets weird on its search engine. Or you can look for The Dawning of, you, you said you pronounce it Thule? Thule. Thule? Yes. Or Whiskey Creek Runs Red. All right, let's, uh, and then now, boom, this is YouTube channel, unscripted and unchained, RPG reviews, um, where we got those subscribers. I want to see your thousand subscribers. 
Oh, there's 1.03k. Bam! He's got his monetization. Look at that. Probably shouldn't be showing all this. Oh, whatever. It's a, it's a tool I use to make sure people like him can't hold me down. Even look at that. Yeah, he actually he actually beat us here. <laughs> Dang it! We got to put up better videos, Heathen Dog. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you can kind of see what uh, I, I. By the way, I watch most of the videos on the Max Liao account, so uh, don't take this as and I don't watch any of your videos. Although I have not watched any recently. Um. Yeah, Divinity Original Sin. I know you said that you were uh, play, uh, playing with somebody on that. Look at that, My Farag, which is what uh, you were just talking about for your mm -hmm. games. All types of uh, first edition Dungeons and Dragons stuff. How are these half watch? I don't ever half watch anything. Whatever. Um, I, I was actually following this RPG a day thing. I don't know. I don't get. I just don't get into motifs like that. But uh, I was watching yours and a couple other people, and I, th I thought it was a neat, neat concept to get people thinking about RPG games, but. Supporting the RPG community, though, so we can't complain about that. Got some Pillars of Eternity, which I broke that game, so I, I cry. Tune, which I had to watch. I think we talked about that on on the channel, uh, Heathen Dog, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Was it was it, was it this yeah. video? I think it was. I don't know if it was that specific video, but we did talk about it. See, anyway, look at this. I'm scrolling down, and there's still just a bunch of stuff here. So go follow Unscripted and Unchained RPG Reviews. Do you have a uh, a personal link yet, or is it? Oh yeah, you do. It's uh. Here, let's just put it in chat. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to put it in chat. Then people can go and follow, subscribe, and do all the other good things that they're supposed to do. There you go. That went to both sides of the house. All right. Any any uh, quick blurb you want to say about uh, your uh, channel? Uh, pretty much. The channel's about a uh, little over three years old. Um, and most of that growth has been from the really the last two years. And... Uh, I try to mix it up as much as possible. Um, so there's there's a broad view of uh, genre that you're going to see. And I'm also, I, as you can tell, by uh, multi-platform. So I will put up uh, computer RPG games. I do a lot of tabletop RPG games. And if there's, uh, I, do, I don't currently have any consoles. The last console I actually played was PS2. So I'm kind of PC aging myself. Base. <laughs> and so I'm kind of, uh, you know, kind of aging myself there. Um, but uh, I mean, all kinds of games that, that I enjoy playing. So uh, anybody you know, who's I, watching I, this right now, you better not jump and go watch Cecil yeah. because he's live. You, you, you watch us. Yeah. So I, I noticed on your channel that you've been talking uh, quite a bit about Conan Exiles. And that's a, that's another one of my favorite games, but I haven't touched it in, quite some time i think it was just before they uh they released mounts and that that was you know probably the last time that i played it was just then so that was probably what like six months ago uh maybe even a I little just bit started longer. playing it so um so yeah that game is really evolving you know very quickly so that's that's awesome stuff I, i'm finding well. it a, to be a really fun game i didn't get it when it first came out just because mm -hmm. uh I, I didn't understand the premise at first, and I thought it was more of just of a PvP type game, and I'm too old for that crap now. But, uh, no, I've, I've been playing with a few people on our streams and so forth, having lots of fun. I've kind of got the server locked down right now where I don't want experienced people mm -hmm. to come in and ruin it all for us because I know there's just so much to explore in the game. But yes. uh, once I get to the point where it's like, okay, I've explored enough, or I know enough, or I don't care, then we're going to open it up to our subs and so forth to join us as well. All right. Now we're going to move on to the true meat. Oh, yeah. We have, you know what? When you got a guest on, you got to show off his stuff. Boom. 
you zoom in on this bad boy right here and uh, rotate this stuff around. Go over there, you go over there, go full screen there, boom. Okay, so today, Heathen Dog and I, I wouldn't say are ignorant, I'm going to say we're ignorant. We're a little ignorant about basic Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, we've got a little bit of experience with it, but it's not our forte. Would you say that, Heathen Dog? You're muted. You're yelling <laughs> at me, but you're muted. I was doing a lot of button clicks. I didn't want to <laughs> set you off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, I grew up on AD&D and, and second AD&D, but I, had, I have played uh, uh, basic Dungeons and Dragons maybe half a dozen times. That's about it. That's more than me. And of I course, I was always a human because I'm a humanist and de demi-humans are less than human. So why be something less than good? I don't understand. I don't know why anyone <laughs> do it, but whatever. We'll, 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 we'll talk about when they get to it. That's fine. So so for me, I, I played even less than that. I think I played it maybe, I know for sure one time. I'm not sure if I played it two or three times. But because of that, I have a couple of books. They're ratty. Uh, I think they're used from other people. So we don't know much about it. And I did peruse this uh, book. Oh, or this set uh, before uh, this stream, but that's it. Just a perusal. I didn't really dig deeply into it, but there's one thing that uh, that uh, we want to talk about for sure, and that's uh, why this is probably the best place to start with regard to playing D&D. Somebody say, I want to play this D&D stuff that everybody's talking about. Well, start with Beckney. No, you don't. Well, this one you do. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're all talking about 5th edition. No, oh, yeah. No, Fair yeah. enough. But so, you, so you do, but you don't. So Dan Bloodworth <laughs> is here to tell us why we should start with uh, Beckme. Uh, what does it stand for? A basic expert, companion, I forget, immortals. Uh, Master and immortals. <laughs> Master and immortals. Master and immortals. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons and why that is the best place to start mm -hmm. before you get your feet wet into the real world of tabletop role-playing. <laughs> so take it away. Okay, um... And and this is not solely my argument. Actually, I, I've I've been listening to a, a lot of people saying that uh, going back to this first uh, this first box set of uh, and this particular one, so the expanded Dungeons and Dragons, um, all all uh, edited by Frank Metzner, and this series. I think really introduces players uh, and, and and DMs as well into just role playing in general. So if, if you're really unfamiliar with tabletop role playing games, then this is the ideal. You know, again, in my opinion, but but shared by many, uh, this is the ideal box set to go with. All right, and you can still manage to get uh, at least the books. I mean, if you're looking for the box and the dice and the crayon, that's going to be hard to get. Yeah. Have fun <laughs> yeah. And, and be prepared to spend about a hundred dollars on it. But uh, you can get the loose books uh, for about $20. And, uh, and you can also get the, the PDF of these on, on drive through, uh, through wizards of the coast for probably about, yeah, about $9 or so. Um, I would, I would rather spend, twice as much to actually have the physical in my hand uh, than than just a a printed copy because you know printer ink is more expensive than printers <laughs> so <laughs> so to actually print up you know 200 some odd pages you're probably looking at five dollars worth of ink already so um, I prefer just to have the physical copies of it 
what I really like about what this does, and, and as I was perusing through it again, uh, there are two books in this set. So there's the player's book, and then there's the, uh, the Dungeon Master's handbook as well. And the player's book is going to give the player all of the information that they actually need in order to roll up a character. Then what I like about this that's, that's really unique is, uh, and if you're going to like keep on scrolling through it, you're going to come to a solo adventure. So in the rule book, the player now can run through a solo adventure and learn the system as they're doing it on their own, right, which I think is, is a real brilliant idea to do. And I haven't seen it in other game systems where they actually give a, a, starting, uh, a starting adventure for just the player to run themselves so they can learn some of the simple systems. Actually, I've seen it one other time. Where was that? that? First edition Shadowrun, the uh, Stouffer Shack adventure is meant for between one and three players. But is and it for the, the, the reader in, in who the reads back the, book? Of the main book? And mm -hmm. it's, it's set up specifically to touch every single base lightly. Oh, cool. every, every single mm -hmm. basic rule will be rolled or or enforced or uh, brought up in this adventure, and that's why it was made. One of the things I noticed mm -hmm. while reading through this is that a lot of games like to put in like little example combats of like, this is what's role-playing, or little sessions, like maybe in a sidebar or something. Right, this is right. literal, literally an adventure that says, roll the dice. Yeah. <laughs> if this happens, your character <laughs> dies. I actually read through this. like yeah. um, Take off one hit point every time you hit the goblin. Uh, take off two hit points every time it hits you. That that kind of thing. So it, and and you are absolutely right. It starts very simplistic because separate this as the book goes deeper in. They separate it from okay, very few rules, just hit or not hit. To okay, now you got a couple of attributes. To now you're a character. Pop mm -hmm. pop pop. Let's let's make it a little bit more in depth each time. And look at look at this for the people watching on the stream. This isn't just a one page thing. This is. And you can always tell Elmore art. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I, I really love his art, by the way. Yeah, but, the uh, the uh, solo adventure starts on page thirteen. Uh, this well, this one this is the first one right here. It's on page four or three. Yeah, page three is the first one. Oh, the your first, first adventure. Yeah, yep. that, this mm -hmm. is just what's going to happen. Is, right? This is the most basic thing, and right. then yeah, then then it goes through. It's broken into like three or four different parts. And then you've got the ending here. Which page is this one? Six. Because this one even tells you about the different endings you can have, depending on what happens. Mm -hmm. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Yeah, it actually those. ends on page eight, where they say uh, winning. Mm -hmm. And then they go into the actual, you know, the character sheet and attributes and such. So, so at that point, you start uh, to generate a character. So mm -hmm. really what it's doing is it's introducing you to what is a role-playing game, mm -hmm. all right? And it doesn't, it doesn't forget the G, all right? It's a game, all right? You know, that, that's something that I think is, a, is kind of missed uh, with more modern RPGs is that they focus more on the role-playing part and forget that there's a game involved here. And games require... Um, games require that there's a, a chance for, you know, chances for success and failure. 
and that's you know there in all games there has to be a winner and a loser all right and you know with with, with this particular one yes it is geared towards the players being the winners you know unless they're you know really silly about what their choices are and uh, then they're more likely to lose but but for the most part as you were saying earlier it is that that constant build up that goes on where it's like, well, here's, here's a little bit of, you know, knowledge, test it out, mm -hmm. work on this here. Now you're ready for the next stage. And, um, it does exactly the same thing for the, uh, for the dungeon master as well. So when, when you go to the dungeon masters, uh, book, which I'll hold up here and I don't know if I'm jumping the, you know, jumping the gun here with you. Well, is there anything uh, else you want to talk that's in the player's handbook before we get there? Um, yeah, sure. All right. So other things in the player's handbook that, that are, you know, standouts in comparison to today is that, uh, yes, it does have uh, races that are classes, mm -hmm. especially your demi-human races are also classes. And, um, you know, elves and dwarves oh, and, yeah, elves, dwarves and halflings are the character classes as well and they take a, a longer time to level up mm -hmm. um, because of their innate abilities that they have uh, which is is considered to be an advantage and so they take a much <laughs> longer uh, much longer uh, path in order to go up in levels secondly and and I know if you if you you know, laugh at that. Um, really only the halfling is, is not truly advantaged, you know, very much, uh, but that, but the dwarves and elves, especially elves, um, you know, if there's any slight at old school dungeons and dragons or advanced dungeons and dragons as, uh, elves as a, as a race were, you know, really, really advantaged, you know, in a number of ways, it's like, so, you know, I remember the 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 big push back then uh, amongst players that I was involved with was uh, no, just don't roll an elf because they're powerful. You know, roll an elf because you really want to play one, or you know, stick to the other classes. So elves are powerful, but it takes a long time to level them up, and that's that's where the balance came from. You know, so. Uh, I think an elf takes something like, if I'm remembering correctly, almost like 3,000 experience points uh, just to get to second level. Yeah, Trying to find it now. Yeah. Uh, Shlo, in, yeah, yeah. in comparison, uh, let's check out the magic user, which is on page 37. Uh, that's 32. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, so. Yeah, there we are. Yeah, magic user. Skipping a lot of stuff. So the magic user XP for the first three levels, because remember, this book only goes through the first three levels. Right. That is it. Yes. 2,500. And yeah. 5,000. And, and an elf is 4,000 to get to second level. That is that is a huge detriment. Yeah. It, 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 it took a long time. So I recently ran a campaign uh, using, using Beckme, and it lasted about 12 weeks. Um, so it really took us through you know, that, that first, uh, that quarantine phase, basically, uh, that, you know, many of us had gone through, uh, and carried us well into the summertime. And, um, it took that 12 weeks and we were playing weekly. So about 30 hours of, of gameplay 
was uh, was logged in to get the get the the uh, character group up to about third level. All right, and and that included the uh, the demi humans that were in the group, hmm. uh, so that they, they had gotten there as well. The other thing I did during my campaign, just to like really utilize this, was I had seven players, and each one was playing a different class or race combination. So I had four humans, you know, a fighter, a cleric, a thief, and a magic user. I had a dwarf, an elf, and a halfling. So halfling. yeah, I wanted to make sure that um, because many of these people had never played. Um, never played Dungeons and Dragons before they played, you know, fifth edition or, or some of the other <laughs> later editions, but good. they had like not that. played. Like yeah. They had not played this before. And, um, you know, so it, it was a really nice oh, eye opener for them because some said, yeah, you know what? I'm not crazy about the, the system so much there. It's, you know, it's restrictive or it's too basic. Uh, others said, wow, I'm, I'm just relieved that I don't have to think about all of these other, you know, things. It's, it's just very simple. And I could just get into it and we could just play and yeah. not have to worry about, you know, well, am I using this, uh, you know, I'm, am I using this background trait to its fullest extent? Or, right. or, and, and or, I, I want to uh, comment yeah. on that because yeah. that, I, I do have some experience with the, uh, with that, but uh, I also want to say uh, what uh, Uther put in here. Uh, you, you brought it up for a second. Elves live many more years than humans, so why would they gain levels as fast as humans? True. I mean, that, that's that's uh, that's part of the lore type reason for why uh, demi humans, uh, a lot of demi humans, level up slower, especially elves, because they live so long, they're not in a hurry. They don't feel urgency like like uh, like lower lived races do. So if if you want to play an elf, if you want to play uh, a dwarf because dwarves live what uh 200 250 something like that uh, elves, second edition is around 250 500 yeah. plus depending on what system you're playing yeah so if if you want to live if i mean if you want to play one of these longer lived races you have to also role play that that piece of them that that their background is important to the experience mm -hmm. so an elf uh would not charge into battle even if it's even if it's an elf fighter for crying out loud, you know, they're talking about AD and D and second edition. Even if it's an elf warrior of some type, they, they are going to take their time. Think it through all possibilities. They're not wasting time. This is their deal. This is their, this is their mindset, their thought process. There's always more time to get it right. So they're going to level up slower. The other part of course, is that they get uh, more inherent abilities. Like, you know, uh, uh, a, a lot of times most elves and actually most uh, systems are are resistant or immune to illusions, charms and whatever. Dwarves have resistances to poisons and diseases and stuff like that. Infravision, ultravision, night vision, dark vision, gnome vision, <laughs> tree vision, whatever. All, all the vision. They, they, they get all of these bonuses inherently that humans. Well, it's because they're made out of fey, you know, in, in a lot of lore. Yeah. They're part of the fey in a lot of lore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, I, I would uh, like to. Oh, when you're done, I, I've got a comment to make as well. <laughs> but and then what? What I want to get get back to uh, uh, Bloodworth's thing. Uh, now, now that I have completely forgotten what it was, Bloodworth, hope you can help me. What? I, what I stopped you? The point you were making. Um, 
I was making the point. Now I'm free. <laughs> I forgot too. Well, well um, you guys are thinking that. I, I, I'd yeah. like to comment to Mr. Talum here. Yeah. Got to engage our chat. Uh, so this is this is something that this this bugs me. It's never keen on PCs leveling up at different times. It was usually a reasonable jump in power. I have a problem with that as a Dungeons and Dragons player. I can't speak to other games on that. I mean, I've played a lot of other games, but specifically Dungeons and Dragons. I know Heathen Dog probably has. I said no and probably. That's great. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure DM Bloodware has been around enough to see this. The thief in, in basic D&D or in first or second edition AD&D, I always wanted the thief to be higher level. Like, there's a reason that the thief gains experience so quickly. Number one, sucker's always getting poisoned. <laughs> he's always <laughs> failing his... I mean, if you look at those percentages, he's always failing the, uh, the you know, the, the, the un, was it pick locks and, and, and so forth. So, you know, again, poisoned. Uh, I want that jackass to be higher. Plus, he has six hit points. Yeah, sure, he gets his backstab multiplier, but... Uh, that happens. That's very situational and so forth. So that's just an example of where I don't care that the uh, that the thief levels faster or gains experience points based on gold pieces, where the wizard only you know gains it on what spells he's casting that day or whatever. So, I, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, generally the the uh, thief does not become even moderately useful in uh, in basic and advanced dungeons and dragons until he gets closer to mid-level i mean that that that's that's just the way it's that's just the way he's built but to make up for that they made him advance more quickly than anybody else which is to me i would i would want him to advance a little faster <laughs> maybe a little bit faster in the beginning 12, right was it 1250 it xp yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the first That's, five levels should be pretty damn quick because, <laughs> yeah. you know, picking locks, sneaking around, that's a super OJT thing, right? I mean, that's on-the-job mm -hmm. training. I mean, you <laughs> learn that through experience. You, you, you screw up enough, you figure out what not to do, and you should advance much faster. Whereas, you know, a, a, a magic user... There's a lot of studying involved. That's tedious work. That takes time. You can't just wing a spell and expect it to work out. But you could just try something new on picking a lock or try something new on hiding in a shadow, and hey, shit might work. Hey, like, great. Mm -hmm. Thank God. There you go. I finally pulled one out of my butt. That's great. <laughs> yeah, the the and and actually I my experience, I, I always liked playing thieves. You know, I like playing thieves when they were called thieves. <laughs> uh, so that, that's, that's kind of my, my slight against rogue. I never liked that 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 uh, class name for him anyway. I think it was kind of a cop out, um, you know. But uh, but you're right. I mean, thieves thieves did take up a, a lot of um, a lot of risk uh, playing a thief because um, not only were you always disarming traps and potentially getting poisoned, but um, but in, in all the parties that I ever played in. Uh, the thief is usually the point man. The thief mm -hmm. is usually, you know, out there checking for traps and and everything ahead of everybody else. So uh, and and in some of the more basic versions of D and D, um, the thief only had four hit points. You know, they yeah. they only had a four a D four for hit dice. So that, yeah. Um, yeah, so they they were as weak as magic users, and uh, and not as far as you know absorption of of damage but um 
Yeah, many of their skills too, uh, like picking pockets or or opening locks and and those kinds of things, were fairly low at yeah. mm -hmm. you know fairly low at uh, at first level. It takes yeah, a no. long time for those to ramp up. Um, in, uh, in 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 a couple of games where I did play a thief, and this was like first, second, and third level, and uh, they were like, "Hey, why, why don't you go and uh, check check for traps or search this room or do all this stuff?" And went, "No, let the fighter do it." <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? You you have a chance to actually find the trap before it goes off. <laughs> he yeah. has a chance to yeah. survive it. Yeah, you you yeah. you know you know what that chance is against the fighter. I call it statistically irrelevant. <laughs> I got like an eight percent chance to find a trap before I step on it, but I have a hundred percent chance of dying from it. <laughs> and whereas the fighter isn't going to die from this trap. He's going to find it just as well as I will. Only he won't die. So. Either I go in front and you carry my body all the way there and back to wherever the fuck we're going, <laughs> or the fighter goes in front, we bandage his leg a couple of times and we move on. <laughs> People still didn't like it. I mean, it was pure logic, but they, they didn't like it. Well, I mean, you're, you're saying right here, you're, you're so I, I scrolled down to the thief. Four-sided die is used to determine yep. thief's points. So, uh, I mean, but he still levels twi over twice as fast as the wizard. Yeah. Again, I don't yeah. care. I think so. When when ready, ready for the drinking game? I don't care if it's Dungeons and Dragons or Palladium. Oh wait, that's when Heathen Dog says Palladium. They, th those are two games I'm very familiar with that have different, you know, depending on your RCCs, OCCs, or character class, so forth. Yeah, that have, have different, different experience tables. Yes, I've never found that it matters as long as you're playing your class. Where it ends up mattering is for the lazy game master who wants to milestone everybody. Milestones don't belong in early editions of D&D. You know, some people ask me do, if I use milestones or if I use strict XP. Well, I use a combination of both. And what I mean by that is I give XP based on milestones. Uh, so, I, you know, you don't just gain a level for, I don't know, you know, tripping a trap. You don't just gain a level for killing a monster. I, I don't believe in any of that. I will do the XP. But if you do it, you hit that milestone and get that XP. Hopefully that makes sense to people. What I don't do, and 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 DM Bloodworth get uh, you back in here. I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't give out XP for gold, even if I do like early editions of Advanced Dungeons Dragons where it's built into the system. I, I like, like oh, you got this treasure worth five thousand gold. That's five thousand XP. It's like nah, no. I never did that either. Yeah, no. I, I I never did it with uh with like magic items if they actually found a magic item because the gold value of magic items was so high that um, you know it would really throw off uh, the the experience leveling uh, portion. But to a certain extent, I, I did I did give X, XP for gold because um, because you you'll sit at those levels for a long time unless you. You know, unless you do at least to a certain extent that, but I also included milestones as far as, you know, having completed portions of stories, you know, parts of the adventure, uh, you know, so good stop points and then granting XP for, you know, having completed that, uh, how well did you complete it or uh, did you completely fail that portion? So I always gave experience points um in little packets along right. the way as well yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, how yeah. i do it. yeah uh, we, all, we all did that as well i mean uh, when, yeah. when i when i made my own campaigns uh i would i would give out experience small amounts of experience at the end of every game session depending on mm -hmm. how you role played yes. you know like did, did you accomplish this objective 
as well or better than I imagined you did, you'll get a little more XP. Did did you role play, you know, saving the tavern wench from the, I don't know, uh, pimp smacker extraordinaire? <laughs> what? And <laughs> and not start a bar brawl. Yeah. Okay, a little XP for that. Did did you role play your your character in some kind of tense or emotional situation, uh, as as you have imagined him, or her? Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. Little XP, yeah. and then the milestones you're talking about. A lot of these uh, I found in the earlier modules were built in. I mean, uh, if, if, if you you get like a third of, a third of the way through the the module, and then it, it will have it will give you milestone experience points. Everyone gets this experience points for completing this portion of the trek or this whatever, and then and then it gives a, a parenthetical saying if they did it surprisingly well, give them plus this. If they did it like by the skin of their teeth or made stupid decisions, give them minus that to this total. You know, and so I would incorporate that in my in my games as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it. In the, in the early levels, sometimes people will gain a level in uh, in, in the middle of an adventure. Mm -hmm. I mean, that happens, right? But how do they handle that in basic D&D? Do, does, it, does it give guidance in this book about how to handle someone gaining a level in the middle of adventure where they logically cannot train or anything like that to explain the increase in abilities or maybe an extra spell or whatever? The book actually doesn't, but uh, but the book empowers the DM to make those decisions, you mm -hmm. know, and, that, and that's the other thing. I mean, that's a real old school RPG thing is that, right. you know, the DM I, I is the, example because this is an old yeah, school RPG thing. So yeah, think, yeah. It, it's the, you know, the DM is the, and, and there's a reason why it's it's dungeon master, you know, or, or game master. Um, it's not a manager, which I've, I've started to see that that term thrown around now. Um, but it's really up to them. The way that I've done it is uh, they might, they might gain the, uh, they might gain the, the physical aspects of right. the, the training, but not the skill aspects because they have to train. It's like uh, if, if you had a, a magic user, well, now they can suddenly use a, uh, a second level, you know, magic spell, let's say, but uh, they don't have any available with them at the time, unless they happen to have a, a scroll they've been hanging on to or something. So, and then that takes, you know, that's not just all right. Well, now I can cast this, you know, from or, or learn this into my spell book. That's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that they have to wait until they get back to, you know, their town or wherever their their base of operations are, are and then spend time actually learning that new spell or learning how to use those things. So I've always liked to have uh, low level player characters have some kind of an NPC mentor that they have to go to, to unlock those new abilities. Doesn't or, this or game say to do that until like level seven? I thought I read that in here, like, like to, until level seven, or maybe that was just for the wizard, but it said until like level seven, uh, the character needs to go back to a non-adventuring, like you said, mentor. Yes. You know, so, so it's built in, in, in the sense that, um, you can, you, you should certainly have that kind of idea going along, but a, a DM can do whatever they want yeah, uh, sure. with, yeah, I, with I, that. And, and done it both ways. Yeah. What, what, what I've done is, uh, when, when, a, when a lower level character will advance a level inside of an adventure, 
where they realistically cannot have a week or two to mm -hmm. do the do the logical training to gain that power. Mm -hmm. It I've 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 seen and done it both ways. I usually take a middle ground. Like for example, the easy thing is for a a spell casting class, like a, a you know a wizard or or a cleric. If they are not graduating to a new level of spell, just getting an extra spell per day, well, that's easy. Mm -hmm. That's easy. That's a get. You, you give that. Okay. That's that's just right. again. You, you can you can memorize your, your brain got a little bigger through experience. Mm -hmm. Good job. You can hold one more spell. Bully on you. And I have denied them the next level, which they are not qualified for. Next level of spell, because I want them to have time to do it. But also, I've had players proactively knowing they're they're going to advance in the beginning of of uh, of that adventure before they start off on their on that adventure they will say hey i am taking uh, a couple extra books with me this is the weight that goes in my backpack i'm taking spell components for third level spells i can't use them yet but i've been studying these past weeks and i'm almost at a breakthrough now, if they come at me like that, I'd be like, all right, that's pretty smart. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. That was pretty good. I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. So <laughs> then, then I'll I'll have him do that. And but for for physical abilities, like uh, a, a fighter get, gaining some kind of new trait or stuff like that that is purely based on on physicality, um, they they could easily say that they have been practicing for this and now they have perfected it. Right. You know, they, yeah. And that that's fine, too. You know, I, mm -hmm. a DM should be able to be convinced to a point. Yep. You know, yeah, it's, it's, especially if a character comes to you before the game starts or, you know, that that particular game day starts or that particular adventure starts to, you know, and you and this this person is thinking of the future. I like those kinds of players. I'm going to reward that kind of behavior. Well, it's very similar in, in thought process to uh, like how I compare first edition to fifth edition in the fact of in fifth edition, everybody goes, okay, I roll my investigation and my perception. What did I find versus, okay, I am going to go look around the corner using my mirror attached by uh, you know a sticky substance to the stick to look, uh, what do I see down the hallway? And what I mean by that is somebody's proactively trying to engage in the game, right, not right. just use the numbers and the skill system there. And and I'm with you 100% on that one. I can't say I've done exactly what you've done. But yeah, if somebody's got a good reason and can say, hey, this is what I've been doing. This is how I express it with my character. You know me, I, I like to have some role playing in there. Yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in the middle of the story game versus just tactical game uh, type thing. But uh yeah, uh, I, I don't see a problem because that player is being proactive and using the game a, as the and the character, you know, in concert. Right. And and uh, I. A lot of people, I mean, none of the none of this is, is uh, specifically written in any book I've seen, but uh, uh, for for uh, a game like basic Dungeons and Dragons, where there aren't a lot of rules. Right. I mean, there, there are rules, but they're, they're not super algorithmic, nasty. Not that's what I, that's what I forgot. Anyway, uh, they're, they're, they're not, not super algorithmic. You don't need cheat sheets and everything. You got it. There's a lot of leeway, you know, there's a lot of leeway for the player and the dungeon master. For example, like, like what you were saying, uh, you're, you're one of your big problems with, with fifth edition is that they'll just walk in a room, roll a die, and you have to give them everything that that die roll says they get, which is lame. What what we what we want at bare minimum 
is them to go in the room, say, Hey, I'm going to feel around the walls. I'm going to, I'm going to knock on, you know, uh, parts of these wood paneling to, to see if they're hollow. I'm looking for a secret door and then they roll great. They roll. But if you're, if, if you, if you get some inventive stuff, like, like, uh, there was this one player, this was in a, in a second, a second edition AD&D game where before they went into the castle, he got a bunch of green sticks. What I mean by green sticks is he took sticks off of living trees and put them in his pocket. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. I didn't know. I don't know what he was doing with them. I didn't know. But when, when he got to a point where he had to look for a secret door, he would, he would uh, dip the, these, this green sticks in, uh, in, in uh, uh, lamp fluid, light them up so they would smoke. And he would use that to try and find the seam for the mm-hmm. secret door. And I was like, you I know see. what? Plus two to your roll. Yeah, that was a yeah. good one. You know, the, I love, yeah. I love giving, giving bonuses like mm-hmm. that. And with a game like basic Dungeons and Dragons, where not all of the rules are explicitly said where the game master has so much leeway, you can do stuff like that and no one can bitch. No one can say anything. They go, yeah, that was a good idea. That's fine. That was good. Rule zero. And we'll we'll talk about that later. uh, uh, But uh, rule zero. Yeah. All right. Players Uh, are not characters, so that was a good one to stop on. Yeah. I noticed he stopped on this uh, this particular screen, and I know why. Uh, (laughs) And it it actually matches your your RPG gate uh, thing as well. Um, Probably not coincidental. But this goes <laughs> this goes back to how this um, how the basic set is teaching you how to be a role player and and how to play the game itself, not just this particular game, but any RPG you can take from what you learn from this book and carry it over to others. And that's why you know I also argue that this is probably the best introductory RPG for brand new players to the hobby uh, as compared to, you know, possibly others. And again, uh, you can argue one way or the other for other systems, but I just prefer this one because of things like what you're showing right now. Yes. This, this right here introduces you to what I consider a core concept of proper Mm -hmm. gaming. Mm -hmm. You are, you are a character in a, in a story. You're not you. You would you would not do the things that your character would not do the things that you would do. Your character mm-hmm. would do the things that your character would do. Think of it that way. You have yeah. to make all of your decisions through your player's eyes, through through your player's mm-hmm. lens. Yep. If you're not doing that, you're you're not playing the game. You're just well, you're just trying to play your, an avatar of yourself, and no one. That's not escapism. That's not well, entertainment. That's just. I read this yesterday. <laughs> I yeah. love the factor. It said basically said don't metagame. Because yeah. you know, there's a, there's always that argument versus metagaming, not metagaming. I mean, I've even seen videos from some of the more uh, popular fifth edition uh, YouTubers who're like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with metagaming and so forth." That's because you're using weird rule system. The old days are like, "No, don't metagame. No, know, know the difference. Know your character. Mm-hmm. No, try to think like your character." A- mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and to piggyback on what uh, DM Bloodworth was saying a moment ago, I don't know of another system. There might be out there. Like I. I I will tell you that I think the year zero engine, for example, is an easier system to learn, to just learn off the cuff. But we're not talking about that. 
We're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And when I read through this book yesterday, and to be fair, I did not read it word for word. I took about an hour to skim through it, read some of the stuff in there, get an idea of what was in here. I was like, how did I miss this book my entire life? I mean, I know, I know how. I, I really, yeah. I mean, it's because I, I had some exposure to it. Battletech became my main game. When I came back to Dungeons and Dragons, second edition was already out, you know, and that's really where I stuck with it and so forth, right as second edition was released, as a matter of fact. Um, so that, that's where I ended up kind of staying. But I went through this as like, holy crap, I'm rethinking how I'm writing up my RPG simply because of this book right here. Because I'm like, wait a second, because this really does start. Let's let's keep it simple, stupid. All right, you good with that? Let's throw in a little bit more now. How are you handling it? Everything good? Everything's good? Awesome. Okay, let's throw a little bit more in. Now you're ready to start playing a first level character, but don't worry, we're only going to bring you to level three. You've got plenty of time. You know, if you use the old adage of uh, three, three adventures per level, or three to five adventures per level, you've got a good 15, you know, uh, nine to 15 adventures underneath you before you need to get another book out. Have some fun, play the game. We'll start throwing more stuff at you later. And I did peruse through those other books as well. And some of the stuff that you're like, well, why isn't that a rule in the basic book? Well, because it's in the expanded book or it's in the companion book. Some things that we're just used to from playing Advanced Dungeons Dragons, you don't find until your 14th level in this game because it's trying to bring it to you step by step. And I absolutely love that. I don't, again, I don't know where this box set's been all my life. It's just not in my repertoire. <laughs> sorry, sorry for kind of taking a lot there, but I really wanted to put that out there that I agree with you 100% on that. And I mean, I, I don't know. What, what do you want to add to what I said there if we want to move on? But uh, I, I really had to piggyback on that as somebody oh, who had I, I read this before. I want to I want to go to the uh, uh, playing with a group. Mm -hmm. That's page 53, especially mm -hmm. I want to read up on. Uh, where is it? Uh, the, 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 the character alignment. Uh, what page? That, that one specifically is on 55. 55. Oh. OK. Dividing treasure. Okay, character alignment. I mean, okay. there are only three alignments in basic. I know, right? The three basic ways of life guide the acts of both player characters and monsters. Each way of life is called an alignment. The three alignments are law, chaos, and neutrality. Each alignment has a language that includes hand signals. This is this is awesome. I was like, I in uh in, in second edition, it was just it was just thieves can't. That's basically your only, only language that that first edition, a, a first edition ADD language. still had the alignment languages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, player characters always know how to speak their alignment language in addition to any others they may know. If a monster is able to speak, it will also be able to use its alignment language. That's fun. I was like, that makes it really easy. You no longer have to have, like, I, I speak kobold. I speak troll. I speak, no. Do, do you speak chaos? Yeah. Hey, there you go. You can talk to all these boys. That's great. That's good stuff. But what I want to uh, uh, go on is the alignment, give guidelines for characters to live by. And, th and this is cool. Guideline. This is, I have had so many people come <laughs> to me and said, that is not exactly what a, a lawful, a lawful evil person would do. That is not, no, they're guidelines. You got to, mm. you, 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 you always aim to stay in your lane. Some people go out of their lane. Good people do bad things. Bad people do good things sometimes. But generally, you stay in your lane. And basic D&D makes the lanes pretty big and gives you leeway to, to skirt the edges every now and again if it's appropriate to the game, the moment, the character, whatever. 
I like it. And I, I, I wish that alignment stayed this uh, this uh, level of definition. I, I'm not sure I agree with the alignment uh, languages. I like the differing languages personally, but uh, the, the the generalness of the alignment gives gives the player a lot more options. Like uh, the the uh, paladin, who if if he doesn't kill this unarmed evil guy, ten. 10 peasants, three of them children will definitely die. Well, if he is playing lawful good, he cannot do that. As a matter of fact, by the rules for a lot, uh, if you don't, if you don't have a specific God by the rules, he may even lose his powers and have to atone. Mm -hmm. But in, but in a real situation, that's a no brainer. You kill this one guy that you know is bad to save 10 people. Three of them kids who are peasants who are innocents, no brainer. Yeah. Ten out of ten times, I'd do it. And this wide lane gives you the ability to do that, and I like it. Yep, it 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 really frees the player to do to do a whole lot more with their character without feeling constricted by it. Right, it, you know, to to piggyback off your point. You can sometimes have more flexibility by having fewer choices. You know, here you have fewer choices of of alignment, all right, but they're they're far broader than the nine, you know, the nine-step alignment system right. that you normally see. And so it, it does, it's simple, but it, it still allows for more flexibility than um, you know, and, and so that it points out that. It's not as restrictive as a lot of people looking at it, you know, 30, 40 years later saying, well, in comparison to games now, it's it's too restrictive. No, it, it, there's a more freedom built into this system than I think it's given credit for. Right. With, uh, with, with this three alignment system, I can imagine a lot of, of players that I've seen played with or, 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 or game mastered that would not have found themselves in their own personal hell of catch 22. Mm -hmm. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to interrupt for just a second here, just to remind everybody that, uh, to give us a like subscribe, uh, we're going to post, uh, DM Bloodworth's, uh, link to his channel again uh, in a moment. I don't have it up. Uh, I do, but I don't want to get off the screen. Uh, we'll, we'll get you to him to make sure you subscribe to his channel as well. You know, got to do all the obligatory YouTube stuff. Share the video. Tell people we're streaming. Go get them in here to watch DM Bloodworth school us on basic Dungeons and Dragons. All right. That was the obligatory stuff. Always got to do that. <laughs> so where are we? Playing in a group alignment? Yeah, I don't... I got to be honest with you. I don't like the alignment language. I think it's silly. Um, but I also think that for a game like basic d d it's... It's a, how do you want to say, it? it's a game mechanic, again, not role-playing, mm -hmm. not story-based. It's a game mechanic that allows, like you mentioned, there are three orcs out there. Maybe you don't have to crush them in the face. Oh, wait, this is basic D&D. Yes, you do. Uh, but, you know, there, there's, you know, uh, but you get what I'm saying. Like, like there, there are other options other than, you know, drawing the sword and just slicing it and dicing everybody. And now you have that out where you can't say, well, we can't talk to him. Well, there's six people in the party just using averages. There's two of each alignment. I think somebody can go talk to, you know, that or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right. More options. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you 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 can still get experience points for defeating the situation without immediately having to kill anything you can't talk to. Right. Hey, uh, I, I would like, uh, uh, so uh, just to look at uh, adventuring rules. One of the things okay. that caught my attention on this, first of all, it kind of tells new players how to use some of this equipment. I Again, I learned this through trial and error, through playing with people and having them tell me, bam, just some of the most simple things right there. Mm-hmm. And then, because uh, I got a question for DM Bloodworth with this one, a, t- a turn. Everybody knows what a turn is, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. What's around heathen dog? And don't read the book. What's what's around to you? Uh, uh, in combat, six seconds. Out of combat, one minute. Or yeah, I don't ten, know. Okay. Ten seconds. Six, six or ten seconds. Out of combat, one minute. Yeah. T- yeah. T- ten seconds or, or one minute, which always gets everybody like what? But right here, it's there. You go. Ten seconds. 10 minutes, 10 seconds, a turn. Bam, let's move on. Can we get rid of that one minute debate around? Who the hell put one minute for a round? Okay, I'm done with that. But uh, <laughs> but right there, pop up. This makes perfect sense. You know, I'm, uh, conceptually, uh, you know, and this is something that, um, you know, this is something that I picked up from, from Mifrog as well is that, you um, when you're looking at a, a combat round, you're not just swinging that sword and hitting your target or moving or something. You're doing 20 other things at the same time. So mm-hmm. like when you're actually hitting somebody for, um, you know, six points of damage, that doesn't, that yes, a bulk of that damage came from hitting them with your sword, but some of it came from, an elbow that you threw during that thing, you're scrubbing along, you're struggling, you're fighting, you're 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 fighting tooth and nail during that six seconds is a lot of time. All right. If you've ever been in a fight, all right. Um it's an eternity. Six yeah, six seconds is a lot of time, and you're not just doing one strike during a six six second time period. Um, you're not just getting hit once, you know, if you're not lucky, you're not just getting hit once during that second, six second point of time. I mean, look, look at MMA oh. fighting at like how right. they it's burst a, in and then unless they go into ground yeah. and pound, you know, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a long, um, there's a lot of action taking place yes. during that span of time so whether I mean, you want to say it's second, yeah if, if, second if you want to simplify it yeah like if if there's just two people in combat just two mm-hmm. uh before the first swing is thrown before the mm-hmm. the first axe come down or, or sword gets thrust there is an immeasurable amount of fainting footwork mm-hmm. movement circling yeah and if you increase that to a whole battlefield you have to keep your head on a swivel you you have to keep keep your keep your three and uh three and nine o'clock covered or else you're going to get flanked that's not even counting the guy in front of you which is also gaining the most of your attention so there's a whole lot of just moving around before the first swing is thrown and maybe the 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 first swing is dodged but you you uh twist your sword and you you come back on the side that's when you hit him it was considered uh, the game mechanics consider that a single roll but during that 10 seconds, that's what it took to land that one hit. Yes. So it uh combat, you have if you help your if you help your players think of combat as cinematic. Mm-hmm. Uh what what I use is uh the movie Old Boy. 
the the uh, the the original and the remake, I think both did this, but they had they had a fight which was a continuous uh continuous minute and a half shot of a single fight. And you can see how everyone tires out very, very quickly. And how and how if you broke that into into rounds, that whole minute and a half would have been like six rounds of combat because only these six things actually happened, you know? But yeah. during that entire time, people were fainting, people moving, people were jumping, P- uh, p- people were, were sizing each other up. They were, they were grabbing things off the ground. They were, they were throwing things away in the air. All that stuff was happening in between the die rolls. That's why a single hit takes 10 seconds. You're not winding up for 10 seconds, powering up your attack. No, you're not doing anything dumb like Duken. that. Exactly. You're, 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 not, you're not, you know, gathering spirit ball energy or some other four-episode DBZ yeah. nonsense. You, know, you, you are doing actual cinematic and, in some cases, real-world fighting things like, yeah. like fainting and... Uh, and uh, um, uh, blocking or or dodging or all that stuff, all that's happening in that ten seconds. All of that encompasses your actions in the round. Right. Have to notch an arrow or 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 load mm-hmm. or load a bolt into a crossbow. Yes, right. that even an expert lo- loading loading a a a bolt into a crossbow and getting it ready can take up to two or three seconds in, in and of itself. So, you know, st- stuff like that is happening during your combat round. Yeah. One of the things I think we would have noticed differently. Uh, remember when we did Astonishing Swordsman Sources of Hyperborea and we couldn't figure out movement rate? Yep. If we would have known basic Dungeons and Dragons, we probably would have figured it out right away. 40 yeah. feet per round. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it looks like that game actually took more out of uh, basic than it did out of advanced uh, for a lot of it. But uh, this has a very um, similar... Style to uh, the older school stuff. Well, it is the old school stuff. Why am I saying it that way? Uh, where it's it's 120 yards outside and 120 feet inside. But it doesn't say that there because I'm actually skipping ahead to another book. I read that. But uh, it's one of the things to consider. You don't have to think about it here because the first three dun- or I just gave the answer. Right. The first three levels, they pretty much just have you going on dungeon crawls. Yes. Yeah. And that was one of the points I wanted to make, uh, you know, when we get to the to the dungeon masters uh you know book itself because they're two separate books one for player right one for dungeon master and and that's the that's the key point of the part of the learning curve for a new dungeon master that this system does as well um you are just okay. focusing for the first three levels i think you're about to get there anyway yep, yep. yeah i just want to see if there's anything important yeah. that we missed it doesn't seem like it so no no there's uh i mean that first book is going to take a brand new to tabletop hobby uh, player and teach them all the rules that they really need to know to bring their character from first level to third level. And regardless of the character class that they're playing or, or the race that they're playing for the demi-human classes, um, they're, they need to learn the same, the same rules across the board, but they're going to have a different experience going from one to three. Um, so to get back at the, you know, one of the questions that the, uh, you know, that the, uh, poster had said, or, you know, on the uh, comment section, well, they really don't like when a, a player, uh, when one character levels up faster than the others, 
if they're if they're working as a group, it's not going to make that much of a difference. If the if the elf is still level level one and everybody else is level three, that level one elf is still a fighter magic user. You know, so remember that that they're really a multi class character. Uh, and they're treated as such. So if you want to make a, com a fair comparison, you look at first edition Dungeons and Dragons, uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and you'll see that they really are on the same level as a multi-class character. Yep. Um, and you don't really notice as you're playing it that big difference in power between uh, a third level fighter and a second level or potentially still a first level uh, elf, that elf is still very, very close to that same power level, um, even being one or two levels behind. So, mm -hmm. um, so that that's uh, another thing that I really enjoy about basic is that it does manage that power differential between one character class and another, that balance, uh, if you will, is is certainly there in that first book. One of the things I, I wanted to mention, I completely forgot to mention this, but uh, just real quickly, the cleric. Cleric doesn't get her first spell until level two. Yes. and we're, we're, Which is tough to do because I played it and I was like, wow. I mean, I really do feel useless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like, basically, yeah. a, a first level cleric, instead of calling him a cleric, you just call him a preacher. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> all he is. He's a preacher. Yeah. Yeah, because you're you're not quite a fighter, you know. At least you're not as weak as a as a um, a magic user or a thief. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you're just like a, a lesser fighter for you know that first level. But but a lot of the old basics of whether it's Advanced Dungeons Dragons or Basic D and D, just a lot of the older school games in general say, look. <laughs> let's look at the wizard as an example. You have four hit points, and in this game, you get two spells. Two. One was probably read magic. So one spell. <laughs> that's it. That's what you're starting the game with. Yeah. Four hit points at max and two mm -hmm. spells. Have fun with that, buddy. But yeah. <laughs> the, but the point is is to level up. I mean, we always we've talked about multiple times on the show where it's like, sure, the fighter starts off better with you. Look, I get to wear armor. I get to have a better weapon. I have more hit points. But you protect that wizard, and by level five, six, seven. The, the fighters up front going, okay, stuff's coming. Go kill it. I'm just going to hold it off you. And everybody's working with this synergy. Yeah. So no, it's a, I, I like to think of it as an, the fighters and the paladins and whatever, they're making an investment in the future mm -hmm. with these wizards and clerics. They are investing. And, and by fifth level, those investments are going to pay dividends. <laughs> yeah. So what are yeah, some key I, takeaways? I Okay, what are some key takeaways here from uh, from what we want to look at in the Dungeon Master Guide here? Well, I think that the, the biggest takeaway here is that, uh, and uh, one of you just mentioned it, was that you're spending, I, I actually, I think it was you, Max, you mentioned it, that the um, the takeaway is, is that you're just doing dungeon crawls for the for levels one through three. And, and that is basically a something you find in the dungeon master's guide here is that uh, near the end, you'll see that in the dungeon master section, it just talks about creating dungeons. 
you know, and when I was going through this and then I looked at the expert one, um, it's different in the expert one where it says creating, uh, creating campaigns. And that's a very different um, and purposeful directive of of what this is doing so creating dungeons is on page 46 if you're oh is it that far down okay yeah it's near the end okay and and so it's important that it's near the end because it really does set the tone for where the dungeon master was supposed to be uh in their in their using this book as mm -hmm. you're really only supposed to be creating dungeons at this point and right. just using this as a tool to teach the players how to play a role-playing game. And, and then also starting to understand um, how to function as their character classes are concerned. Um, the other important thing to point out here is, is that there is, a, and I know it comes up in the in AD&D first edition, is that it doesn't matter what gender your character is. All right, so there is no gender differences uh, in attributes or anything, uh, you know, in the basic here. It really does keep it very, very basic, and um, and it wants the dungeon master to keep what they're having to focus on and manage to be very, very basic. So you are just focusing on um, levels one through three. You're you're dungeon crawling. I, I love these examples here. Yeah. Yes, and and that's the other thing is they have great um, great examples for uh, adventure hooks, and these are very small little pieces that you can that you can throw out there and build on, right? And nothing stops you from stringing some of these together and creating a a larger arching um, mini campaign, if you want to call it that, um, but. But the focus is on just getting the players used to playing the game and doing these little tiny adventures. What, what I specifically look at in, in regard to this is the three of us here, we could pro we probably got, I don't know, I'm guessing close to 100 years of, uh, of experience overall playing role-playing games and so forth. Mm -hmm. But for the person who's like, crap, what did I just get myself into? And I say this with a little bit of experience, my first exposure to a role-playing game before I knew what a role-playing game was, believe it or not, was actually the Star Trek role-playing game from FASA. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, the reason I say that is because I remember my real dad getting it. I looked at it. I like Star Trek. I said, I want that game. He was drunk and he bought it. So uh, <laughs> it's a true story. So anyway, uh, thing is, is it came with books and we're like, what the hell? I didn't know what to do with it. And I never understood role-playing from that point forward mm. uh, or, or at, at that time. It wasn't until, yeah, I, I played, I'd played d and when I was 10 years old. And that's about the same time that I did the Star Trek thing. But um, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Once I learned how to role-play, I'm like, man, I, I look at this right here. How to do this stuff. See, books have chapters on how to DM or GM or whatever the term that game's using. Books on, you know, maybe a couple paragraphs on like, here's an example combat of like what people did. Linda rolls the die and she hit. Congratulations to her. This is how the game master should describe it. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But this right here is literally how you build a freaking dungeon. Here's some dungeon ideas. Have at it. Use your imagination. Remember, this is a game. Look, you know, Heathen Dog and I have kind of said it. We, we're 
We definitely like the role-playing aspect of it. We have some story element gamings in us. But when I'm looking at a brand new player who might be scared to sit at the table and role-play, how many times we run into that? Somebody just doesn't want to role-play the table because they feel weird about it. They haven't... Mm-hmm. They don't have that that uh, desire to be the character yet so much. This is great. This is absolutely great. You've got, what do we say? Uh, you know, again, it's a, it's just an old adage, but the three to five adventures. So we have nine to 15 adventures that the character has just stuck in this book. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. killed the Good job. Yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Battletech and Western Star Wars are my first RPGs. Played both. I'm huge. I mean, that's why my name's Max Liao, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, for the Battletech side of it, but uh, West End uh, West End game Star Wars, Heathen Dog, and I, we have some experience with that. Yep, played that. All right. I, I wasn't a big fan of the West End game Star Wars. Really? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I I, I played it and it it was fine. It was uh, at at the time it was the it was the game in town for Star Wars. So if you want to play it, Star Wars, you you played that. So you know. That was great, but I I know, I know, I hate myself for saying this again, but I like the D20 Star Wars. I did. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cry a little bit at night every time I go to sleep <laughs> because of that fact, but it's true. You're uh, a hypocrite, uh, heathen dog. Yeah, well, so, sometimes everyone well, is. How about this? Instead of you embarrassing yourself, let's find out more from uh, DM Bloodworth. Uh, actually, <laughs> are we ready to skip into the next uh, the next book real quickly here? Or do you want to... Sure, I think anything so. else you- uh, Okay. Yeah, I I think we we pretty much covered basic and and then that that one key point in in the dungeon master's uh, rule book, you know, was was the main one to make a a point on was that this is this is really meant to be the basic game mm-hmm. for both the DM and the players. Absolutely, so, and I, and, I, and I like that separation. Now, with yeah. this one, we're going to speed through this one a bit quicker. But whatever selling point, or not selling point, there there are there are a couple points I'd like to make. But whatever points you want to make, we're still going to make. I don't think we have to stop at every page in this one. Right. Um, Ooh, I mean, the key, and, and going along with that that line of thinking of where does this book take take the players and the DM to the next level? Mm-hmm. I think you start getting to that when you go to. Uh, Page 20, page and 20? it talks okay. about adventuring. Is that that dark ordered page? Yep, there we go. Oh, yeah. wait, that's the Dungeon Master section. Yeah, okay. so it's uh, page 20 is a little bit earlier than that. Um, oh, everyone has to stop oh. watching now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, right, there it is. There's there's adventure. Yeah. Bo- okay, bottom half or top half? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll so added, yeah, you're, you're, you're fine right there. So what what the expert model does now, it takes them um, it takes them out of the dungeon and just just doing simple dungeon crawls. And now it starts introducing the idea of adventuring in the wilderness. All right. And so that's why you see in here, it starts talking about um, further further travels uh, or travel in the wilderness areas mm-hmm. and it will start to incorporate and you could see like you know where you're starting out getting lost the scale of the world becomes important now um outside scale versus inside scale which you had mentioned earlier you know right. the difference between 120 yards and 120 feet um becomes more relevant when you're starting to take the characters overland journeys right yeah a dungeon and and you're not just you're not just expanding their idea of 
well, now I'm, I'm leaving my town, all right, um, and I'm traveling to the next town over. I might be traveling 100 miles, all right, and what are all the possibilities that I can encounter in 100 miles worth of travel? All right, and, <coughs> oh, excuse me. So that's not just a, you know, that's not just a, a measurement on a map. And there's a whole concept behind, well, the game has changed now. Mm -hmm. Because now you're going to start to see, well, we need different gear. And we have to, right. we have to consider sleeping. We have to consider food consumption. We have to consider weather conditions and all of that. And that's what the expert book starts to build into uh, the game system for both the DM to include and the players to deal with. So not, not to disparage anybody, yeah. but, but if you think of it this way, and I'm sure everybody out there's already thought about before I did, but uh, the first, the first book, the basic book is kind of how you treat children. Give them structure. The dungeon is a structure. I mean, think about it. You've only got really one path to go. Sure, you can choose left or right, but you, you've, you, you're in a building. You've got your structure. You've got your structure and rules. You've got your structure and location. You've got your structure. Everything's generally easy, we'll just say, in that regard, or, or um, easier. Now, a lot of that structure has been torn away. Now, everybody's imaginations get to a sore a little bit more. The players get to think of more things they can do because they're leveling up. The game master gets to throw more ideas out there. But it was done after building that initial groundwork. Dare we say, since we're all in the military, you have your basic training. Now yeah. you're getting in your AIT. Yeah. But uh, I have to bring up uh, one, one troubling word. Um, Where is it? Where's that? It, it, it's on the page right now. It's in quotes. Hex. Now, <laughs> this this means that uh, that in some way, shape, or form, this is a grid based deal. Yeah, old old school always came with those maps with yep. uh, that that were hexes. And, and by the way, I, hexes I, are always superior to squares every single time. There's never an exception to that rule. With that said, but the overland maps were always done in hexes. Yes. Yeah. That I, mean, I I personally I I think I think Max Liao does as well hate uh, using using any kind of grid map if you don't have to absolutely have to so so the hex map uh, to to be clear this is just for overland travel they use the squares the ten foot squares for the dungeons and so forth actually right. I think it's five foot back in this edition but uh, 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 but even then we still did a lot you know that was the whole graph paper thing didn't use the battle map so much but but to be clear the hex in this is for overland travel and mm -hmm. it was to represent a distance or how many random encounters you might have on a day pretty much that's about it okay good yeah. good because in in uh in normal combat i hate having to use uh a a a, a grid map system be it hex or square or whatever agreed the the only time that that i actually use a, uh, a a grid map system is with large scale battles where armies are fighting armies, and I use the hex because it is the easiest way to figure out if you're harried or not. Because you you have six points of attack on your body in, right. the, in the rules for for AD and D, you have six points of attack, and guess what? A, a hexagram has six sides, and yeah. you can have one one person attacking you on each side, so you can have up to six people attacking you at once. There you go. You know, that that's why that I, I only used it then for big skirmishes like that. Ah. Well, you, you, you get into facing 
when you're dealing yeah. with hexes as well. Yeah. Um, and, and you have to remember that, I mean, the roots of all Dungeons and Dragons is, is, is based you know, in is yeah. wargaming, you yeah. know, yeah. tabletop wargaming. So it, it's, yeah. it's going to make its appearance, but it doesn't make its appearance until the expert, you know, so they're still trying to keep it yeah. very simple in the basic. You start to get some of the ideas of expert, you know, um, level playing for those players because as i said you know very early on uh it took my my particular group of players about 30 hours to get to the expert book and that was everybody at level three uh and a couple like the fighter was level four at that point uh and that's when i started to shift them to the expert uh the expert rules and and so you know, th after about 30 hours, that's enough time to have spent learning the basics of the game. And yep. now you could start introducing them to these next level uh, of experience, which is yep. which is another big seller for Beckme uh, over using the rules cyclopedia. And, and I'm, I, I'm sure we'll get to that point, um, you know, and, and, you know, that, you know, comparison. Um, so anyway... Back to expert, uh, where I was talking about food and hunting mm -hmm. and stuff. You have it right here on the the screen now. When you think of the dungeons and so forth, uh, I mean it's real simple. You kind, you kind of get in that pattern, doing the same thing over and over again. You got your party party order. Mm -hmm. uh, you you you're checking your locks. You're, you're uh, searching for traps. You're you know so on and so forth. You've just opened up an entire new world. So now, if if for whatever reason, after the thirty hours, like you said, the characters yeah. or the players were getting kind of bored, mm. not only are you a new level, but you have all these new possibilities waiting for you. Uh, now we have to learn if you're going to starve. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have a tent? No. Yeah. Well, uh, it's 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 a thunderstorm. So, uh, yep. There's that. Yeah. Uh, do you have a horse? You, oh, you bought a horse. Yeah. Did you buy feed? Oh. Yeah. And, and, and just, just the, the logistics involved. Exactly. And it's so having to travel, you know, much farther distances. Um, because it's, it's not just the, uh, it's not just the equipment requirement and it, it's the planning that has to go into that overland travel. And uh, and then on top of that, you're expanding the world as a as a DM. Now you have to start considering, well, what's the what's the social structure of this new town that the players have just encountered? They might have left the town that they were in for, you know, uh, maybe they were born there and now they're venturing outside of their own area. And that's where we start to get into the dungeon master section here. Mm -hmm. um, and the players are now starting to think of, well, what is their character's relationship within the world? And that's where like demi humans, uh, what is their clan? Uh, because now they might be leaving the, the area of their clan that they were in and potentially encountering other clans. And so what is the, what is the social aspect of the world as a whole now that they're traveling these long distances? So now they're demi humans. They're all paper. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. So uh, it also starts on that same page, you know, if you or the next page 
and they start talking about strongholds. And mm-hmm. even though the, the, the player characters aren't ready at that level to start developing their own strong strongholds. They're going they to run across start, some. Yeah, they're going to run across some. Yeah. And they're going to start to see, well, I want to have a stronghold one day too. And so I have to start preparing for it. And that's what the expert rules book uh, does really well is that it does start planting that seeds for some of those ideas. Um, and another really important thing is that the expert rule book is one volume. So you can anticipate that both the players and the GM are looking at this, you know, together at the same time, whereas the, the basic. Oh, was no. Two oh, no, no, volumes. no. Stop reading yeah. here, mister. Yeah, no, 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 no. See, I'm, yeah. I'm going to buy the player's book and then cut out. The rest of yeah. here, here, you get half a book, mm. you dirty player. Go back to your mud, you stinking player. All right, I, so, I, I like right, the, uh, I like the, the stronghold stuff. I, when I first first through this the idea of strongholds. No, no, no. I, I, I hate the idea of it, the way it was presented in say first or second edition AD and D at ninth level, you get blah, blah, blah. I love, absolutely love the way it is implemented in the year zero engine games, whether mutant year zero or free, uh, uh, Coriolis, uh, forbidden land specifically. I love the idea of characters saying, you know, we've got the stronghold. But we've got to build it up. We've got to get people for it. And you need an adventure hook for a group. You said you wanted to get some, uh, uh, you know, some portcullises, or you said you wanted to get some battlements. You said uh, you need to get uh, uh, an alchemy room. That stuff doesn't come cheap. And where are you going to find the wizard to go in there? You might want to go adventuring for some money in order to make that happen. Great. Now I don't have to think about what uh, what quest they're going on or some world saving event or something. You know, so I just think it adds it adds both for the players and for the game master. I don't know how basic does it because I didn't spend a lot of time looking at uh, this in this or in the was it the the companion book, but right. uh, but not knowing what I know now, it's absolutely a feature that I could add in the game and saying, hey, uh, you want this? Uh, so what's something that's kind of expensive? You want this bastion? Well, that's going to cost you nine thousand. Mm-hmm. Do you have 9,000 gold? No. <laughs> Gotta go earn it. Yeah, Again, and, and, and that's just to, that's just to, that that's the, the cost of construction. Mm-hmm. That's not the time that it's going to take as well. And so that's the other factor that these are all their long view plans. And so the players are starting to think long view. The DM is starting to think, long view as well and and so that's what the (laughs) both are becoming experts at the game at the same time i didn't think of that long view that that, that's i like that i didn't ever even consider that no 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 thinking like a player is just short view (laughs) and this is what you do you're you're walking around you know you're uh you happen to be a five person uh group you're all thieves all right you know, you walk up like, oh, how you doing? Oh, look, a stronghold. That one looks really good. Let's infiltrate that, kill everyone, and take it. Ha <laughs> mm-hmm. ha! Pay for it, whatever. Pay for it in blood, your blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wait, wow, no. this is in basic. Holy crap! This goes back to basic. People forgot about this. This overusing dice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not everything requires a roll, people. <laughs> 
Wow, I, I'm, I'm not lying. I mean, I'm actually surprised to see it here. I'm not saying that I think it's a modern convention, but uh, I usually see stuff like this in publications, uh, you know, like magazines and so forth, not in actual game rules. I don't remember seeing this. It might be there, but I don't remember seeing it in the advanced D&D games. Um, like, just, they're in your face for the DM, for the, uh, yeah, for the DM. Don't roll for everything. I like that. Well, well this certainly does empower... The dungeon master, mm-hmm. all right. Um, I.e., the reason why it's called master, you know, uh, it empowers them to make these decisions, you know, and uh, and really encourages them to utilize, you know, the rules that they want to discard the rules that they don't, and um, and don't leave it up to the you know the dice rolls uh, to make those decisions here. You know, I, I know a lot of people will, will ask that question, you know, when is it appropriate for the dungeon master to um, to fudge a dice roll? I was like, I think there's times when I, I roll the dice uh, just to make my players nervous. You know, <laughs> I, I roll the dice and it's for no other reason than, to, well, what are you rolling about? You don't need to know that right now. <laughs> I'm just rolling or, dice. Or, <laughs> uh, what, I, what I've done, what I've done is... Uh, um, uh, rolling damage the, the the very first time they they're like oh we we can take this guy <laughs> and i know they can you know they 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 got a really good shot but the 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 first time that this guy strikes the warrior i'll roll like eight dice for damage and go man that's a bad roll five <laughs> but they'll hear behind my DM screen. Yeah. They'll heal all this clay, right? They're like, "Oh my god, I lucked out so bad." Let's think about this. Hang on. On second thought, what if I left the stove on? <laughs> so I, I I do that sometimes yeah. if they're getting cocky. Yeah, that, that kind of subterfuge I kind of I use with the note passing as well. Every now and again, I'll pass a note to a character. I don't know if I ever did this with Heathen Dog. Yeah, you pass did. A, you passed and, me and it, note, note one time, and, and that just said disregard this note. Uh, you know, usually <laughs> I say, yeah, this note is BS. Make a smiling face, or you know, I'll just put something on there because then the players are like. What's happened? What's going on? I check for a secret. Everything. Uh, yeah. I'm checking. Yeah. Is he cursed? I'm casting detect. What? <laughs> just, you see the players go nuts. Like I don't do it all the time, but it's just one of those things. Like if I think that they're meta gaming a bit, like okay, I literally pass you a note and say, "This this note is BS." Uh, just cackle. <laughs> <laughs> so we got more about strongholds here. I already highlighted taxes earlier. Are you c- yeah. kidding me? You're gonna make me pay taxes? <laughs> Stupid realm. I hate monarchies. Swimming. Now we got campaigns. And this is a, a topic I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on. The segment is going a little long here, but this is one of those things where uh, I, I want to say that this is what created the first schisms, too strong of a word, arguments uh, when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. You had the people who wanted to play, you know, the what I call the monster of the week, just go into the dungeons, kind of like what the, the first book for basic would be, versus the people like me who wanted to role play, who wanted to feel like I was part of the world, who wanted the more campaign, who wanted the epic Dragonlance type story. That's actually what they called us back then, were the dirty Dragonlance campaigners or whatever. Um, you know, now it's story, story game versus RPG. I like campaigns. And, you know, it's funny when I talk to certain old people, Shads are who act like this stuff never existed. 
And uh, by the way, I did a search for story on like almost all these books. And even Frank Metzner said uh, that, that there's story in these games. Just saying, Shadzer, if yeah. you're watching. <laughs> there's a campaign just has to be more than more than one connected mm -hmm. dungeon crawl, you know, or more than one connected event. It, it, campaigns do not have to be a, a 12 month long, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, 15 different adventure modules all strung together. Level you know, one to 20. One and right. Yeah. It, campaigns could just be that, you know, this is a particular uh, nemesis that you have who mm -hmm. is an eighth level cleric that you are trying to thwart his, uh, his spreading of a, a new cult in the area. And uh, you're going to have five different adventures that lead you towards ultimately killing off this uh, eighth level cleric. And that's the end of the campaign. Now, your, your characters might have gone from level one when they first started learning rumors about this individual to level five mm -hmm. when they could reasonably take on a level eight cleric and his or her entourage. Mm -hmm. And now that's the end of your campaign. It took you maybe 12 gaming sessions to run that full campaign and now you're on to the next story. Maybe you've traveled to a whole new area that you haven't been in before. You're going to do some small little dungeon crawls just to learn about that, that localized area now. And then you'll be presented with, you know, one, two, or, or three potential new campaigns mm -hmm. to yeah, embark actually, on. Actually, that, uh, that's, that's mm -hmm. what I, I, this is what I usually do. Uh, they'll start off first level. They'll 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 do their first campaign, end up like you said at fifth level, mm -hmm. but then the the next thing that happens to them is people start coming to them because mm -hmm. they are now locally known. Yeah. Hey, just just uh you know a couple of leagues that way, my my cousin to told me that that he he's being raided by orcs like on on the monthly. And he's been looking for 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 her heroes to come, and you guys are legit. You guys are it. Can Your you word is spread. I mean, they they they'll 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 be able to pay whatever. I'm not sure what, but they'll be able to hook you up. And then you travel to this new area, and you know the it it takes away the necessity for the player to find their own adventure. Mm -hmm. You found or, it you or stringing them on with but, just one. Yeah, but they still feel like they own it because they earned it. They earned the status that allowed them to to be thought of as being good enough to handle this. It makes the players feel good. It, it gives them the illusion of agency, which I love. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yep. You know, one of the things I, that I wanted to say that I noticed yesterday is that this book, do you notice that the, the Game Master section starts on page 20? Was it 2022, right? 22, yeah. Look, yeah. look, do you see where the little bar is over here that I'm, that I'm wiggling over? Like the no. rest of the book is for the game master. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, then there's. Oh, wait. This is an adventure. Never mind. Yeah. Except when you get to the Isle of Dread, that's fine. Well, actually, technically, that's for the game master as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But there you go. Most Quite of this, 
The expert thing doesn't require the players to make a lot of changes, just kind of understanding the new encumbrance rules, understanding the new levels and so forth. The game master, on the other hand, has to understand the wilderness, the town setups, the clans, like you're saying, yeah. and so forth, and new magic items, apparently, as I'm looking right here. Yes. And, and obviously, the, the, the power level of the, uh, of the monsters that they could be mm -hmm. facing also increases with, the, with each of the books as well. So... Um, yeah, but it, it is mostly it is mostly uh, rules for the dungeon master. Mm -hmm. So, like like I said, I mean, I just uh, tear out, you know, buy 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 two of these books, mm -hmm. two of two of the expert books, tear out pages one through one through twenty one. Don't ruin your book, please. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why you bought two. <laughs> that's why that's, and, that's the advantage of PDFs, actually. Yeah, and then it's photocopy. Better. Yeah enough to give everyone pages one through 21 mm -hmm. like where's the rest of the book that's all the book you get you dirty play you shut well, down if you remember in earth on that's what i did with you guys if you played mm -hmm. a warrior you got mm -hmm. the or any combat class you got the uh, oh crap drink because i just said earth on um but uh you guys got the the basic rules and uh, the the casters got the spell casting the thread weaving and so forth but you got none of like the combat options Yet the, the fighters, swordmasters, so forth got combat options and whatnot without understanding thread magic and et cetera. So then I couldn't have the first level, first time ever player at the table going, can't you over there thread weave, blah, blah, blah. It's like, can't you aggressively attack, dickhead? You know, It's like, no, you stayed within your lane. Of course, they learned it through the course of play, which I liked, but... Uh, yeah, I, I would. I could see myself doing the same thing for this. Like, I, I like when games, especially looking at expert here, um, separate. This is what players need. This is what game masters need. Uh, there seems to be this trend in games. Sometimes it's just because they don't want to do multiple printing runs. I get that, especially for indie developers. But the the information is all mixed in. Like literally, everything is for players and game masters. Very very few of it's like this is the game master's eyes only because everybody's equal at the table now. <laughs> now. I enjoy, I'll be honest with you, one of the things that they hear me arguing about like in Conan Exiles as we're playing that as a computer game is I like not knowing. I like the discovery. I like, holy crap, I just got killed by something. How the hell did he kill me? Or what's around this corner? I don't like just researching everything online. Oh, there it is. Okay, so I can do this, that, next thing. All right, we win. Let's go. Uh, we're just going to go here. We're going to do that. And so forth. Still amazing to this day. Yes. Um, somebody, uh, uh, side note here, somebody made a comment this week. On our YouTube channel, like, why do you hate Earthon? I don't hate Earthon. I hate, I hate everything for modern TTRPGs, and we'll talk about that more in segment two in terms of how they change it. Earthon had a jarring change to me, and yes, you could say, oh, that's a little hyperbolic, but it had a jarring change in fourth edition, which I supported, which I gave it credit for, which I have YouTube videos on. Uh, the third book came out, and he decided to change the language to be more gender inclusive no, when no, there was no. no, 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 no. Segment Which, two. Keep it, I know, keep it no, in. but I'm, but I'm, but I'm answering the earth. I'm answering yeah. the earth on thing, and I'm not going to keep it in. So let me get. Gotta it. keep it in. You I do not. It. I do not got to. I will mute you. This I'll time I got the mute button. button. He thinks he's in charge of this, but he's not. He thinks he's in charge of this, but he's not. <laughs> anyway, no. The 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 point that I was making, because I am going to finish it, is the fact that. Uh, uh, it was it was just that change. I love Earthon. Earthon is still my game of choice. It's what took me away from D and D, and I never wanted to look back. But like fifth edition for a lot of people, or Watsy editions for a lot of people who like basic, 
Mm-hmm. It was. It's a jarring change. If you, if you go from basic, and we'll talk about that in segment two, but if you go from basic to fifth edition, it's not the same game. So, right. anything else with regard to uh, the expert rulebook here that uh, that we didn't cover that you think is important for people to know? I kind of scrolled through it a little bit. Ex- expert will expert will take your characters up to level fourteen. Yes. All right. So so now between the first two book sets. All right, you're going from 1 to 14. Once you start going into, um, which we probably won't cover today um, because we want to move on to second yeah. two, is uh, the companion will take you from 15 to 25. You're which is crazy to, to me, 25? Crazy, <laughs> right. So you're starting to get to the point where, uh, and again, just in my experience, once your characters are 14 and above or 15 and above, you're starting to deal with the the highest level of uh, official game adventures that were created. All right, so you're you're in the Tomb of Horror realm. All right, mm-hmm. once you get to levels, you know, fifteen and above, or or Ravenloft, or or any of those those you know really well known, uh, very powerful dungeons that you're dealing with. You're dealing with characters now that are creating their own spells. You know, um, and and maybe not quite in the you know once once they get to level eighteen, they're archmages and they're creating their own spells. Um, you're going to be the lords of the land if you're fighters. Uh, you're you're going to have that stronghold. People you know, are paying you right, exactly, <laughs> and and you're the one hiring adventurers to go do your little errands. You know, so you know it, it's really. I think expert is probably like the last playable uh, as player parties are, are concerned, um, you know, box set and you're really running the show once you're dealing with uh, companions. And then certainly master is, is like you're virtually immortals once you're doing masters. So um, one, of, one of the things I, I noted, if you compare it to like advanced editions, how easy it is to level through these levels. If you think about it, it's just a hundred thousand a pop for this cleric. It's not like yeah. it keeps doubling or you know, five hundred thousand. Right. I forget what it is in like first yeah. and second edition AD and D. It's just a hundred thousand a pop. So not that you're gonna be leveling quickly, don't get me wrong. It's just it doesn't it, there's no exponential increase here. Right. Um and and that might also be because you're you're already you're adding just another spell to a spell level that you already have. So like, as you could see, like uh, 17, the difference between 17 and 18 is that you're just getting one additional uh, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth level spell. Actually, um, no, just, just a seventh. Just, just, just one seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah seventh. just one seventh, you know, so the power curve between 16 and 17 is actually greater than 17 to 18 because you are gaining a new spell level. All right. Um, after that, you're just adding the say uh, an additional spell at levels you've already attained. So maybe that's why it kind of tapers off uh, as far as you know exponential growth. Yep, and you got uh, different saving throws as you go up uh, multi levels yeah. and so forth. I I mean this this allows you, and, and I just wanted to put this up here because you know just to show it real quickly. Uh, this allows you again. Now we're in the third book. You take your character from first. To third, 
then from 4th to 14th, now from 15th to 25th, uh, there's the Immortal book, and you know I'm not going to show that and so forth, but you can get into God-like characters, which is mm-hmm. a completely separate game once you start reading it. I stopped reading yes. it because I thought it was going to confuse me for this episode today, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it is a completely separate game. And yes, I even skipped the fourth book, which is, what's the fourth book? It's uh, the Master Rules, Yeah, the, the black-covered book. Yes. Which uh, I didn't look through either. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, it, it really takes you into a, a realm where your, you know, your characters are are really best suited to be NPCs at those levels. Um, they, they they should be the rulers of uh, of countries, not uh, adventure parties running around. They're just so so powerful. I mean, to write a. You know, so does that turn it more into a form? strategy game than a tactical game at this point, or is this? Uh... I, I don't know because to be honest with you, I never took, I've never had any of my characters ever be higher than 18th level, um, and then they retired basically. You know, it was like, all right, you've achieved everything that you're, you know, you're potentially going to do because we weren't running campaigns uh, as uh, you're out there saving the world. You know, you're just a you were just an adventurer. You know, you know, trying to become the the guild master. That's that's where my character took it to. Uh, he became the the thieves guild master. You know, at level eighteen. So um, never had any aspirations beyond that. And all of my other character classes, you know, and characters, you know, throughout all those years that I was playing, uh, they usually died before then. So it was like it was never a problem. You know. My, my my thief character was the only one that survived uh, the Tomb of Horus, and that's because he ran away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he was like, "Nah, screw that." After after three fifths of the party was dead, he was like, "Ah, screw that." And he just turned around and and took just you know just a handful of some treasure and managed to escape. And it was like, well, I, I at least walked out of there with something to show for it, but uh, you know, didn't didn't try to go beyond that point. So yeah, there, um, there comes a point where it's like, I don't even like, I love yeah. the idea of leveling up mm-hmm. my characters from first to watch that from here, uh, from zero to mm-hmm. hero concept. Yeah. But, but once you get there, like for me, I like to play wizards. At least I used to, now I play clerics more, but I used to love to play wizards and I loved struggling through the low levels. I loved when I got my first fireball or lightning bolt. That mm-hmm. was awesome. And then, you know, a, as you go up and then of course, once you get that ninth level spell, whether it's time stop or whatever it happens to be, you're like, yes, I've made it. But then at that point, it's like, yeah, let me use it a couple times to say I did, to say I'm here for a yeah. reason. I don't, yeah, I, I can't see like, but I got my character to 25th level. What's the difference between that and, you know, an 18th level? Well, I can cast my spell four times instead of one time. Right, yeah. The the the, the growth, the, the character growth is kind of more, more social and more cerebral, you know, mm-hmm. more more involved with, well, how do you, how are you impacting the world now rather than what are you doing for personal, you know, character growth? All right. Well, I think that was a really good discussion on, on uh, basic and expert, uh, a little under two hours, which you know what, for a, a five book series and, you know, trying to get out what we wanted to get out on the first two main books, I think we explained it pretty well. Is there anything we left on the table that uh, you don't think we uh, got to that you think is very important for people to know? All right. Uh, yep. <laughs> okay. Sounds yeah. Good. Yeah. 
Well, then let's show your website one more time or your YouTube channel one more time and remind everybody who's watching right now, hey, please be sure to like and share and, and uh, you know, uh, what, what's that other one? Comment? All that, all that happy stuff uh, that we got to do for the YouTube algorithm to make sure that uh, people enjoy what they're watching. Um, but in the meantime, go to Unscripted Unchained RPG Review. Let me put that uh, chat back in there. I think that goes to everybody. Be sure to subscribe to his channel. You can take a look. He's got diverse uh, selection. He's got some uh, tabletop. Oh, Divinity Original Sin. Oh, this is Divinity Original Sin, not number two. But uh, hey, Heathen Dog, uh, you want to play some Divinity Original Sin too? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we started streaming that. We got, what, two streams? And then it's like, we nope. were done. Do you have a playlist, your first edition series? Uh, yes, there's... There we go. That should be there, yes. Yep. AD&D. So all, all 13. All 13, hey, and those are the books in their... In their... Um, in their entire. order of being... Yeah, in order of being released. Okay. So that's in their release thing. Uh, I did Legends and Lore instead of uh, Deities and Demigods because that's the book that I actually got. Until I actually found a, an affordable version of Deities and Demigods, and affordable meant sixty dollars, which I was, was lucky to get. The that's the hundred and twenty-eight page. Um, you still can't find the the hundred forty-four for <laughs> less than like a hundred and thirty dollars, or 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 even more sometimes. Um, so if you, you know. It, if you can survive without the Cthulhu mythos and uh, oh, the Melodone. Uh, I can't. Uh, Mel uh, uh, <laughs> Meldorne or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. As somebody who played Stormbringer, the actual Chaosium game, yeah. I really, I mean, I really want the one with the, uh, the uh, is it Mel? I forget the name. I keep wanting yeah. to say Meltorme or the Melnorme yeah. from from uh, Star Control 2, but no, um, Meldorne. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, I I want that, but yeah, I couldn't pay that. I wouldn't pay that kind of price for it either. So anyway, check out his channel, and uh, like I said, well, you're at one point zero four now. You were at one point zero three when we started today, so hopefully, hey, look at that. Where yeah. yeah. hopefully some of that came from us. Hundred hundred of them came up, yeah. and uh, Uther, we're not done yet. We're getting into the weird stuff now. Ravenser says GTFO. We're going to segment two. This is called the weeds. <laughs> well, before we go to segment two, let's show uh, show what he's selling on Drive Through RPG. You can buy that for a dollar or two dollars. And again, if you want to do a quick uh, quick uh, elevator pitch for each one of these, all right. So um, the first one, the, the dollar one, is for uh, Mifrog. It is a it is a Halloween uh, Halloween inspired, I guess. Although actually, I wrote it before I, I was even thinking about Halloween, but it is a uh, it is an adventure using the uh, Mifrog system, uh, although you can use it in other systems as well. And uh, it starts off uh, starts off the player characters as uh, eight year olds, and uh, so there's a rules modification oh. for for playing very young kids, and uh, it, it's just meant to uh, introduce the uh, the world and the concept of the uh, concept of uh, high festivals uh, and how to incorporate lore into your game and uh, and to introduce them to challenges that are that are really focused on on playing children 
and then as they grow up, they can amp amp up their their challenges until they become first level characters. So it's a combination of a session zero and zero level characters and an introduction to a new uh, a new setting, all wrapped up into a six page adventure. So um, so that's that one, and then the other adventure is uh for gangbusters so you can see my my range of uh you know what are my interests are are kind of widespread just like on the channel um so gangbusters and and this one is is really uh, i did mention this earlier i did a lot of historical research to write this so hmm. you are you are playing a uh you're playing a police officer in the uh, New York, uh, the New York City Police Department, as a you know 1921-1922 uh, motor company, uh, which were just introduced then, so they were mostly motorcycle and uh, and also um, vehicle patrols that had sprouted up around the, anyway. the same time period, um, <laughs> and I I was so tied to writing this as a historical piece that I actually made sure to not include roads that didn't exist at the time. Oh, wow. So when you're traveling up to the lower portions of what it would be called at that time, upstate New York, your only path was route 22. And it took you as far as that road actually took you uh, in the story. So I, I really did try to include as much historical context uh, to the adventure. And I, I think that you'd really love, uh, you know, going through the the multiple paths because you can, you do have multiple paths in this as well. And um, a progressive, not politically progressive, a progressive <laughs> outcome uh, based on your uh, your investigation, your evidence collection, and and basically the luck of your dice rolls along will will actually give you additional bonuses to um, you know to bringing the case to either justice whatever you want to call that um, or to actually end up with a yeah a resolution right. um, because you could have different uh, different outcomes and and this was a this was a gaming convention tested adventure so I went through at least four gaming conventions with this and uh, two dramatically different outcomes uh, in, in two cases and then to some kind of, you know, in the middle range. So, um, so it, it, it's a, it's a fun adventure to run and it's uh and it's apparently a fun one to play as well. So, so, so gangbusters you know, is, is that, uh, well, <laughs> is, is that open source at all or? Yes. That's, that's based on, it's based on, it's based on TSR's Gangbusters, but it's okay. uh, but it's a basic edition of it. So it kind of simplified the the official TSR rules of it, and it's obviously using OGL, um, okay. and and that's a game system that's put out by uh, Mark A Hunt. Uh, so he is the one that came up with the rules uh, for it, and then I just you know with his permission wrote a uh, an adventure for it. Cool. All right. You guys can check that. I put uh, the link to that in both Twitch and YouTube. So, excellent. All right. Well, uh, 
sold so many. I don't know why I closed out of your YouTube. Whatever. Hey, um, let's uh, get that back when we when we end. Yeah. All right, let's take off the segment one banner, and let's stretch our brains out for a second and uh, see if we caught up on chat first of all. Looks like we did. Uh, you have reference to Max mentioning Divinity Original Sin two. Yeah, yeah, the online play just wasn't all that great. Um, did the oh, Earth like the, the, the co-op play of that is not that as good as the first one. I don't know. We didn't play. I didn't play the first one co-op. I only played a single player, but uh, it it sucked. Well, the big thing we had a problem with is because we were streaming it. Whoever talked to somebody, there wasn't like a leader. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna mention that earlier. I put that on the screen earlier, but yeah, <laughs> I was gonna mention it and then, whoops. But uh, thank you very much for buying one of our shirts. Um, no, it's just uh, whoever talked to somebody. That's the only person who would get the options. So like the streamer. If somebody was just running around clicking everybody in the, in the damn game and then click, 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 going through it, Heathen Dog was the one streaming it. He wasn't getting any of the credit for anything or seeing what well, was no, going on. No, 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 it's not that. I would get all the credit, but the only time I knew that someone was doing something was when I got experience for it. Like, what the, what the hell happened? Oh, they, you don't actually see it. All right. No, no, yeah. yeah. You don't actually see it unless yeah. you're the one who is initiating all of the conversations. And yeah, I, then I, I, you get to see the actual story. But someone else can go literally off screen and yep. complete an entire mission. I will know nothing about it except mm -hmm. I got gold and experience for it. And that's all that happened. A little pop-up in the corner happened. Like, you got this much gold. You got this much experience. Congratulations. For what? I don't know. I don't know. So it's it's a really bad game for streaming. Yeah. Really bad. Because I, I just started with uh I just started with the co-op play on uh on Divinity Original Sin, the, the first one, the expanded uh, version of it. And uh, we kind of noticed that. It was like, well, no, you got to talk that. You you have to advance the story before I can actually start seeing what it is. So I, I think it's it's probably something with both. And it's a, it's also in the co-op play where, mm -hmm. but we've been trying to stay together. We just started playing it. So we've been trying to stay together, you know, in the same proximity with each other. But that's good to know. Um, you know, for as we continue that series that, you know, now we have to kind of stay on the same screen so that, you know, we right. can see it and the viewers can see it as well. Right. As, as long as you are on the same screen, you can, even if someone initiates conversation, it is possible yeah. for you to get near them and listen, but yeah. they control the conversation. The mm -hmm. person who first clicks on the quest giver controls the way the dialogue goes right the, the, yeah. the, the streamer may not have it if, if they're they're not the person that actually and heathen dog was no hero yeah <laughs> no, he was no like, hero oh, that. Oh, help, help these kids what's in it for me no 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 kill them take their coin whatever yeah. all right anyway, i just yeah, also want to like remind that. everybody that uh, in segment three you get to come in you can ask us questions so if you hang around for segment three you can talk about what we talked about in segment one what we're about to talk about in segment two and you know segment two has to start with start with something boom the disclaimer because we do not want to get dm bloodworth wrapped up in my shenanigans because you know i'm gonna shenan and again all over this segment so to start all comments on the stream belong to the individual commenter and do not represent Leech Myth organization. Hyperbole, satire, stereotypes, generalizations, and assumptions, according to the board game captain, are often and intentionally used for simplicity and or effect. 
He, him, and his have long been considered neuter pronouns, not to, meant to exclude any gender. I will not say they for an individual ever in my life. Get over it. And this content is not meant for children under the age of 13. Otherwise, YouTube gets all weird. Because YouTube is weird. There we go. Are we ready to go with segment two? We are. Let me get the little banner thingy up. All set. Excellent. So, we just got done talking about... Uh, basic or uh, back, back, yeah, back me D and D, back me for Shadzar. Um, and one of the things we mentioned before, uh, you know, when we talked the other day was uh, just talking about how back me allows you to not only transition within itself. Obviously, we talked about level one to three, four to fourteen, fifteen to twenty-five, et cetera, et cetera. But how it then allows you to tr uh, transition into expand out into advanced Dungeons and Dragons or other OSR games or other games in general, and. Actually, uh, I I, I want to talk about the the D and D chain up until three, and and how and how they are either different, similar, or built upon. Like for example, basic uh, D and D, basic basic to expert, expert to challenges. You can do all that, but let, let's just go to expert. What are three uh, similarities between basic and advanced first edition? Damn you! You didn't tell me there are gonna be quizzes on this. <laughs> just, just think about it. I mean, uh, the, the 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 races are basically the same. All right. Now the the difference is that is that uh, we start the transition from races and classes not not being so much the same anymore. Now race is a separate header, and classes is now its own separate thing amongst all the races. Now. In that transition, uh, is is that where the idea of ability stat adjustment was introduced, or what? Or was that in basic already? No, it was introduced. That's in advanced. Yeah, yeah. So advanced, advanced did several things. Um, you know, right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so advanced, uh, advanced. First adjusted attributes uh, uh, where rolling for attributes was different. Sure. All right. Basic and old old D and D, uh, you rolled you rolled three d six and you placed them in order. Yeah, top to bottom. Right. All right. And so, and then that determined whether or not you would be a fighter, a magic user, or yeah. a thief, or whether you, you know, could and, be exactly things. Yeah. You yeah. know. So it took so options off the table. Right, took options off the table. Now I don't know any DMs that actually do that. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> All know. right. All right. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be like a real strict, you know, raw kind of a DM to say no, no, you can't be this. Otherwise, and what I recently he's a Stalin master. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, I, I could be fairly strict with with dice rolls and letting characters die. But I let you play the character that you want to play. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, so that's that's one thing. But uh, so yes, having options for attributes, uh, including points by and you know roll four d six and drop the lowest and then place however you want. Those mm -hmm. are all part of your your choices. So there's like I believe five options uh, for rolling attributes. Yeah. Method one, method two, and so right, on. Yeah. yeah, that's what they call it. Mine's right. method seven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yours is method. <laughs> then you okay, have so. the 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Then you have the you have the different classes that you can mm -hmm. choose, and now race and class are separate. Uh, then you have the attributes modifiers that come along with racial uh, based attributes modifiers, and then you have gender based modifiers, and not so much modifiers, but maximums and minimums. Right, right. Are well, are now let's, set let's, up. Uh, let's let's unpack that one at a time. For, first, mm -hmm. uh, let's do the classes now. The, the very first thing is you see all of the all of the classes represented that was in basic. But on top of that, you see uh, the introduction of subclasses mm -hmm. like fighter subclass would be a cavalier. A thief subclass would be a thief acrobat, stuff like that. Now, uh, what what uh, what do you think ab about about that change? Uh, something good, something bad. I, I well, first of all, they didn't come. They didn't come up with those subclasses until Unearthed Arcana. Okay, all right, but it's still so, in Advanced Dungeon Dragons. Yes, Perfect. it's still yeah. in Advanced Dungeon yeah, Dragons. I'm doing it as a as right, a whole. right. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing there had to be a demand for it. Um, there, there might have been a a. Um, I mean, I, I for one, I went with the thief acrobat when it was when it was first introduced. I also played a barbarian character when it was first introduced. Mm -hmm. um, I might have played a cavalier. I think just to just to check it out. To me, cavalier um, was the toughest, but that's a different thing. Yeah, I I, I didn't. You know, there wasn't a, a big draw for mm -hmm. it because I never liked playing a paladin. The cavalier is a paladin subclass. Um, so uh, I, I never had any compulsion to play a, a paladin or, or any lawful good character. I tended to be a chaotic neutral, which I think matches kind of my, <laughs> my personality. Oh, God. Uh, so. Um, well, you haven't lit a fire yeah, in the stream yet, so we're still good. Yeah. So, um, well, when I look at chaotic neutral, I think of Conan the Barbarian as being the you know, the classic chaotic neutral character. But, um, and I know that, that that probably creates a big debate anyway, too. Awesome. That's um, what this segment's about. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, do it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I would think that there had to be demand. And that's why it was it was coming out, you know, at that time, uh, those subclasses and, and okay. just what, the separations. What didn't you like about it? There wasn't anything I didn't like about it. I mean, there's, sure? there's, I mean it, 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 it didn't feel like it took anything away from the game for you. No, I, there, there is, I mean, maybe I'm just using a, a, you know, a now looking back uh, kind of perspective, but there's nothing in first edition that I don't like. You okay. know, and and maybe that's oh, well, just okay. And we'll just yeah. go right into psionics. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 because <laughs> well, no, 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 because well, I, I want to counter that. There, there are a couple yeah. things I don't like, and I want to see what his take on that. So, I, actually, psionics might be the only thing. There that, you go. You know, see that we never used. No, you know? no, because and, it's and, crap. You right, and, and go, oh, and so, I'm going to burn those pages. This is there no. You know, and and so looking at it that way, but you see. First edition told us that we don't have to use anything we didn't like, yeah. you know, so I never used psionics. So I don't see that as a failing of first edition because first edition told us that you don't have to use all okay, of these optional rules. Right. Don't count. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Optional rules Got don't it. count. So, you know, I won't fault them with psionics. You know, uh, I think that they were even in their own reflection, they, they said, you know what? Stop using the monks 
as written in first edition, use the monks as in Oriental Adventures. So they even recognize their own mistakes along the way and to, well, use Yeah, because Oriental Adventures actually said that the two monks aren't compatible. Right. And, and, and it actually says that it's a better envisioning of the monk class and stop using the monk and as in the basic first edition game, you know, um, to have internal revisionism is kind of interesting to me, you know, when within the same, within the same audition, you know, um, they're actually saying, no, don't do this. Uh, even, even with basic, when we were talking about basic and, and this just reminded me of that, uh, Frank Metzner came out and said, use the alternative thief rules instead of the rules that were in basic, uh, his own edition of basic uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so there, he said, use the jack of all trades, which is what it's actually wasn't, called. Wasn't there a change between the original edition of uh, of Metzner's uh, version and then like the one we were looking through today? Because if I seem to, if I remember correctly, the original yeah. version had you roll like two d sixes for a lot of the thief abilities instead of the percentile dice. Something like two d zero. Yeah, he changes them up in the you know, and you could actually Google it and look for it. The jack of all trades, thief. Um, which is all, and that's what I used in my most recent campaign. Actually, I allowed the player to choose, and uh, she chose to take the jack of all trades, which I was actually relieved that she did because <laughs> it it made the character much more of an adventure class type thief, but still maintained some of the you know I'm motivated Classic by TV greed, stuff. stealing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it it gave it gave other abilities into it and i think that's what the i think that's what unearthed arcana does with the introduction of the thief acrobat and the you know and the barbarian and the it just adds a, a different layer of uh more of an adventuring type um aspect to some of those classes than what you had from just the basic ones in the player's handbook. I mean, it's it's easy to make a grumpy fighter that just swings swings an axe, but you're still playing by the same rules. You start using a mm -hmm. barbarian. Now you've got a different class. You've got a different feel. You've got a different take. I mean, right. I, to me, I think it's just a natural expansion of the game, kind of like how second mm -hmm. edition went into like 18 billion kits, about three of which were play tested. Uh, the, the thing that I don't like about first edition, probably the only thing that really strikes me about first edition, I'm like, I just can't, I just don't understand the thought process behind it, were the... Um, um, the racial limitations was it like like a dwarf could be like a level three cleric or something stupid like that i mean something really low like a lot of a lot of the racial limitations were so low second edition fixed that and i actually like the second edition versions a lot better but the first edition was like level three this level six that all right have fun it's like so just as you're getting your character developed and now you're done you've capped him out good job See, i completely disagree I, I I loved it. I loved it because yeah, but that's because you don't like demo humans. That, that's not <laughs> no, that's no, not no, for, no no no. It's, it's rational for a game. Yeah, and any any player who uh, who plays a race, say dwarf, for example, that uh, and they want no no no. I want to be a dwarf wizard. No, they we can't do that. I want to be a dwarf cleric, but you're you're capped at level six. Well, I still want to do it. You deserve what you get. All well, right. Dwarf, dwarf clerics are actually NPCs. And 
But they shouldn't even be offered. If they, if they, if that's if if Dwarven, uh, I mean, I can't remember what they are because I don't remember off the top of my head. But if it's, I'm not done, I'm not done. See this, but you're wrong. <laughs> I, that's because I haven't actually made my point yet, asshat. Well, it's a dumb point. <laughs> Go on. Okay, so what I was saying was that uh, the these uh, these racial limitations, these stupidly low racial limitations, they weren't for players because no player would choose to limit themselves like that it's stupid this is for npcs this is for the dungeon master I understand yes dwarves no, it need, is not only the cleric was an npc well, shut the fuck up dwarves <laughs> need clerics as well <laughs> but this is as good as they get you know that's an, that's an asinine argument because you shouldn't even put them in the game well, then <laughs> but this is as good as they get that's it no player character will choose to cap themselves out at level three level six level seven whatever for, for 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 something that's going to be a campaign type thing if if they right. do well we can all laugh at them later all right but th this this is actually this is actually gives flavor to the world yes there are are going to be uh say in in dragonlance there there, there are going to be gully dwarf clerics they're at level two but hey they're still level two they 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 do get powers from their god and and the, they do have worship they, they they do have uh you know all, all of these uh all of these uh um uh, re religious traditions they have religion it's reflected in this but if you choose to be a gully dwarf in the first place well you're a fuck, you're an idiot to begin with but see so your 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 argument okay your argument doesn't hold water because they have all the water you know, it's a it fucking battleship be, of an argument because in first edition it specifically says you cannot be a player cleric or player character dwarven cleric but you can be a player character xyz i forget all the options that they have and they still have the shitty level caps if you're going to allow characters to be it again i'm not saying they should go to 20 but six and seven and all those dumb little low numbers now nah, that that was that was too low but how about this let's get our guest in to tell us which one of us is wrong <laughs> wouldn't it better you, be you <laughs> what, wouldn't wouldn't there be an assumption that if your your dwarven cleric was going to be capped at six, the reason why is because and 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 again, this is just based on my own experience. There was more multiclassing being done by demi-human characters than human characters. All right, and the reason being is is that they did have those. Well, if you're a dwarf character, you can only have level six cleric. Well, yeah, that's fine because he's also a fighter. He's a fighter cleric. And so once he's done hitting that, you know, even level, you know, multi-class, he, well, he could still become a ninth level fighter and remain at a sixth level cleric and everything. There, there was just much more of a, I believe, an anticipation that if you do set that low level cap, that that character's most likely that player is going to most likely choose to be multi multi classed anyway. Well, no, wait, wait. Uh, right. I have a question, but before before I continue, uh, now as we all know, multi class characters get a big XP, you know, hit. Basically, they have to divide yeah. their XP up. Once you max out on one, but haven't maxed out on the other. Now, do you still only get half your XP or does all your XP go to the one class that you can actually advance in? I would say it all goes towards- I, the, I would say as well, but yeah. I, don't, I don't remember in the AD&D yeah. first edition rules. I don't remember that. Now, if that's true- 
I'd have to then that, look. Then that's great. Yeah. Then then basically yeah. what you're saying is we're both wrong and we both don't like you anymore. <laughs> I, I'm I'm saying that the 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 rules were probably designed in anticipation that that you would only choose that like like you said no one would choose to play that if they're going to cap out at level three right and that's it unless they're multi-class if they're multi-class then they'll be like, all right well I'm paying I'm I'm paying XP towards both classes and then once I get capped out at level 3 I could still continue as my main class and go forward and as yeah a and, fighter, and all, all know, of the experience and, will will react as if it's my only class. Right. If that you know, is true so that yeah. is awesome. Do, do, do you know what the reason I don't see that? I, I, I believe you're probably right in that one. I'll I'll I'll, I'll whatever. Uh, anyway, but the Literally. reason I'd have to Shut I'd up. have to look to be honest with you, but you know the, the thing is, is that's true. That reminds me of the, the and I use this example because it's the first time it hit me since I was in high school. We in our last second edition game, this dude took played a human with a high strength and took darts as the weapon specialization. Oh, this, this old chestnut. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. See, I don't think that way. I don't think in how can I break the game. Now I'm not saying that multi-classing is breaking the game, but but my point being with the with the with the cleric, uh, I, cleric is a bad example for dwarf because dwarves like it, it actually says in AD and D the first edition one only NPCs for the dwarven cleric they're not player characters. But let's say it's a thief or whatever. I just don't remember the numbers. Um, so you know, fighter thief. I don't think on the terms like I can be a third level fighter, but I, or a third level thief, but I can be a ninth level fighter. Whatever the numbers happen to be, right? I just don't think that way. I, I look at it as like, okay, well, I'm three, I'm done. Eh. I don't look at it as like, yeah, but I'd get this ability. I'd get my backstab. I can have these on top. So I'm a dwarf who can actually detect great and slope, but I can also find secret passages better. And so on. I just don't think like that. But ultimately, but then I'm going to be a fighter with the battle axe and the shield and the heavy armor. Oh yeah, these numbers add up. I just, I personally don't look at games like this as math. And I hate it when people do. So while I, while I think that your assessment, I'll have to think about that over time, is probably right. It's just that's not how my brain works in that regard. This well, is where the I, story person comes out of me more than the mechanics slash game person. For the dwarf thing, mm -hmm. I would think of it like this. Uh, Multi-class thief fighter for mm -hmm. a dwarf. Easily explainable in game. Dw what, what do dwarves love to do? Dig holes, mine. Yeah, They love mines. Now, what are thieves really good at? Climbing, ropes, free climbing. Now, if you are a multi-class thief, fighter, dwarf, who grew up as a miner, you, you grew up uh, actually, you know, uh, cl climbing down mine shafts, securing shafts, uh, put, putting pitons up so other people can follow, and you cap at level three or level four, but you gain those skills necessary for your, your particular clan or family to strive and survive. That's why you are a multi-class thief fighter. I'm just agree with the background. I, I I, I, I get it. I, I see that. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, again, I, I didn't like, I didn't like your explanation of it, but uh, I have to grudgingly say, okay, I, I guess I understand it with the, how the way DM Bloodworth uh, explained that. I still prefer the second edition methodology better, but then again, now here's a big difference. I tend to play humans as well, but I play a lot more. Well, I actually play demi humans, unlike Ethan dogs. <laughs> I just don't play, I just don't play elves. God, I hate elves. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, first edition. Now, the changes between first edition and second edition. Now, I, I believe that dual classing was introduced in second edition. I don't think it was first edition. I, th I thought I thought even humans could multi-class in first. Only I'm not, humans I'm not can multi-class, or I'm sorry, say again. Was it only multi? Uh, only humans could multi-class? Uh, no, I, I thought anyone could multi to, could, right. could multi-class in first, but yeah, in second, only humans could could uh, uh, dual class, and only demi-humans could multi-class. See that? I, that I don't know because I I never actually played. Second you edition. Never played second edition. Nope. Well, well, second edition. He's right. If you know first edition, in first edition, what was there human? I, I don't know enough about it myself. Was there human multi-class and dual classing? No. No. There, there was no. there was dual classing, okay. but not multi-classing. Now the the, right. the difference being is that if you are a human, you start off with your main class, all right, mm -hmm. and you have to advance to at least second level. Mm -hmm. At that point, if if you make uh, an enhanced version of the of the attribute prerequisites 17 for a second class you can now start that second class but you can only advance one class at a time and the when you stopped that first class you can never advance that again so if you went to say fighter fifth level and decided hang on i've got an 18 decks i can dual class into thief you you then you now start as a first level thief. You lose all of your fighter abilities. You know you now have new armor restrictions, new weapon restrictions. You keep your hit points. Those don't go away, but everything else starts again until you surpass your first class. Yep. Then you now get the best of both worlds. Yep. Mm -hmm. But you still continue forever as a thief. Mm -hmm. Or you pick up a third class. Or or you can pick up if you have the pre like I said, the, the prerequisites for, for, for the for your second class are always harder. No, right. Don't, don't forget humans die at 80 mm. or 90. Exactly right. You're not gonna be doing this forever. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this take all these levels take time. But uh, uh, for, uh the prerequisites for your second class, your your dual class is mm. greater than if it was your primary. For example, if you want to be a thief. At first level, your your dex has to be nine, mm -hmm. at least a nine, and you can be a thief. But if you want to dual class as a thief, you have to have a dex of at least I think it's sixteen. That was seventeen. But you seventeen, might be right. sixteen or seventeen, eh, one of those. So it is stringent. <clears throat> it is hard. And if you want to be a paladin as your second class, you got to have like four eighteens. You can shut up. No, it's not happening. <laughs> you whatever because paladins have like three or four prerequisites you got them all 17 or 18 whatever it's not going to happen but that's what humans could do and in second edition only demi humans could multi-class <laughs> that was their thing but they didn't advance as quickly obviously because experience was divided you know they 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 had to go both experience trees at the same time now uh hearing this for the hearing this now because you never played second edition mm -hmm. do you think this is this this addition of dual class only for humans can be a positive or a negative thing in your opinion having first heard it well it's probably a, it's a balancing thing all right um humans humans typically do not get any any kind of bonuses other than 
being able to go max level. All right. Yeah. In any class. So right. that, that's always been the human thing was that you have no level restrictions, regardless of class you're going into. Um, if all of a sudden the, um, there the was level a, restrictions increased from first to second edition. Right. So humans are now falling further behind. Do you exactly. think this dual class thing is actually helped balance it or it, it sounds like it's a balancing measure. All right. So that, you know, cause otherwise you have, you, you'll have everybody rolling up a multi-class demi-human. All right. And leaving humans behind because they're, they'll become less versatile while previously they were actually more versatile because mm -hmm. you could play any class to its maximum level. Um, if you start having those level increases for demi-humans and they could multi-class in second edition, w w who would roll up a human then? You know, well, you would run into that. Yeah. No logical reason. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then the, 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 the gaming mentality might have changed from first edition to second edition, just like it certainly changes when it, when it gets to fourth edition, right? Fourth edition is oftentimes called the, that's the, the, the console RPG players game. Oh, yeah. or the, the I, I feel that they RPG. had success with the EverQuest uh, OGL and decided yeah. they wanted to turn that into fourth edition. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that really is, that's, that's the gamer, you know, the PC gamer or the computer gamer. Okay. Right. Um, we're we're, we're going to get to third. Well, I know, I know. In, in so, a minute. So but, uh, I, I think second edition might be might be an opening up the doors for uh, the new new player mentality. Okay. Of I want more, I want more. You know, Understood. basically. Now, I, speaking I, of more, speaking yeah. of more, and and sometimes more is not more. Yeah. <laughs> more and more ends up being stupidly less. Mm. Non-weapon proficiencies. <laughs> second okay. edition, I think, really dropped the ball for uh, for for non-weapon proficiencies and their implementation i wow i don't like them uh there there's stuff that every adventurer should know every first level fighter should know how to be how to build a fire every first level ranger should know how to fish and hunt this th this these should not be rollable things right they should be able to do this. Well, but, well, that is true. That is true with the ranger because the ranger automatically gets um, survival. Survival yeah, automatically is, gets the yeah. non-weapon proficiency of survival. But again, it shouldn't even be a role, right? I mean, I think they should just be able to do it, unless unless some unless there's a forest fire and all the animals are dead or gone. Then okay, you're screwed. But yeah, but non non-weapon proficiencies, and this is where I think Chadzar and I were talking about that at one point. I, I don't think the non-weapon proficiencies are wrong. It's the way they're described because. I've seen people make people roll to, okay, uh, you're trying to set a campfire. Yep. It's a nice summer day. You got trees around. You can get all the brush and kindling and so forth you want. Okay. Roll your roll. But no, no, that, that it's supposed to, yeah, everybody can build a fire. The non-weapon proficiency is supposed to be for, it's a blizzard outside and you're trying to survive. And most people, you know, can't get the match to light or the tinder. Yeah, to, like, to like the book to build a fire. Right. That, that's, right. That, that's, that's when you would roll something like that. So, so but, I think it's the explanation of the, explanation. the uh, and implementation, I think, failed the player and 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 the game master in second edition. 
I think it failed. Now, of course, uh, Bl- Bloodworth again, not having right. played a lot of second edition, I can know that. But they they had well, so he knows the many... unknown weapon proficiencies from Earth or Cannon, so for the same basic thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, they were introduced with their wilderness survival guide and but the uh, dungeon survival guide. So many, so yes. many. I mean, they, they turned they into skills over time. Turned yes. into skills yeah. for for yes. seemingly no reason. Like wilderness survival should encompass hunting, fishing, building a fire, mm-hmm. uh, set, uh, set, mm-hmm. setting rabbit traps, uh, in, in, in some, in some, in many cases, overland navigation, this should all be wilderness survival. But, mm-hmm. but by the time second edition got over, they were all separate skills you had to get. I mean, some classes gave you, gave you them, like, 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 uh, like he, like he was saying, Ranger gave you hunting, gave you this, that, but gave you three of the six things that should all be just wilderness survival. Right. And the oh. implementation of the non-weapon fisheries in second edition, I think is, is what, is what killed these skills. It, was, it, it killed the idea of it for me. Well, it was so, just well, too difficult. They made it ed- too hard. Yeah. Second edition was the, the, the splat book edition. All right, you wouldn't have all those extra books. I mean, every class has its own book. Yeah. Every, you know, I would have, you know, even though I stopped, I stopped my tabletop RPG playing in 1987. All right. And for a variety of reasons, my group broke up, you know, we were two years after high school, you know, going off to college, going here, going there, more so playing on, uh, on consoles and, and computers at that time uh, for, for RPGs. Um, but sure. even if that didn't happen, you know, that way with me, I would have never bought into second edition with a, a separate book for every single class. See, right, right you there. I, I love yeah. my class books. I <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah, love no, them. No, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I would have never done it. And, and it, it sounds like what you're complaining about is that they were, there was an overabundance of, the thief's handbook was the worst and, oh, and, yeah. oh, yeah, and all of these other things and they have one for every race too i mean yep. they had you know you know yep. and, and right there <laughs> it just you know to me what you're what you're saying is is that they just instead of consolidating and making a much more simple system they just threw a thousand and one ideas at you yeah. uh, instead and but, but you know, they, they made them every single idea Unless uh, a couple of times it was explicitly said this is not true, but every single thing they threw out there was now canon. Well, Which... yeah, but but if it's you know you know us like uh, like our argument fifth edition, what's put in the core book there? If it's not in the core book, I know people constantly who say I don't use any of these any of these books right here. Like chromatic orb is one of my favorite spells from the wizard's handbook. I know a lot of DMs like no, you're using use the it. spells out of the player's handbook and, and that's it. Uh, you That's get, you, DM's you game, DM's game. Shut your exactly. Well, right. I mean, it's a yeah. DM's game, DM's world. I don't yeah. mind like the the using. I want to stay on the topic of the non-weapon proficiencies. I mm-hmm. love these books. I think they're great for helping people, you know, grow the race, grow. Yeah, yeah. Get a theme and so forth. Yes. But where Heathen Dog is absolutely right in this one is the fact that they really. The, the way non-weapon proficiencies are always explained to me, and I, I mean, I don't have the book memorized, so I don't know exactly how the writing says it, but is that there's a, for those unusual situations, like everybody can ride a horse in this time frame. However, if you want to go side saddle while trying to chop a you know, pumpkin out of a tree or whatever, you better have riding land-based. Um, you know, it, it was always explained as is the 
I know it better than the average person. It's not just I know how to drive a car. I know how to be a race car driver kind of thing. Well, I don't know. If First Edition did it that way, though. First, First Edition certainly didn't know. It didn't. Okay. It was like you didn't know how to ride a horse unless you had riding. So, how um, many weapon proficiency or non-weapon proficiencies did you get then? Because in Second Edition, you if you're a warrior, you got three. Yeah, you started off with three, and then it was like one every four levels or oh, something Jesus. like that. I had to. Yeah, see, just grab one. That is awful. See. That is awful. Uh, let's see. See, I, I don't. I, I started off with, with I started off playing second edition, and then I went to first edition, and I didn't use non-weapon proficiencies at all. No, we use character backgrounds and things yeah, like that. The, just... the character backgrounds. It, it, I, I grew up a fighter who, who lived at a, at a coastal town. Well, guess what? You can swim, you can fish, you can ride, you can hunt, you can <laughs> do all that because all of that everyone does growing up in a village where you are. You can do all that crap. You don't need to roll. You can do it. Think I'm gonna. Oh. So let's see. So here we have. Uh, oh, I just did it. <laughs> oh, no, fighter. So a fighter had um, initial number of proficiencies, weapon, and non-professions. So a fighter started with four weapon proficiencies yep. and two non-weapon proficiencies. Only two. Wow, it was three Only in second two. edition. <laughs> and then it was. Uh, one for one per three levels of uh, add proficiency per level of weapon and non. So every three levels, they would gain one weapon and one non-weapon. All right. So at level four, they would have uh, four and three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, five and three, sorry, five and three at that point. So look at the weapon. Like, so let's look at a non-weapon proficiency. Yeah, look, look up so, wilderness survival if they have it and see exactly everything it covers. Well, that would be in the wilderness survival. All right. Um, let me let me just grab one right, here. Grab Actually, let, let me get let me get the wilderness survival. And well, well, he well he's grabbing that book. Uh, the yeah. other part that I wanted to say about that is I I really feel that with the advent of those whether it's race books, the class books, the sonics books, the this book, the setting books, the so on mm -hmm. and so forth, is they really did turn non weapon proficiencies, which is something I thought I understood or that we understood as gamers, into a skill based system that wasn't a skill based system. Yeah. yeah, it was it was this weird, stupid hybrid that no longer functioned correctly. Right. Yeah. Cuz you could never have enough to do your to do your job if you if you played them strictly as skills like if you don't have this you cannot ever do it. Eh. Well, looking at so looking at the wilderness survival guide and I'm just looking at the the wilderness proficiencies sure. when I look at survival cold, desert and heat there is no applicable uh or appropriate ability so no attribute attached to it. Yep. All right. So which tells me that you're not going to roll no. All right. What are you going to roll? Then, what are you going to base that roll on? Right. Nothing. Well, you, you could roll the against the attribute, but they have no attribute for it. It just has modifiers, die, die roll modifier, um, which which they're also NA. So there is no roll. Yeah. You, you just, just have the it. ability to survive in very cold or very hot conditions. Yeah. You know, so and there's no roll. But in second edition, they split that off into if, if you want to survive in very cold environments, you have to have build igloo skill. You have to well, have. No, 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 you could you could do it through wilderness survival. Wilderness survival does. It made you pick a, a landscapes or, or a biome, right, right. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. you, 
Um, but yeah, so like fishing, fine, but- fishing, hunting, trapping, those, those separate ones were not actually separate necessarily from wilderness survival. Wilderness survival gave you all of the above. I can't remember what it costs though. If you just had fishing, you could still fish even, or if you had wilderness survival, you could fish. Wilderness survival is more about just surviving. Fishing was more about, but how I many want spots to, does it cost? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, yeah. it was a nuanced crap that didn't exactly, matter. Exactly. But yeah, uh, I mean, I've got some chat here that uh, that I'd like to look at. Um, is I don't want I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. Um, so if that isn't the one I want to show. There we. Go. This is the one I want to show. Um, well, Marianne Williamson, whatever the fuck her name was, uh, she wouldn't let them play test the game while they were making it. So you know that kind of caused a problem. If you don't let people play the game you're working on at work, <laughs> like uh, that becomes a little problem. Excuse me, no Dungeons and Dragons time at work, uh, ma'am. We're making Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, not at work. But if I make it at home, I'm going to publish it as my game. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, craft. Uh-oh. You might have to dance soon. <laughs> Crafty hey, hey, has I, gifted I, more. Crafty more has stuff. gifted. Uh, let, let's, let's, can I, I can't put this on the screen because they're not there. But Crafty has uh, given five tier one subscriptions to Legion of Mythers on, uh, on, uh, on Twitch. Twitch. So, uh, Thank you KJ very much, Cujo, Pax Federatica, he's been here a while. Sean Paxer, he's been here a while as well. Uh, what does it say? Asimar, Germany. So he's a German angel. And, uh, Jorhoto. Thank you very much, Crafty Matt Craft, for the, uh, subscriptions to all those folks. And by the way, just anybody watching right now, we're in segment two. If you have any comments you want to make, if you want to jump in on segment three, you get to jump in the show and talk to us. Back to slinging steel. Hey, well, we appreciate the subscriptions. That's we awesome. Do. Thank man. you very much. Uh, I think the biggest from the second edition playtesting was frowned upon, but the company still need to make one. I, I, yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, I don't mind the extra books. Like, like Heathen Dog asked a very good question because I don't have a problem with non-weapon proficiencies. I do have a problem with by the time you have all the handbooks out there, you've got 7,506 non-weapon proficiencies, 50 of them that you need to do your class properly, and you're only allowed to have four. Yeah, yeah, it, it it got it got stupid weird when because they they took one thing and then split it into ten different things, and you got to get all of them to to feel like like what you had before with just wilderness survival. You know, okay, I get tundra wilderness survival, desert wilderness survival, and forest wilderness survival should probably be three different things because it's three different mindsets. I get that, but splitting those up in into you know finding shelter specifically here uh building building a fire here dowsing for water hunting trapping you should not have to get all of these things or in 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 some cases for the for second edition uh spend four three or four non-weapon proficiency slots to get wilderness survival which would have been one slot in first edition Oh, we're gonna get to four E in a minute. Uh, I'm just gonna show show so just to what is that? shoot everything down. Proficiencies uh, oh, options. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I I don't know anybody. Who, that, that, I don't know anybody edition, right? who didn't play with no, it. No, that's second. second. That's second. second. Oh, okay. oh wait, that, that's the newer ones. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that, well, then, so, that, so we, we we could stop that segment right there. All right, yeah, kill it. Now. <laughs> look, kill it. Yeah, what, um, what what second edition did did well. I liked the the bought modules 
in second edition better than first edition. You like the what? Sorry, what? The the the, the module adventures. Oh, the the story. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah the, because I thought that the that the second edition module adventures had 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 a, a greater quality story to them. Oh no, you said the word. I did. I did. I said the word. And uh, um, the, the, they also they also came in uh, in easily identifiable story arcs where if you like this adventure levels one through three. Well, guess what? The, the, the same writer continued in that same world for levels four through six, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you, you could get not, not only a small, you know, uh, five, th- three to five uh, day uh, arc. But you could get by the same author in that same world up to level 14, a giant year-long campaign arc with all these little arcs in between. And it was beautiful. And the, and the, the stories all meshed together all by themselves. And it was great. I don't want to make up my own world. I can spend, at the time, 25 bucks and do level one. Someone did level one through 14 for me. Woohoo! It all fits together. The stories were good. I mean, uh, there there was one. I don't know if you. I don't know if if if, uh, if uh, Max ever played it, but it was called the Deva Spark. No, great story. All right, I'm gonna spoil it for everyone who hasn't played it here. Get over it. I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. It came out 20 years ago. All right. Now the whole thing was there. There there was a Deva, which which is uh, a a a lawful good angelic being, right? And uh, he he had to go to uh, one of the planes of hell. But the moment he set foot in there with his grace, he would immediately be be like a paladin in Ravenloft, like a giant target. Mm -hmm. So he had to put his grace into a living being. So he went to the prime material plane to choose a vessel for his holy grace while he was investigating this thing in hell. And he came across a man who caught a small girl from a burning building and placed her on the ground and shooed her to 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 her mother and then and then walked away and took no credit. And this guy was like, "Hot damn." Mm-hmm. Hey, Bruce Lombardo, thank you very much for the, for the Super West Chat. Right? Super Chat for 14.99. Yeah. Get yourself some excellent brute items or a down payment with this. Well, I'm going to do a down payment on uh, on uh, <laughs> new host with heathen dog (laughs) (laughs) but but the the, but the whole rub to this was thank you that guy set the fire he set that house on fire trying to kill everyone within and when that little girl jumped out he caught her in surprise like wow shit oh get out of here and then he was just admiring the flames and then walked away so he gave his his holy divine divine spark to an evil guy and then Right when the angelic being left to go to whatever circle of hell he had to go, that guy was killed by a mob and went to hell. Now the Deva has to find his angelic grace trapped inside the soul of a of an evil petitioner of mm-hmm. a of a of a of an underworld hell, and he needs the player character's help to do that. Sounds like a bad supernatural episode. It is a bad supernatural episode. That, that's the that's the adventure series called Paladin and Hell, correct? Is I, that the? I believe I it is. Re- I don't right? recall the name of the series. Yeah, I, only I think it's the name of that module. Yeah, so it's it's. I think it's in the the Paladin Hell series, and it's a series that um, that second edition is probably most well known for, mm-hmm. um, along with the 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 Raven the Ravenloft uh, extensions of the first the first invention <laughs> as well. So um, 
I mean, you might just be pulling on the the most well known of the second edition ones. Um, but that that's just me. I, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with oh, yeah, second that, edition. That one yeah. stood out in my head because, yeah. because uh, it, it was the it was the one I had the most fun doing. Because yeah. at the end, there's a, there's a huge moral dilemma mm-hmm. where a a, a Bebelith, which is a, a a lawful evil demonic being, yeah, uh, killed that that uh, that uh, um, evil guy that that died with the soul with mm-hmm. the with the spark inside. He ended up absorbing the angelic spark and changed into a different being. So you have to decide kill this new life form that is mm-hmm. both good and evil or let the deva die because without his angelic grace he will eventually die mm-hmm. you have to make that choice at the end yeah and i love moral choices like that yeah. that are all ambiguous and stuff i love that Ooh, it, it's titillating to me kind of kind of a little that's why it stood on my head Going back a little bit on, on topic here of the transition between uh, you know first second edition AD and D, I think one of the things was, and I noticed this with a lot of the players that uh, played first edition versus second edition and so forth, is first edition was much more just monster of the week. I know yes. I say that a lot of times when I say that I say it derisively, but in this case I'm not. It's just the nature of the game. It came from chainmail, went to you know D and D, went to you know advanced D and D and so forth. It went from you know kind of a Warhammer you know fantasy you know fighting game to let's put some thought behind you know at least the lieutenants in there to hey what the heck let's we can make these stories and these campaigns and these novels dragonlance and you know just being one of them yeah. greyhawk you know and so forth and then second edition is just kind of the next natural evolution of that where okay this is what's been done let's incorporate that into the game system as a whole yeah i mean uh the the monster of the week style thing is not inherently bad i mean the first two seasons of x files was just that it was the monster of the week but it got renewed and was was the most popular TV show of the time for a reason, right? Because it was fun, you know. I mean, you you had you had your your beginning, your middle, your end, all in forty two minutes. Great, hmm. a lot of people like that. And first edition AD and D was like that. Second edition AD and D introduced more overarching Arcs, story yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I and I know that Max Lyle also is a big fan of a good overarching story beats Monster of the Week for us nine times out of ten that's just i have to have a reason for it like you know the the whole dungeon crawl things like why are you dungeon crawling because it's there Eh, i don't get into the character impetus for us yeah 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 yeah. Um, but okay now 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 we're getting in to third edition all right now i like like you with second edition i i have almost no experience with third and third and fourth edition almost none Mm -hmm. I read the book a little bit and I went, <laughs> fuck that. And I threw it away. So I have almost no experience. So what I'm going to do is, is take this moment to go to the bathroom while, while, while you two mm-hmm. talk about the, the changes from second edition to third edition. And I don't know if it's going to be possible, but look for something good, a good change. Oh, from second the, the, I, can, I can knock out that good one, but I'm going to see what DM Bloodworth says first. But I, I've got a good one right off the bat. Again, third edition is not one that I played. Um, okay. So I skipped over second and third edition. I read a bit of fourth edition. And uh, and certainly I have read and played, um, never DM'd, but played fifth edition. So, okay. yeah, two and three are the two that I kind of skipped over. That's part of my, my gap of about a decade and a half. 
I played oh, some wow. three when it first came out. So I, I actually, yeah. uh, I, I always say I forget on the channel because I really don't remember. I could have sworn that I play tested third edition because I was play testing multiple games at that time, including Earth on second edition and some other ones. Right. But uh, maybe I didn't. Maybe it was one of those games that I just got right off the bat. And I say that a lot because I like to tell people I play tested and I don't want anybody going, no, you didn't. Anyway, right off the bat, I said no to the game. But I was told I had to say something good. So here's what's good about it. Look, as much as I love Thacko and I love the combat matrix, you've, you've got to admit that just rolling higher for every die roll is simply easier, more understandable, mm -hmm. better across the board. Plus, right. it allows you to make armor classes that are ridiculous. Because, you know, if you had that, or even if you had an armor class of negative 10, by the time you were using that combat chart and you were high enough level, that negative 10 didn't mean much either. So... Right. That that is one thing that I would say is absolutely good about third edition. That's about where it starts to end, though, because I will tell you that I believe I prefer second edition kits over Lego characters that you start that you get in third edition. What are they called? Um, I forget what they are. Prestige classes. I I, I don't right. like that. I want you make your choice, and that's your freaking that that's what you are. Stop being like, well, I want to be a little of this and a little of this and a little of this, and I will go back and some of that as well. No. Uh, that's, uh, so that's number one. Number two, um, the first thing I read that just told me, and, and I used to call it commie role-playing. I don't call it that much anymore, but when I first picked up the book and I was reading it, I said, this is commie role-playing. Gnomes can be paladins now. The fuck they can? No, hell no. Dwarves can be wizards. The fuck they can? No. They started ripping out those, 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 those tropes, those fantasy no. tropes. Now, I don't care if some other game does that. For example, people, uh, I've come to me and be like, you don't yell, you know, your favorite game, Earthdawn, you don't complain that dwarves can be wizards there because it's not Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And Earthdawn didn't change anything. Yeah. If Earthdawn comes out and says dwarves can no longer be wizards, I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That hasn't been part of the game from the beginning. Flip side, from the beginning of the game, Dungeons and Dragons didn't allow dwarves to be wizards. Gnomes could right. be paladins. Only humans can. Why? Because only humans have the passion, the zeal. I mean, it's... It, you can read all about that. Right. I couldn't handle that. I was like, nope. I, I, and what ended up selling it for me, ultimately, the one book that came out when we, when we were still hemming and hawing on, are we going to change our game to third edition? Some people kind of liked it. So, was when they came out that, uh, the Hero Builder Handbook, and it literally told you how to min-max characters in the game and, to bre and uh, break everything. I was like, I'm out. That's what this game is about. I'm out. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Yes, commie role-playing, because it allowed... Everybody's equal. No. Dwarves aren't everybody. <laughs> Earth, Earth, yeah. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. Now, at one point, at one point, 3.0 became, uh, well, 3.5. So I'm, I'm guessing that's just a, an addendum. Um, uh, 3.5, uh, uh, some of the rules in 3.0 were a little right. excessive, so 3.5 right. tried to so fix them up. Kind of tighten them up a little bit yeah and then 375 is pathfinder one all right so 375 is where they took the ogl mm -hmm. and uh and created their own like quote unquote own um it's often called 3.5 uh 3.75 so dnd 3.75 and there i think you see more of that you know character background coming in and and you know, I'm not a huge fan of Pathfinder. So, oh, thank God. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Pathfinder. I just don't like, I mean, I have it, you know, I have all of these things, you know, but, uh, but they're, they're 
there to fill up the shelf. And, you know, it's just to say, I have them. You know, that's my... I, mean, I, I understand why Pathfinder came about because 4th edition was such an abrupt, like, we're changing now. And the, and the people who yeah. became Paizo were like, wait a minute, we're making this content for you, WTF. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't think, like, going back to the purpose of this segment is that you don't have like a, a smooth transition from one from one edition to the next. Um, there are some abrupt, you know, jumps in a new direction, and uh, and some of them like you know fourth edition. Uh, some of them were were not a an improvement upon. You know, I think that you you probably say well, there's an improvement from first to second edition, at least in some, you know, certainly in uh, formatting and presentation of the information. Um, you know, first edition, the one criticism, if we was talking about, well, what's one thing I would criticize first edition for? Uh, those books are dense. There is just oh, yeah. so much in there. And, you know, 35 years later, you can come across and, and find a, uh, you know, oh, there's a magic item I've never heard of before. You know, um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I, I was playing with someone who kept on coming up. Well, I would, I would use this and that. And I would use, um, oh, what was the term that he was using? Like luck points. I was like, where the hell are luck points from? You know, in first edition, I never heard of luck points and getting the ability to uh, to to roll two dice. You know, instead of just one for thing. Oh, if you have this potion and you have this ring and you have this, he was going into every little bit, every nook and cranny to min max in first edition, and I didn't think it was possible to min max in first edition unless you find what I started calling well. There's all these obscure magic items that you're coming up with that will maximize your character's luck in order to get all of these additional rolls and second chances and such. That um, That's the density problem with first edition Dungeons & Dragons is there's so much there that you can get lost in it. <coughs> or it could slip through the cracks and you, you're just not aware of it. Second edition supposedly cleaned up a lot of that, and certainly in the formatting. <laughs> Is that what they told you? <laughs> you know, uh, well, in the formatting. So if you're just sticking to the three core books, they take a lot of that um, hodgepodge of rules just packed in there, packed in there, and made it a little bit more understandable. Second edition's um, biggest problem with with regard to that is inconsistency. One book will say okay. one thing, the next book will say another. I mean, the perfect example for my character, a character I just had recently, was a, a character who used a lasso. And if I use the, 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 was it the player's handbook, it's just a roll and whatever, right? You can possibly trap mm -hmm. somebody. If I use the fighter's handbook, I got all these options to me. And if I use the ninja's handbook, which is what we ultimately ended up using, yeah, had to go something as weird as the ninja's handbook, uh, I could trap people high or low. And then, because I didn't want to do damage to people. I was, I was, I was playing a priest of a Forgotten Realms God. And, uh, yeah, it's just like all these rules. Like, wait a second here. It's just a fucking lasso. Tell, just tell me which one I'm supposed <laughs> to use. And I've got all these different options. Mm -hmm. Like, like, but they're all rules, right? 
Yes. Yeah, so if there are rules, that means if you use it, it's used this way. This is describing the universal, yeah. the, the, like the universal constant of gravity to me, just with a lasso. So how is it that he can use a lasso one way and I use it as a different way? It's like you know, just that's just one example. But there are other ones in there as well. Everything from positioning and so forth, depending on what book you're reading. Uh, there, yeah. there are some inconsistencies. That, that's the main problem that I had, especially toward the end of second edition. Other than the fact that it just came out with supplement after supplement after supplement, after supplement like right. ugh, Planescape and Spelljammer, two of the worst fucking things to ever happen. I know there are people out here like Planescape. Sorry, but it's garbage. <laughs> oh. Okay, wait. I thought we were on three. I thought we were on three. We, we, we got up to three point seven five. Now, at, at, at what integer do we actually reach for? <laughs> um, 3.999. <laughs> well, four, four was the was the MMO of, I mean, I, yeah. I, I joked about that it came from the EverQuest mm. one. I don't think the actual EverQuest version of D&D sold all that well. I think the Warcraft one sold better. And yes, they were both. But fourth edition, when I first read, it, I got fourth edition. The first day it came out, I'm like, "Oh, anything's better than third edition." Oh crap! I've got my little box set. It's probably right in there, mm-hmm. so probably behind me somewhere. I think I've pulled it out three times, and twice were about three weeks ago when I was looking something up in there for one of our segments. I opened it up, I looked through it, and I looked. I said, "So we've got we're playing Lord of the Rings Online or EverQuest, whichever you pick. Which one it is? I've got the Enchanter right there. I've got the Commander right there. I've got. I'm out. I don't so want to play a computer wait, wait, wait. game." What? Why does why does 4.0 have the MMO feel? Like reasons why? It be it's got uh, the way it handles crowd control, the way it handles the commander, like the buffing and debuffing. Um, it's absolutely like I complained that third edition was on a battle grid. This game is even more so on a battle grid. You know, you could argue that well, it goes back to its chainmail roots. This is bad though. This is just straight up bad. Everything's done in these little time segments. It's like it just feels. You've played MMOs, so I know you. If, do you ha- do you own fourth edition at all? Because I don't want to go through the entire rulebook because I don't know it that well. I but, own fourth edition, but I, you know, the business. I'll be really negative. The best thing that I that I have to say about fourth edition was that I got uh, I got the, the the three core books as a sleeve for forty dollars, you know, and I immediately took them out of that sleeve case and I used the sleeve case to hold all of my loose copies of Beckby. <laughs> so <laughs> it became a good way to organize them on my shelf, and that's it. So I used to see, so I have them, but. Um, the thing about the MMO um, analogy for for fourth edition, I, I think more has to do with the just the general game mechanics of it, and um, it, it, it's how it changed the way that players look at playing the game. All right, it has to be built around that Absolutely. mentality of of MMO playing. So a lot of min maxing. A, you know, everything is um, synergistic. Yeah. yeah, Indigo's saying right here, fourth edition, put the game of the game first. Right. And and it's it's about like balancing, character balancing is like paramount in in fourth edition is that, you know, you can't have um, player choice should not determine how powerful your characters are. All right, in relation to other characters, 
you know, so it, it's of the a, same class. Yeah, of the same class, or or even compared to other classes. No, it's like it's like all the classes must be of similar power, and your choices should make no difference in that power leveling. Overall, and, and you, overall, and, overall, and you and you, yeah, yeah, your 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 choices could make you a better. A uh, second story thief rather than a better pickpocket thief, stuff like that. That is a player yeah. choice, but overall, a yeah. thief is a thief is a thief is a thief. But right. you're saying in fourth edition, you could with with all of your choices, you could turn your thief into a fighter. No, it, it, it's like if you want, you would to work with fighter. the fighter with 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 uh, adding conditions and so forth. That would right. give the fighter. It, it's like I'll I'll use another example. Um, I was playing World of Warcraft, and and the first time that I left World of Warcraft was was when I'm trying to go into a a, a uh, cave. It was a it was one of those dungeons that you had to go into um, to go after a, a certain type of boss or whatever. It was the only place you can go. I, I'm just forgetting, you know, the name of it and everything. But my fighter did not have taunt. He was a dual wielder, so had no no uh no shield so he wasn't really a tank he was a tough dps dealer okay and everybody was like what do you mean you don't have taunt kicked me right out of the the group all right so take it right well, out of the dungeon because that's an mmo I, because i <laughs> yeah, did not MMO have right the build that they believed was the only build that you could play a fighter with Okay, that is, that is a huge that is a huge right. negative, and yeah, and that 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 is slows right. That is a hundred percent. He was talking. He I, was talking about yeah. World of Warcraft, and I'll tell you, yeah. World of Warcraft, yeah. I'd have kicked him out too. I don't like World of Warcraft. I like EverQuest because that was the one job that a warrior was supposed to do is taunt. I was DPS. If he didn't taunt, I was gonna die. But now imagine taking that to the board game, and that's that's exactly yeah. what. What fourth edition introduces is the concept of there is a cookie cutter build that all fighters must have, and uh, or or you're just not playing the game right. Now fifth edition, what fifth edition does, and I know I'm jumping. Oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. It kind of does the same thing, but maybe maybe uh, with a little bit more flair. You know, I, I've, I've played fifth edition, thing. so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna add in the fifth edition. But yeah. but uh, fourth edition, okay. So it uh, it uh, it turned the game into like uh like like what was on the screen earlier. It it it, it took the game and made it a game inside the game, where you you had to you had to win. Meta was important. Yeah, you had to win in character building to to win in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking lame. I the idea of that pisses me off. I even I even hate that in, in MMOs. I mean, sure, a lot of people say, "Oh no, if, if if you if you are a white mage, you have to have this spell, this spell, this spell. You have to do it in this order, this order, that order." You know, it may be the most efficient, yes, but it if you do it differently, it doesn't mean you're automatically wrong. You Does can still rating. get the job done. Yeah. 
That's the problem. Is no, you can't. That, that in most MMOs, no, you can't. And that's but that's a game design problem. That's not a yeah, player yeah. problem. That's a game design problem. Right. But that's how they've done this. By the way, I just want everybody to know there's a lot of chat going on, which we appreciate. We're not ignoring you. He's put some on the screen. I'm actually going to scroll back and we're going to catch a lot of this chat. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, As a matter of fact, you you can do that right now because now now we're going to slide into into fifth edition. Uh, you so want you want me to scroll all the way back? That, to- let's let's do some chat. Okay, so let, let's let me go back because there's quite a bit. Um, some of it I did want to respond to. So, um, to the Troves, so that's Earthdon. Love that game. Me too. I mean, again, anybody who says I hate Earthdon is wrong. I love Earthdon. I just don't like. Um, I don't like the modern the SJW. Yeah, the the modern SJW. The way they feel everything's got to be gender neutral, which already was gender neutral, but they feel it wasn't gender neutral because they're idiots. Um, Earthdawn works because the setting of bar save works. That is true. Earthdawn also works because when Lou Prosperi gave the, uh, created the game, he said, I don't give a fuck that the characters aren't balanced. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. I mean, he is somebody who's like, a troubadour doesn't fight as well as a, as a sword master. Uh, right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he's a troubadour, not a sword master, you ass nat. Plus, <laughs> plus uh, wait, wait, stop. Uh, on, on, the, on the Earthdawn note, there is also something to be said with rolling, you know, 18 dice and six and six different kinds a lot of people just like the feel of that yeah that is true <laughs> uh i mean an elementalist the elementalist doesn't doesn't uh isn't as powerful as the wizard yeah but the elementalist can fucking talk to plants i mean you know there are things <laughs> that that the that the that the disciplines would get learn to play um let's see welcome uh, the hero builder handbook yeah i hated that book uh what uh no i think it's for balance yeah so it's so what i've the whole point about the whole Kami comment that I still I still believe, I just don't say it that much, about 3rd edition D&D is the fact that if you tell... Not every race can be every class. No, fuck you, it can't. Mm. And, and there's lore behind it. I, again, a different game I don't care, but D&D has always followed the Tolkien-esque, fantasy-esque type tropes. And no, a gnome cannot be a paladin. A gnome is too fucking wackadoodle in the brain to be serious enough to be a goddamn paladin. Why only humans? Because elves don't care that much. They're not that passionate about the gods. The dwarves are too stubborn. Probably tell the god to go fuck himself. And, uh, you know, halflings, halflings just want to smoke a pipe and just leave them alone. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but that's generally what it is. Only humans have the zeal and the passion to be a paladin. Um, let's see, 3.5 fixed the ranger at least. Yeah, it also fixed psionics as well, among some other things. Uh, just remember, apples made by commies. Well, I don't use a hippie anymore. I, I give Bezos my money now. <laughs> That's probably I have not never, it. ever bought an Apple product in my life. Um, commies with suicide nets at the bottom of the building so the workers can have some free time. Thoughts. Wait, what? I don't know where that was going. I'm just going to move on now. It's not my fault. Google Apple support commie China. Oops. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, I think all referees... And, wait a minute. I think all referees and dungeon masters should have... A scene in the games where the heroes are watching adaptive heroes get scraped up and then ready for burial. Are you talking like, oh, hey, these people went in before you. Now it's your turn. Yeah. If you do oh, that, yeah, yeah, you're going to go into a dungeon and and you're 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 seeing the aftermath of a, of a failed dungeon call <laughs> in the place you're about to go in, and there's a fighter with no arm and and a wizard whose eyes were burned out. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, good luck. He's sitting there. <laughs> Charlie was coming over the hill. All that was around me, the monsoons. Uh, let's see it's not my fault where is it my gateway you might not like too much well again balance is very subjective also i can find a game that's perfectly balanced and i'll know friends of mine Uh, so let's use earth on example again we're drinking up a lot today yeah everyone's drinking so so um 
I, I gave first edition, so my third edition had just come out. I'd just gotten out of the Air Force. Okay. I hated third edition, but I go there and they're, they're playing second edition, but they're transitioning their game to third edition D&D, right? I'm trying to convince them to play Earth Dawn. As Heathen Dog knows, um, everywhere I go, it's a pain in the ass for me to get Earth Dawn to play. But as soon as you can get somebody to play it, they don't go back. Love the game. Couldn't get them played, couldn't get them played, couldn't get them played. It was like a year and a half. Finally got them to play the game, to, to agree to play the game. All I had to do was get it past one other character. Brought the book to his place. We talked. He borrowed my book, which is something I don't even usually do. I get it back like a week later, found out we're not playing Earth Dawn. And I asked my friend Sean, I said, what's going on? Why, why are we going to play? Oh, yeah, um, I forget the guy's name, but uh, he couldn't find a way to min-max the, the discipline, so he doesn't want to play. That's, that's a feature. <laughs> I know, right? So, so, because uh, uh, if you raise up an attribute, you're, you know, you're gonna. The way the chart is done is it's actually set fairly well, so that it is. I mean, of course, if you're a caster and you have a high perception, you're gonna cast better. That's just the way it is. But he couldn't min max the way he wanted to, so he decided the game wasn't for him because the 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 way the attributes work is well done and it's not broken. So, yeah, I, and like Heathen Dog said, I find that to be a feature. By the way, DM Bloodworth, you are more than welcome to jump in and yell at us while we're talking here, because otherwise no, I'm no, just that's... keep going. Um, yeah, but by the way, if you, don't, if you haven't gotten Earth on, go, go ahead and pick it up. N- yeah. not, maybe not 4th edition. 1st edition, I like. 4th edition, edition works... uh, they, they fix skills, right? Skills third? is the only thing good about 4th edition, or 2nd th- okay. edition, but it Second is good. 3rd edition is what brought on the homogenized character classes with the talent options okay. and so forth. 1st edition is the best edition. Se- you use 2nd use edition skill list, but 1st edition is the way to go. Is Fair the way enough. to go. There it is. They also changed karma in 3rd edition, too. Um, so anyway, he took a combat wheelchair in the dungeon. The sloping walls killed all of them. They were so brave. They died like uh, first-level heroes. <laughs> I just want to say, Bruce, I hope it wasn't my comment yesterday that caused that lady to leave your game. <laughs> I kind of feel bad about that. Did I tell you about that, Heathen Dog? No. Uh, he posted on our, on our Discord that his game was going on. I was like, you know me, I can't stand watching other people play. I was like, you know what? He's been cool with us. So I'm gonna at least while I'm playing Conan Exiles, I'll have it going on. Well, I get there and he's talking about in the serious voice, basically. Like, uh, now, mind you, he's basically in character, so you know it's like the tavern keeper saying this, like, "Yes, uh, you don't understand. Like they they had these weird rolly devices and they were trying to go in the dungeons and they were getting sucked up by pit traps and couldn't make it upstairs and so on and so forth." And I'm like, oh, he's talking about the combat wheelchair. That's awesome. So I typed into chat. I said something like, uh, "Excuse me, but uh, where are the handicapable dungeons? You know, new OSHA rules and all." And he read that, laughed, and uh, the lady who was in the game left. I don't know if that's coincident <laughs> or not. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, so, uh, who plays D and D like that? Uh, a couple of blogs quite recently about this handicapped lady in real life demanding all referees. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did episodes on that. Now I will tell you that the ones that we've done anyway, uh, it was it was it's all optional. Like I don't care about the option of the combat wheelchair. I would never use it myself. I think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Remember RP gate rules are right on the screen there, covering up Dan Bloodworth's name because apparently we're jerks to our guests. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I don't care if it's an option. What I hate is like when I go to these websites, these blogs, and they're like, if you do not have at least one trans, one POC, one white, one, one everything, then you should not have a D&D stream. If you are not letting people being these diverse, broken-legged whatevers, you're not going to adventure. You're going to be the grumpy guy, again, going back to the comment earlier, like, oh, don't go in that dungeon. I lost these guys. Right. I feel a little better. I lost these guys right here going in there. And you're, you're, no. 
you know, that's what it should be. It shouldn't be like, I'll go in there with you. Rolly, 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 rolly. Remember, it's not about representation. Uh, All right. So, if Planescape had its pluses, name one. Name one plus from Planescape. It normalized low-level characters going to the planes, which should never happen. A low-level character going to the plane should be dead. Sigil is the stupidest fucking city I've ever heard of. The Lady of Pain stops the Yugaloth and Tanari and Beatsu fight, or devils and demons and mercenaries. No, no, she doesn't. She gets snapped like this by the gods who are actually the rulers of the outer planes of whatever universe you're in. Now, and and it normalized fucking tieflings, even though in second edition Planescape there were still NPCs, not player characters, but everybody wanted to be a fucking tiefling after that. No, tieflings are fucking demons. You don't get to be one. Go to hell and play another fucking game. Take your uh, tiefling uh, uh, Asmar bullshit out of here. There is one example of a good tiefling NPC. Uh, NPC, yes. Oh, any in, tiefling in, NPC, in, in, I don't in care. Second edition. Okay. Merlin. Who? Merlin. Merlin? <laughs> I didn't think of it that he way. Is offspring of a human and a demon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I don't care if they're NPCs, but not as player characters. Uh, Spelljammer is good for the deck plans. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I own Spelljammer, so I... Uh, Spelljammer. Flojistan, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Four Design came from Star Wars Saga. Did it? That I didn't know. Max and Heath. Okay, how the... Con- okay. Just ask Max and Heathen how the combat wheelchairs work. We've done two episodes on that. Yeah, you guys no, can go, we're, we're you can go check our catalog. Yeah. It's, it's, in the, it's in the YouTubes. Yeah, uh, oh, I, my chat just jumped, so apparently I'm not meant to read those. That was God talking. Uh, just want to say you're wrong about third edition, though. Nobody I know complained about its balance. No, no, that, that's me. I complained about that. Third edition is garbage-ass, commie, fucking... It's not Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, no, no, no. Let, let's just back... Oh, oh thank you. Ah, <laughs> yes! This is gonna be fun! Arguing with the chat. So, um, third edition sucks as a Dungeons & Dragons game. It does not suck as a generic tabletop role-playing game. WotC D&D... See, I don't consider third edition to be third edition AD&D or third edition D&D. I consider it WotC first, first edition. That's why when you hear me... Usually when you hear me talk about it other than reference, I call fifth edition WotC third edition because that's what it is. It's a shitty, shitty bullshit took the soul, ripped the soul right out, just went... Sucked it out with a fucking straw like the Weird Al song and absolutely destroyed Dungeons & Dragons. It's garbage as far as Dungeons Dragons go. With that said, as a generic tabletop game, no. I mean, it wouldn't be as popular as it is if it wasn't a good, just generic game. But it's a fuck-all when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons. And if you think otherwise, fuck off. Uh... Totally disagree. Love how Beck Me works the best. Beck Me, I, I actually, reading it for the first time, I like Beck, Beck Me. Earth on 1E is so good. It starts to taper off when you get to high circles. I don't think they balance them too well, but, you know, hey, if you get that far. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you for being a good sport out there. People spreadsheet from 2, yeah, that is true. I used to play 4E. Okay. Uh, what group of ventures would be okay taking someone in a wheelchair into a dangerous dungeon? That's the way I Double. feel, too. What's that? Dumb one. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. You have to understand, this is what segment two is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about me going fucking crazy. So you're absolutely <laughs> welcome. No, no, you're, you're absolutely welcome. Segment, that's why we have the disclaimer at the beginning of it. Segment two is about me. In fact, I, I haven't been able to rant today because DM Bloodworth takes us down a notch and you know, he kind of calming effect on us. And I don't want that for segment two because I did this fucking stream in order to yell at people. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. No, not, not that, not that that one 
No, and that's what no, that's what I was responding to. That's what I was yeah. responding to. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now we. Now, okay. We've reached the end. Now here's. No, Krantz. Krantz got the best comment of the day. Oh. Yep. Yep. Swordsman. Yeah. Astonishing swordsman sorcerers of Hyperborea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I. I. That, that has merit. Now, fifth edition. Okay. I've played fifth edition a quarter of a campaign. All right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> before, I, before I was yeah. asked to leave. <laughs> All right. Well, no, 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 no. That's not true. I was not asked to return. <laughs> That's different. That's different. My my contract expired and the, the company did not decide to renew it. Let's just say that. All right. Now, compared to second edition for me, because that was my jump. I didn't do third or fourth. Mm-hmm. I liked... This is, I'm going to say something I like about fifth edition. I liked the fact that it's inherent customization allowed formally dumb special specializations to be useful. The example I did was I was a diviner. I thought you were an abjure. Nope. A diviner. Okay. That's worse. (laughs) <laughs> in in second edition AD&D, if you were a diviner specialist, you were you were an NPC or you were worthless. These are the two things that, that you were, an NPC or utterly worthless in every other situation. But in fifth edition, I could be a diviner, have cool diviner shit, but also be completely useful in combat, be, be uh, completely useful in survival situations as long as, as, as I picked my feats correctly i like that because i always wanted to play a diviner but i never could get myself to do it because i would be the goddamn boat anchor for the group (laughs) Mm -hmm. i would be bringing everyone down people would die literally because of me (laughs) and i didn't i didn't want that because at sooner or later someone would stab me no at the table literally someone would (laughs) stab me with a pencil but uh, but fifth fifth edition allows you to take uh, classes and and specialization classes that normally no one would want to play because they're not attractive to having fun in a lot of situations, and make them useful enough in all situations to where you can focus on where they shine and people will appreciate it. That's what I liked about it. Now, DM Bloodworth. Yes. You can choose. <laughs> choose your path. Tell me something you like about 5th edition or tell me something you don't like about 5th edition. What I like about 5th edition is that it is a uh, it's a very accessible game system. In other words, fairly simple to understand. What I don't like about it is that there are there are too many fail safes for um, failure. For for failure, yeah. There's there's just too certainly many, death. There's yeah. There's too many fail safes in it. And when I when I was playing it, uh, I'll give you one example. So I was I was playing a, a a dwarf fighter. I said, let me let me play this thing as simply as I possibly can, and. There was always like if I failed my attack, well, you get to do this, and if that didn't work, you get to do this here. Oh, I could look at my background skill now and utilize this here now. There was always uh, several layers 
of second opportunities, third opportunities, fourth opportunities in order to get through that round and still do something. And, <laughs> you know, and I was like, there's just too much here. Then, you know, forget, like we were playing in, we were playing in one, one game, one of the, my early games that I ever played in and a character died. And I was like, well, how did this happen? Like, I thought that this was the addition where somebody can't really die. You know, uh, he was, you know, he was killed. Off. I was like, oh, well, we disabled that, that whole system of the death what? save system. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I, I kept on hearing that most of the games being played don't use the death, you know, the, the, the death saves. Really? Like, well, Everyone I, that I've seen has, but I also, to be fair, I played in very few. Yeah, well, the ones that I actually played in, they didn't use it. Um, and then the only comparison that I had to it was the, the death saves in uh, DCC, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. But there, it was like, it made sense. And at one point, we were like, no, we're not even going to save that person anymore. We just let him die. We had to save him too many times that we just didn't revive them anymore. It was like, nah, not bothering with that. But I think that that's the problem with fifth edition is that it, it, there's too much background skills and, and just too much to back up your character. If you failed in your primary purpose of swinging a sword, hitting a target and dealing out damage. Well, if I couldn't do that, I shouldn't have 15 other ways that I could still do that and still, you know, and, and that, and if I take more damage than uh, my body can handle, I've gone into negative hit points, you know, sure. I might have one system shock roll, you know, where I, I'm not going to immediately die, but I shouldn't have, well, three? I have to fail that three times before. And a bard who can sing a note from real. 60 feet away? <laughs> no, no, and seriously, yeah. So yeah. someone walks up to you and places their hand on you and you get yeah. a roll. Like, what is yeah. that? They didn't really do anything. They yeah. say, hey, dude, are you okay? Wake up. Wake. Oh, he's yeah. fine. Yeah. So, so I'd like to piggyback on, on what you said on both sides of that. On the good side, the system is is it's universal to some degree. Like you can make anything out of it. You can make a sci-fi game out of it. You can make, and I know Shadzar doesn't like to hear that, but uh, I keep calling him out, but he isn't on the stream today. He's not yelling at me today. Uh, but, uh, um, but you can do any, uh, pretty much anything you want with it. You, you got the skill list there. You got the imagination there. Uh, you, the rules are pretty generic and basic, but that's also the problem with it. It has no soul. It has no feel. When I watch some of these channels like how to make the perfect paladin, how to do this, how to make some weird class that I thought up in my head the other day that has no fucking sense in the world to be in a D&D &D world, but I want it to be in a fifth edition game. That's my new video. Well, that's great because it's great for YouTubers to make 100 videos. This is why, you know, I don't watch too much Nerdurky or or Taking 20 anymore or any of that stuff because they're just fifth edition shills and I don't under I just literally don't understand why. Imagination should not be allowed to run wild. <gasps> yeah, I fucking said that. There should be a box that you're in. I don't care if the box is bigger. I don't care if the box is smaller, but you should have a box that you're in. And in there, you have almost infinite ability to use your imagination. Fifth edition just allows you to go flat out off the fucking rails. Yes, I want a character that uses magic, but the magic comes through the bow, and then the bow bounces off up, but I can also swing the bow like a sword, and I can hide in shadows and fly. No, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the problem, what you're saying is absolutely true, but the problem is more systemic. Fifth edition 
got away from the idea of settings. If you look at all the fifth edition books, there's no more Ravenlofts. There's no more Forgotten Realmses. There, there's, there's, there's no more Dragonlances. There, there's, there's no more uh, Karatur. There's no more Dark Suns. No, they, they've gotten away from, from uh, settings, from grand settings, mm -hmm. because they feel, incorrectly in my opinion, they feel that it constrains the player. But that started in third edition with the third edition thing. It was one of the first things that happened. Started, when yeah, but it's it's culminated. They, they they don't even have books in 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 fifth edition. Any any sure. setting books. None. Well, well, one of the design ideas was when Hasbro or Watsi came in. Sorry, not I don't think it was they were part of Hasbro then. Um, when Watsi came in, is they looked at it and people were saying, "I play Dragonlance. I play right, Homebrew. Right. I play yeah. Dark Sun. Dark Sun was a big one at that time. I can't stand it, but whatever. I don't, I don't like uh, it either. But um, you know, but but they're saying I play these settings. They don't say I play Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And one of their ways of curing that was to allow everybody to do everything. And mm -hmm. now you don't have to worry about well, I can play this over here or that over there. It's all right here. But the thing is, it was a cure for a disease that didn't exist because they're still giving you money. <laughs> As a company point of view, I only buy Planescape books. I only buy Ravenloft books. I only buy Dark Sun books. You're still buying the books from the same company. No, 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 no. We're bringing you all into just D&D. Same amount of people are buying the same amount of books. You're not actually curing a, a problem. You're, you're solving something that's not a problem. I would have to see the marketing on that. I believe you. I'd have to see the marketing on that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're. Well, I don't. I don't think that Wizards of the Coast's motive is a profit motive, which All is right? weird because it's a yeah. freaking company in a capitalist country. Yeah, but so, I don't think I don't think they have a, a true profit motive. I think that their motive is to push a certain type of gaming, um, and and it, it's the first edition that I when I look at it. It's the first edition that I say this is not D and D, all right. And and you know, like M Max had said earlier, it's uh, it's soulless. It has no soul. It has none of the grittiness that first edition AD and D had. It has none of the meaningful choices that it has. Because when you give so much, you know, when you when you give so many uh, options. That's not real choices, though. No, that, uh, every just, option becomes inconsequential because right, there's yeah, so many. Right. There's there's so many yeah. that, that, that you're not really and and since you're almost guaranteed that no matter what your choices won't make a difference in the power, you know, of your character, uh, then it's it's a meaningless choice, mm -hmm. and it's it's just you know the reason why there were restrictions in first edition was that it was forcing the player to make a choice. If you yes. want to be a if you want to be a dwarf character uh, and, and you wanted to have this class, you're going to be limited to ninth level in that class. You know, or or if you're you know if you're if you want to play a human, dwarf, you are not right. going to be able to be a wizard. Exactly. Yes. And if you're if you're playing a human, you're not going to have any other special racial abilities other than the ability to go to maximum level in any class that you're playing. You know, um, and it's more about it's more about I don't want to know. It's not social interaction, because in theory, that means that there's some challenge. Here. It's more about how you feel and 
how you express yourself at the table, and it's less about, you know, killing the orc or killing the bad guy and so right. forth. The, the stories are about how are you the superhero? Like, well, somebody explained it best. Might have even been you on one of your uh, streams. I, I can't remember, but somebody said it, and I, and I had to take this, is that uh, first and second edition, you know, basic first and second edition is zero to hero. Mm -hmm. Third, fourth, and fifth, and especially fifth, is hero to superhero. But where's the yeah. growth? Where's the off the farm? Like for me, I love what's called off the farm games. You've got your pitchfork and your overalls and your farm burned down and you have to figure out how to live. And the wilderness is a, is a naughty, naughty place. How, how is that going to happen? You're not make like, it or you're not, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. But, but the problem is to do, to do stories like that, you have to take away choice. You have to take mm -hmm. away agency from the player. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's the main reason they don't do settings anymore. A lot of people will say, "Oh, they 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 can't do settings because everything becomes the stupid p word that I hate." Problematic for 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 some people mm -hmm. here, some people there. No, no. If mm -hmm. you have an established world, an actual fully fleshed out world setting like we used to have, then you are taking away. By definition, some player agency because some class and race combinations and skill and feat combinations just do not fit <laughs> in the framework of the setting. And for some reason, Wizards of the Coast thinks that's a bad thing. Because because they have the uh you have the uh what was it that Grim called them? The woke scolds coming in. You have you have the yeah. Wesley Crushers. You have the, uh, the these uh, celebrities basically coming in, especially obviously with the critical role in the voice actors and so forth. You have these people coming in with their little, I don't even want to call it Hollywood agendas, with their Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco agendas. And because they all live in that echo chamber world, I'm going to say this again to everybody out there. I would love one of those people to come on this show and argue with me. Oh, I'd tear them up because... There's nothing you can say that, well, is first of all truthful, but also correct, because it's all about feelings, and nobody gives a fuck about your feelings in the real world. And that's what they've done. They've brought the feelings in here. Nobody, I didn't care that Heathen Dog cussed me out earlier. I didn't care that, uh, who's posting on there was like, wow, relax. Look, nobody cares about your feelings. You shouldn't care about my feelings. There is a thing called decorum, but... Yeah, you know, we don't we don't, we don't, we don't punch each other in the face. Fuck off a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing the thing is is you know that's just kind of how guys talk to each other. That's how women talk to each other. That's how friends talk to each other. That's how people at gaming tables sometimes talk to each other without getting violent. We can disagree, but in this one you can't disagree. They're like they're so open minded. You know, it's the old thing we say in the nineties. You're so open minded, you can become closed minded. It's like, but that's the only way to play now. And if you don't play it that way, you get kicked out. You get rejected. You're not rejecting me from shit. Do you see all the books behind me? Not rejected from anybody. I'm just not going to deal with your fucking shenanigans. They, I don't they, care. Yeah, mm -hmm. they actually believe they can kick you kick you out of the hobby. You know, <laughs> it's it's an amazing thing. Like, you know, I so about two weeks ago, I had this this Twitter exchange, which wasn't really, like I didn't even know who the hell this person was, and they came <laughs> out and they said, "You are now kicked out of the hobby." I'm, I'm sitting there. I was like, what the hell is going on? It was actually a, a conversation I was having. And then uh, Venture Satanis actually came in. It was says, hey, Bloodworth, you're out of the hobby. He says, I, I guess that, that's it for you. You might as well pack everything up. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, they really do believe that they 
are a hobby and they can control the hobby, you know, and, and this comes back to, you know, I, and I mean, it is in the, you know, it's in the ivory tower, you know, there are, there are people in Watsi running the place who think that this is true. I mean, Mike Merles was the one that said, get out of the, get out of my hobby. It's not your hobby. Yeah. I guarantee you I was here before you. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, how do you do that? How do you pull that off? Like you, you pointed to all the books behind you. I mean, I could do, you know, I'm in the hobby. You can't get me out of this. I've had this for 40 years. I can play this without any new material from Watsi or any other company. I mean, that, that's the other great thing about these earlier editions. I don't need any supplements. I could have just gone with the three core books and played for the rest of my lifetime with those three core books. That is what the hobby is. They have no control over that. All right. And that's what they can't stand is that they can't control. That's why which they is hate why the, they, yeah. Which is why they're trying to change it. So they're yeah. trying to change it. So it's so different from what you experience and what you know, yeah. what you love that you don't want to be part of it. It's why they hate the OSR. They hate the OSR because the OSR truly has no head. It is so many different companies out there, so many different producers yeah, out there. And, and they will go to every single publisher they possibly can, whether it be Lulu or drive through or this <laughs> or that. And as soon as they try to think, oh, well, we got you kicked off of drive through well, that person just went to Lulu or went to Amazon print on demand or something. Right. There's always another outlet and they can't rein that in. Oh, and the and worst that's what thing. drives them crazy. Yeah, no, the the word the, the the thing that drives them probably even crazier is that everyone that they kick out mm-hmm. of the hobby ends up going to OSR. So they're actually growing their own enemy by by excluding people. Right. Yeah. It's like, but and and that's why I said they don't have a profit motive. They're okay with that. They're okay with having their own little bubble that yeah. we won't be allowed to go into. All right. And and it, it gets it gets back to you know this and we discussed this before you know this this session here they want to create their little bubble we won't be allowed to go into this this is why they don't want to um they don't want us to homebrew uh things to put in they don't want to put things in as part of their homebrew they want it to be in the books, in the official rules, and then they can demand, well, if you don't play by these rules, if you don't have the combat wheelchair and the, you know. Oh, and consent this and in gaming arm, and X card are big ex- ones right exactly. now. Exactly. If yeah. you don't use those because they are now hard written into the rule books. Then you're not that, playing it right. Then you're not playing it right, and you cannot play it in Adventure League. You cannot play it at convention play. You are banned from this here. They don't care how you're playing in your home or on your computer screen or in your local uh, your local gaming store. But even there, they're 
they're trying some local gaming yes. stores are saying, well, if you're playing this, you have to allow for this, this, mm -hmm. this, this, this. So they're trying to control it there. But but let's be honest, local <laughs> gaming stores are barely holding on. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're going to say they're, yes to anything. Yeah. Well, well or, or they're actually they're barely holding on. I mean, they're yeah. they're collapsing all around us. It's true. You it's know, true. Um, there's if you have a local gaming store that's within 20 miles of you, you're probably lucky. You I, I, I have I mean, one that's five miles away. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's like they're disappearing. You know, they, they just cannot, they can't stay open. They're brick and mortar places that are collapsing. Right. You know, now, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. This whole idea, this 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 whole Wizards of the Coast idea of we don't care about making money, we we just we just want to make the narrative mm -hmm. that this is this is going to be self-correcting. They are going to they're they going to correct themselves out of jobs. Because some have the Wizards of the Coast is a company. Mm -hmm. A company requires money. If if you do something that is not conducive to making money, the parent company Hasbro is going to step in. Yeah, and they're going to say, "Hey, guess what? We decided that company should make money today." which means you have to stop driving away customers, you fucking asshat. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I see with as popular as fifth edition is and, and how they can compare to the other editions, I, I don't, personally, I don't see that happening anytime soon. No, it might start to fall into place. I don't know about soon, but it will happen. I, I, I hope so. The I'm other thing is, is like... Smaller and smaller. I, agreed. As we've talked on other streams, it's too late for Dungeons & Dragons. It, it, it is. D Dungeons Dragons is never going to come back. Sure, there are going to be OSR things. We can talk about Beckme, but whether it's 6th edition, 7th edition, 25th edition, Dungeons Dragons, in terms of the spirit and soul of what it actually mm. used to be, is done and over with. You have to go to a different game if that's what you want. It's just, mm -hmm. I, and I never see that coming back. Um, well, I want to... Uh, not if, for not for the Dungeons and Dragons brand itself. Well, for if 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 the if the brand is sold to another company, yeah, but the, the, the can of worms has been opened, and if you consider modern popularity versus old popularity, sure it was the only game in town then. But I mean, the sales are just incredible now. Be again, social media marketing, just the way things are now. It's just part an extension of the way the world has grown. But the point is, I can't see. I can never see somebody coming back in. You know what? We are now going to put back in those race class limitations. We are now going to put in, we're now going to remove tieflings and fucking drow, uh, uh, you know, out of the core handbook. And, and, and I just never see that happening again. Sure, maybe one specific one won't be there, but they're going to add in another animal beast flying acrocore or whatever, cat person, mm -hmm. some bullshit like that. <laughs> you know, it's going to stay as weird as they can make it because it's going to look you know, diverse, but I, but I wanted to focus. I think one of these topics we were supposed to talk about in segment two just isn't going to happen because we're pushing four hours and we still have to get to segment yeah. three. Um, but I do want to make it. And, and just to be clear, DM Bloodworth said this, but I want him to talk about it because I wrote it down, which is uh, in this vein, big companies just don't respect the past. And so what did you mean by that when you said that to us? Well, I, I think that they, I think that Watsi is uh, in particular is uh, looking to destroy the past destroy the bass games destroy the um the reverence for the past games uh and its writers and and including its uh 
you know, its writers, its editors, its uh, it, including its artists, artists in that, you know, how they portrayed, you know, various, you know, individuals uh, in the past. And, and the reason being is that, uh, at least I believe that reason being is that they must destroy anything that we might consider to be better so that we can more easily eat down their mediocrity now, you right. know, consume their mediocre, you know, product, because yeah. I don't think they come anywhere as close to the cadre of writers and artists that TSR had. Well, yeah, um, that's because they had passion. The, yeah. And, and, and it's just, well, you know, look at the art. I, I've, I've said this yeah. before, sorry for interrupting, but look at the art, look at Elmore and Easley and Parkinson. And, and I, I know I'm, I, there are always a couple I miss, but look at, I love Elmore. Remember when we first started today with segment one, I was like, Oh, you can always tell Elmore art, but I loved it. It's yeah. the art nowadays. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Now, some of it's coming back to some degree. Fifth edition's bringing the art back a little bit, but look at the art in third edition. It's God awful caricature crap. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember the art fourth edition, yeah. so I can't talk about it. I think it's cartoony if I remember fifth edition has kind of brought that back, but there's always that one picture. I wish I would have had it next to me, but that one picture from second edition, AD and D right at the beginning of it, where they're hanging up that dragon, where they're where the, the group standing around and they look dirty and harried and so forth. But bam, they got that little baby dragon. Mm. That is dungeons and dragons, not this superhero anime crap. And Krantz, if you find it, and you post it here. I will post a little link to that image that you post in our Discord because I thought it was so perfect. How you know old AD and D versus modern AD and D. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, that that's you were talking like the writing, but the art, it, all everything put together is it. It had a soul, even if chapters didn't sometimes line up properly. Yeah, you need to fix that, but it had a feel. You you felt it as you're reading it. Now it's just mechanics and imagination. Mm. Didn't mean to shut that down again. No, I guess and, I'm good at that today. <laughs> no, no, yeah. that was killing a room. Max yeah, I, I think the other thing is is that, um, I mean, being older than you two, certainly, uh, I remember, I remember the 1980s and going through um, when when the Great Satanic Panic hit, mm -hmm. and you know how the the DND community came together and pushed back on that. All right. You won't have that happen today. They're all scared of their social yeah. media is yeah. getting, Oh, boo they, they would, they would shut it down before they would take that level of uh, criticism and, and, and assault from not just the government. It wasn't just the government that was coming no. at it, but it was, it was other social structures. Yeah. Right. All kinds of socialization was coming. The the moms were coming at it. You know what yep. I'm saying? Oh, oh they as, had, as a mom, the mom I went to yeah, Lutheran school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. There, there was the, mothers and, against D and D. That was the first match. And, and they and they basically <laughs> <laughs> they basically they got through it because the community came together and some of the you know some of the writers of the system came together. And uh, I I wish I could pull it up. Uh, you know, but I, I believe uh, Frank Metzner wrote a, a huge article, you know, in in defending, 
Dungeons and Dragons as you know as a thing, and and there was others too. I mean, you had Ed Greenwood was writing on the topic as well. I mean, it had all kinds of people come together, but really, it was the the gaming community came together and said, "No, this is not as you're portraying it." And they got through, and Dragonlance certainly brought it out through yep. that. I mean, Dragonlance it went over was, the top of Dragonlance was yep. the savior of the hobby, you know, in the mid to, you know, in the mid 1980s through the late eighties, yeah. uh, they may not have survived it if it wasn't for Dragonlance and that popularity and, and, and really the design of the, the, the story of Dragonlance. All right. Which you, you can't separate, you know, Tracy Hickman's, you know, um, inspiration for writing, that that particular story and it is like how could it possibly be this evil you know the spreader of evil if you have a storyline where good is triumphing against evil like you had in Dragonland so it was right. absolutely a savior and so for you know to bring us really up to modern day controversies with Watsi you don't get anything closer than how they shut down the new novel series of Dragonlance. And, and we, we talked about it. that last week. Yeah. Last week and yeah. you couldn't possibly do something so stupid and so wrong as that if you had a true um, respect for the past and a true respect for what those two authors did for this hobby and what they were still no, doing. And, Look at how many changes they right. were willing to make. Yeah. Yeah. No, it the, the whole thing is companies are now so afraid to do something as simple as just take a stand yeah. on something, anything. Someone's going to hate you for it. Mm -hmm. Too bad. You either believe something of your or you don't. If you live your life and you believe in nothing, your life is wasted. Well, and, and the thing is, is if, you, you know, they are taking stands or taking stands for wokeness and so forth. No, see, mm -hmm. that, that, that is that is a stand for nothing. You're actually standing yeah. for shit. Well, you're it's standing for. It's a cowardly for, stand. It's cowardly. It's you're, just saying. You're, you're sitting. It, the opposite of standing. You're, you're, you're sitting. Cowardice is sitting down. Well, the, the, one, the one thing that up. I think that they think they're taking stands for, they don't see it this way, but they're taking stands for postmodernism, neo-Marxism, and intersectionality. Three things That's that I'll tell you right now, I don't agree with. And uh, it's, you know, it's an, it's kind of an all or nothing sum game. By the way, uh, you can look at our, our uh, videos from last week. We actually do talk about that uh, that segment. And Krantz, this is where you and I are going to start to disagree. R.A. Salvatore is one of the people that helped ruin Dungeons & Dragons, in my opinion. Yeah, I know he sold a lot yeah. of books. But with the whole Drow thing, look, yeah. they're, they're good books, but Drow should not be player characters. Ever, ever, ever. They're always evil. The reason there's a book written about Drow, uh, Dritz is because he's the one and only. Yeah. I mean, well, it happened in Dragonlance with the, with Dalimar, you know, like whatever, you know, but he wasn't a drow NPC guy who is, who is different. Well, no, but in, in, in the Dragonlance, he was the drow of the Dragonlance world. He was the only no, no, dark elf. No, no, no. Well, dark elves, dark elves are a big circle. Drows a little circle. I, no, 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 I understand, that big but circle. in the okay, Dragonlance okay. world, drows didn't exist. Mm -hmm. He was, he was the equivalent of that world. 
you you can't be uh i would a, let a somebody play a dark character. elf i would never let somebody play a drow because drow get specific powers they get specific abilities I, I get they're it. not get supposed it. to be I above ground but you, yeah you you can introduce the idea and 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 keep it in the story and keep it away from pcs and still be okay but some people don't understand <laughs> all right i i think i think we've covered we, we've gone through all mm -hmm. the additions there's one, there's one thing yeah. we need to talk about, but I think it's probably too much unless unless while we're getting ready for segment three. Um, the other thing we were supposed to talk about is, you know, your absence and return to the hobby. Can you do that quickly or you want to come back some other time? Um, yeah, I mean, very quickly. Yeah, as I explained, I played, I played tabletop until 1987. So I started in 77, played until 87. Then it kind of waned off a little bit. I went to computer consoles and... Uh, or gaming consoles and computers did that up through the MMO craze. And mm -hmm. then as I started to get, uh, as I started to get kind of unenamored with MMOs and the, the whole play style and, and, and that kind of thing, uh, I did take a look back at, uh, at tabletop RPGs in 2015, um, basically from kind of a, a, a a culture warrior kind of uh, stance that was taken on the Paizo forums uh, where they told me not to look at a particular game. They told everybody, actually, we, we need to, we need to ban the discussion of and, and reading of the Mifrog game, uh, the Mifrog RPG. So being the contrarian that I am, and also being the educator that I am, I like to educate myself and and be the judge of things that you know for myself before I, I de decide that I'm going to ban or boycott or anything like that. I've, I've probably never boycotted anything in my life other than uh, uh, Jane Fonda movies. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, so I took a look at it. And I was like, you know what? This game system is not that, you know, is not what it's being said. And it's certainly not a bad game system. I mean, it certainly could use some, some, some tweaking and stuff like that. But as far as it being a playable game, I found that it was a very playable game. And that is what got me back into, um, you know, playing tabletop games again and, and really the OSR is what really brought me back in. And then that sparked my desire to get all of the older stuff again. And I've, you know, spent thousands of dollars probably just rebuilding my collection and getting back into the hobby uh, to a level that I wasn't at, obviously, when I was a teenager and, you know, even a late teenager. Uh, I think I'm at a much higher level of interest in the in the hobby itself than I was back then, and um, you know, so that's it. I mean, it, it's been a long journey. I've had as much of a time in uh, in in computer RPGs, you know, and I could spend I could spend a long time talking about those as well, because uh, especially MMOs, I played dozens upon dozens of them um but uh but yeah i i mean just my my story and my evolution as a an rpg gamer you know has has spanned 
you know, what I consider to be this 40 year time frame. And, um, you know, so I mean, that, that, that's basically it is as far as cool. that's, you know, right. goes. Right. Well, I, I agree. I, I like everything yeah. you said, except the Jane Fonda thing. I understand. <laughs> I understand why, but I saw Barbarella too early. <laughs> and it's just, it's just well, in my heart. It's just in my heart. <laughs> I know yeah. my, my, my dad, after he came back from Vietnam, when he was still alive, he was not a fan of her at all. Oh, no, no. I, like I said, I get it, but that, that, that movie got her, got, got her, in, well, maybe a little lower, but got, got no. her in here. No. I, I think it was the, the, the other movie that I, I actually, the electric horseman was probably okay. the last thing that I saw her in. And um, back when it first released, you know, so I don't know even when that was. Um, but, yeah, w once I entered the military and came out, there was no way I could watch her movies again. So, uh, you know, that was just a, a personal thing. And like I said, probably the only person I've ever boycotted um, is just her it. stuff. But uh, other than that, I, I mean, it's just uh, as far as the hobby is concerned, I think the other thing I, I will finish off with is that uh, we were diverse as hell back then. I mean, that's the other thing. that That's the one thing that drives me nuts is when they try to say, oh, the hobby wasn't as diverse back then. I, you know, I, I will go through my own personal experience again. And, and, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it wasn't taking place. Listen, my my gaming group was all male all right obviously all male all right uh, there just weren't that many girls playing role playing games back then did we keep them out on purpose no they just weren't you know we were the geeks we were in you know we were in middle school and or junior high and high school. They, they were not coming to play at our games you know they we were not the in crowd all right, my my gaming group was was an Indian Hindu from India, all right, a, a Chinese boy, a Puerto Rican, myself, very much a mutt, and and a Jewish kid, all right. So we we span the entire you know spectrum, spectrum. of yeah. yeah. I mean, we we had you know virtually everything that that you would do. We just were all boys. We were all nerds. We were all you know. Uh, we played every day, you know, um, probably six days a week. And there was no, you can't come into my game. You can't, you know, come to my house and play. If you wanted to play, you were welcome to. And I had the same experience at the gaming shop and everything like that. There was nothing keeping anyone out. The only thing keeping anyone out was if they didn't want to come in. Yeah. All right. If they yeah. didn't want to associate, oh well, that that's a whole bunch of nerds, or that's you know that that place is you know um, <laughs> you know that place is creepy because the first time I brought my wife into a hobby shop, she was like, oh, "Don't ever bring me into there again." It was creepy as hell, you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, all right, I, I get it," you know. Um, you know, it, it's just not a, a well, thing. That, that's weird because before yeah. I joined the Air Force, yeah. I actually had usually half my table was girls. Usually yeah. they were the, the thespians or the the drama girls, you right. know, from the drama yeah. classes, so yeah. forth. But um, it was after it was after I grew up 
you know, and joined yeah. the, joined the Air Force. That all mm-hmm. of a sudden, then we did. Did we ever? We never had a girl at our table. No, no we didn't have a girl. Oh, at Tracy, our table. Tracy played oh, for a little bit. Yeah, she played, that, she played yeah. for a little while. She played for a little. While. But yeah. see, un, until Twitter told me that gatekeeping was a thing, I didn't think gatekeeping was a thing. No, <laughs> <laughs> unless you unless know. you were an asshole or absolutely yeah, disruptive yeah. at the table. No, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I, I, I will be honest. I played with more more girls uh, or women uh, in uh, in MMOs. Mm-hmm. All right? right, they seem to be much more in MMOs. Yeah. And and again, running things. I've had more guild masters that were you know in MMOs because that's a thing in in MMOs that's a little different than uh, tabletop. Right. Is that you actually run in guilds and guilds have a a structure and everything like mm-hmm. that and oftentimes female players i prefer i will say this i prefer female players because of how their perspective is different uh than male players i like to have that female perspective yeah. because they don't they, fight against my damn stories yeah <laughs> well, they, they just they just have a different approach that it, you know i will admit is refreshing it's nice to i i i didn't think of it this way you know so that's that's pretty cool. They always have a, a different, you know, they just add a different thing to it. They add, so, they add an extra dynamic. That's refreshing. yes, that yeah. that's refreshing. And right. but I've never seen anyone or heard anyone say, "Oh no, that girl can't come to our table." What? It was like it just didn't happen. You know, it, it's just always welcoming. Sh- so, Shadzar was the East Common Tunnels. <laughs> all right. Okay, so yeah. we are now going to get into the uh, question and answer period here. I've Segment three. I, I went ahead and uh, invited uh, th- through the invite into chat. Anyone who wants to come in, you want to talk about anything we've spoken about today. Uh, basic D&D, first edition, second edition, third, fourth, fifth, gatekeeping. Uh, the Mac, the, Mac uh, screaming at everybody. The future of Watsy. <laughs> uh, whether I was right or wrong to, to tell Schlo to shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're I probably want, always I want, right. I want to vote in chat. <laughs> that was that was segment one, though, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah. I oh, did oh did did, uh, did we send the link out? I oh, did. did. Okay, good, good. And if you have any questions for Dion Bloodworth about his games, mm-hmm. about his website, about his uh, his experiences, uh, yeah, I can show them um, again. I just got done showing them, but I'll show them again. D- d- does he have a okay. dichotomy in his soul about Jane Fonda? <laughs> big head little no, head like i, I, I am I, no i i Man, i, I have a no big dichotomy, head, dichotomy all yeah. right I, I i admit but i'm a grown human man i can hold two different thoughts on my head at the same time <laughs> yeah sinusophilus was saying that there were good drow in one or a good intended drow in one of the uh adventures and i would say that's a bad adventure Fair enough. yeah i'm bouncing back and forth here um drow are monsters uh, if they're good, in a minute, and if they're he good, gave us a little more information than we needed to know. Mm-hmm. Just that I mean, I'll be here in a minute would have probably been good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I don't care where people watch us. Uh, well, no, yeah, no. I, care where, I care where people talk to me from. <laughs> <laughs> so as I say, <laughs> oops, sorry. <laughs> um, but no, it's good. And God dang it, I closed them out instead of. That's fine. <laughs> I'll get him back up in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I meant to just 
get it off the screen. See, this happens mm-hmm. to me. I've I've, yeah. I've kicked myself off the stream before. Yes, he's pushing <laughs> the wrong button, and I'm the only one here. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, no, what I'm saying is that the whole, the drow thing, like uh, good intended drow, are still drow that are scared for their lives because Loth is about to eat them or turn them into driders. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there there is some sort of mechanation going on there. Good intended might be like, hey, let's get into your good graces for a second, so you help me out, and then we'll kill you later. Um, drow, are, God is watching, and God yeah. is going to turn me into a monster or just plain out turn me into salsa. Right. Um, the thing, the thing about as we've talked about, and, and we're blabbing here, we'll wait for people to click the link and come on in, um, is that demi-humans are stereotypes. They're stereotype tropes. They're not based on real-world people, but they're stereotype tropes. Elves are fake mm-hmm. creatures that love nature and so forth. Dwarves are stubborn miners. Uh, drow are just evil sycophants. Or, or, or sadistic. They're sadistic, I think, is the better term for it. They, you know, they're, they're almost your Hellraiser Cenobite to some degree. They love the mm-hmm. pleasure of pain. It's just who they are. <laughs> Obviously, in the Monster Man, Dean wants to offer Drow as an archetype, as an antagonist, so naturally, like the orcs, they're going to offer you that. Fit. Well, that's what they are. You know, they're, they are stereotypes. They're literally stereotypes. All demi-humans are stereotypes. That doesn't mean they don't have uh, individual minds at all. But human, the human stereotype is diversity. That's the conundrum: is the human stereotype is diversity, versatility, and so forth. We're the ones that, you know, uh, if you saw the segment one where it said in there that dwarves and elves don't like each other, we're the ones that bridge that gap. We're the ones that, you know, understand the elves because the dwarves are too stubborn to. We're the ones that understand the dwarves because the elves are just like, whatever, dwarves. Um, all right, we have Nerdy Ogre here. Yep. Okay, Nerdy yeah. Ogre. How many times do we have to drink today for saying, uh, for, well, Heathen Dog saying Palladium I, I, and me saying I my word? I from the P word. <laughs> I think you oh. said problematic at least once. No, 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 no. Oh, hey, hey, guys. Yes. Hey. What's going on? Hey, how's it so, going? So I, I have a question. Do y'all think that good and evil is genetically disposi- uh, disposition? I don't know if I said that right. With with if the you... with these races. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's biological essentialism. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. uh, orcs, tr- orcs, uh, kobolds. Uh, trolls, troglodytes, whatever they—they are—they are evil by by any uh, human uh, definition. Player, player character races definition. They are—they are—they are born that way. It is their instinct. Yeah, I I'll, have a, actually I'll have a video. But, but, so, so just I have a video on that that you can watch. Um, it's a couple years old that actually talks about that deeper. Sorry. Go yeah. Go ahead, Dean Bloodworth. I was going to say the reason why is uh, if, if you go to the fiction of their creation Mm -hmm. they were created to be evil all right and and so that becomes that that's not just a divine it's a divine guidance of their biology that they are evil uh that's why they're they were you know it's it's so ingrained in them that any anomaly all right that comes that comes from them they will look to destroy or their god will destroy it, like you were talking about. You know, Loth will kill or turn into, you know, a- any you know good natured um, drow. drow. She'll destroy them. Um, why do why do orcs reject half orcs? Because they are not a orcs. yeah, they're not orcs. They they have lost 
a bit of their mm -hmm. divine uh, structure, all right, of, of being of being this this evil conqueror, you know, that will enslave and and even you know uh, devour. I don't call it cannibalize because they're not, you know, they're not, you know, eating other orcs. Although that although uh, they're probably. Wouldn't put it past them. Oh, yeah, wouldn't put it past them either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but they, they were designed to be evil. If you even like so same thing with Lolf. Lolf created the race to, Co to well, corrupt corrupted the elves. Yeah, yeah, she corrupted the elves, all right, in response to uh the what the other elven deities had done. Uh Gruam she created the hatred of that the orcs would hold towards elves in particular because of his own you know dealings with the uh what what the elven deities it was all a response if you go to tolkien's writing orcs are twisted elves they're the twisted spirits of elves and they were they were designed to be an affront upon all that is good and all so you cannot say, well, they're not genetically disposed. No, they are genetically disposed. They were by divine. I'm not using the right word for it. It's not by divine, uh, by design, you know, um, they're, they're to be evil. Well, I, I've always said that they're either created by their maker mm -hmm. to have the genetic makeup, whether you look at that as, as a, as I created you, therefore you are, or you just look at it into the genetic code mm -hmm. of the uh, of the creature. We'll get Bruce here in a minute. Um, uh, either way, it is preordained into him. Now, does that mean one can't break away? Sure, you can have an orc break away from that. Chances are 99,999 times out of 100,000, that orc is going to be killed before it can get away. By somebody. Right. No, no, By not him. even just well, the other well, I was going to get to, I was gonna get to that in a second. But yeah. the, the the first human he sees and tries to say hello, here's some flowers, <laughs> is gonna murder him before he gets three words out. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and if not, out. he's gonna have one hell of a cell to try to convince oh, that yeah, he yeah. can walk in a city, um, that he can, you know, whatever. So no, no, that that is in Dungeons and Dragons and in Tolkien, the the elves were created differently, but similarly, uh, you know, we're not talking any other system here. I mean, I think Palladium allows uh uh, uh or ogres right isn't ogres in palladium i know earth dawn allows orcs trolls and, yeah. and so forth the, the the point the point being is in a different system i'm not arguing that it could never happen in a different system i'm saying in dungeons and dragons specifically D D. right mm -hmm. that no an orc should not be a happy player character yeah the, the, uh <laughs> All, all of the evil races were made to be absolutes. They, they, they were made to be concepts of evil, not, not, you know, poor individuals who just grew up on the wrong side of the track or whatever. <laughs> Nothing like that. They, they, they are, are the avatars of evil. Yes. They are the avatars of evil. Yes. 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 Exactly. Some right. degree. Yep. Yes. And right, thank any, you very much else? Ogre, for coming on. We really appreciate oh, no problem. it. No, that's, that, that was it. Cause I was always, uh, I was curious is, is if that was what y'all were getting at, is that yep. it is genetically ingrained. Yeah. By, yeah, by and, and the term to use now is biological essentialism. The SJWs love it when you say that term. <laughs> so, all right, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boot you out, but thank you very much for being here. Good all right. question. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's get Bruce in here.
Hey, Bruce, how are you doing today? Look at all those paintings. I know, right? Hey, guys, how are you doing? Hey, I'm wonderfully. How are you? It's been a great Sunday. I've had a chance to listen to you since the start of this cast, and Ooh, I wow. I love having Dean Bloodworth here. He is a <laughs> bad MF, okay? He's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, got a question for Stroke you. Stroke a little bit. If, if you guys, and I understand <laughs> a lot of us, we grew up on Second Ed. We we did the, the, the Second Edition Dungeons & Dragons thing. And then at Third Ed, there was this huge schism. And I kind of talked about this in a, a video a while back, but it was like there was a bunch of money that came in and it became really corporatized. And things well, happened. Watsy had all that money from uh, from Magic the Gathering, so yeah. TSR was barely making it at any of its stages. I mean, even when it was quote-unquote profitable, which I don't think it ever was. I mean, if you look at how Gygax got you know kicked out of his own country, basically, and then Williamson did all the shenanigans she did, I mean... No, at every turn, they they did whatever they could to run that company into the ground. So Watsy had money. That, at least that's the way I see it. I mean, uh, if you guys know more or speak better to that, go ahead. Well, I remember Gygix went over to Hollywood, and he tried selling a lot of different ways for D&D to be put on a screen, silver screen. Mm -hmm. and, and that was when he came back, and he had just done an inking deal with Marvel Cartoons. And we had the D&D Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of being pushed out of the company by then. And so he kind of started doing his his thing more succinctly. And we got legendary games out of that, but legendary adventures. But he uh, that, that was a few years before what I was talking about. But yeah, Lorraine, she wouldn't let anybody play games at all. Was oh, it Lorraine? I, I keep saying Marianne, don't I? That, I that's yeah. the chick that was running for president. Yeah. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. I've been saying that the entire stream, too. Nobody corrected me. What's wrong with you guys? It, it's okay, <laughs> man. It's okay. you got to be wrong about something. Wait, uh, wait, wait, ban him. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, man, it's, it's like that, that thing where, where like, in, in the 2000s, the Watsy had all that cash. They corporatized her hobby. And the only good thing to come out of it was the OGL which that fed into the OSR mm -hmm. because people were now able to play the games they wanted to play without having to deal with feats and with the, the traits that later came out of Pathfinder in 2010. They could just run their old basic style games. Yep. And I love the fact that you guys always talk to people about this. You guys kind of do a mini history lesson in every live stream, and I hope you never stop this. Because you always go back with your guests and you talk with them. What were you doing in the 70s? Were you alive then? Were you playing? What was it like to game in the 80s? What was it like to game in the 90s? Tell us about, you know, your time with second edition or first edition. And you do that. I'm going to grill you, Max, on fucking rule cyclopedia. <laughs> the rule cyclopedia and the Beckney. I'm going to tell you, you uh -oh. should check that out as hard as you can. Because that is one of the best things to come out of TSR's entire warehouse. Well, well, looking at the uh, rule cyclopedia again, I never got into basic. So the little bit that I have with basic was just, it was just before my time. That's really the, the extent of that. <coughs> Excuse me. I shouldn't be doing that. Good I have button. a cough button right there. But, um, uh, as far as uh, the Beckney stuff, thanks to DM Bloodworth being on our show, I, yes, I got it and I started looking at it and I'm like, Oh, this is actually pretty darn good. I can't say I would run it. 
and and it's not anything against the game. It's just I have three core games that I kind of run now as my my fantasy, or, or that I would consider running now as my fantasy, as, as we've talked about on other streams here. Uh, Forbidden Lands, Astonishing Swordsmen, Sorcerers, Hyperborea, and Castles and Crusades. Those are the three that kind of just speak to me the most. But Castles this is something is badass. This is something, and they have the eighth edition Kickstarter, which I don't have up uh, anymore. But uh, it's they're kickstarting at their eighth edition. Um, I was going to say this earlier, not for oh, God damn it, I forgot for the fourth time. I forgot what <laughs> it was. Um, it was it was talking about. Oh, I don't need as if you look behind me. I've said this before on other streams. I don't need any other games. Yeah. And Heathen Dog doesn't have nearly as many as I have, but he doesn't need any other games. He has the games that he needs to play. Yeah. Half of them from me because <laughs> of Legion of Myth. Uh, but uh, but hey. the, the thing is, is I still want to support people I enjoy. Do I need Forbidden Lands? Not at hey. all. But I like Free League Publishing. They're a great company. I can't stand Simbaroom. Somebody was talking about Simbaroom earlier. I love the history. I love the art. I love the game. It's everything except for the system. Don't like the system at all. But hey, you know what? If people like it, play it. But my, my point being is I don't need anything else, but I will continue to spend my money Unlike a lot of the SJWs who don't spend their money, I will continue to spend my money on product that I enjoy. If you don't make SJW type content, I will give you my money. If you do, I will not. That's why I back Castles and Crusades, why I back Worlds Without Number, why I continue, although I always get a little nervous about them because they're a Swedish company, why I continue to back Forbidden Lands or, or Year Zero games, why I back Twilight 2000. I remember playing that game back in the 80s. Loved oh, it then. One game. I always played Russian officer because, you know, I speak Russian. But uh, uh, anyway, as long as I, I'm not going to buy it. Now, here's the flip side of that. I've run into the situation recently where everybody wants me to talk about their stuff or buy their stuff and so forth. To be fair to you, Bruce, I was on your stream yesterday. I don't watch streams like that. You're not going to get me to watch a lot of streams like that just because I don't enjoy them. I don't enjoy watching other people play the game. Sure. However, I love your commentary streams. I guarantee you I will watch those. Um, I don't watch Bloodworst video game streams. I don't have the time for it. You know, we all have to pick and choose what to do with our time, right? 24 so, hours a day. That's all we get. Yeah. Exactly. I had a chief tell me one time, 26 goddamn hours in the day, you find the other two. Fuck that chief. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the point that I make is I can't, we can't talk about every game. You know, Heathen Dog and I talk about like, what's the next game we're going to do? Because next week he's going to do a Palladium thing again. Uh, and then I'm going to go into the Tristat system, but I can't do Lamentations of the of the Flame Princess. I can't do Osric. I can't. I just don't have the time. And to be honest with you, I just don't care at this point. And there are other good channels out there that do it. So we're going to focus a little more. So if I ever tell, and I'm saying this intentionally, because if I ever tell you, no, I'm not going to watch your stream or I'm not going to play your game or whatever, it isn't because I don't like you. I'll tell you that if it is the case, it is because I literally don't have the time. Yeah, I, I totally get it. And I really appreciated you just jumping in yesterday. That lady is a quote unquote person. Oh, he apologized earlier. Were you there for that? He he was he was sorry he kicked someone out of your out of your group. It, I, I saw that and it didn't she's a very sensitive person, and I wonder why she even tries to play with me because she knows who I am. She's been at my table before for over a year back when I lived in that that region of the states. And I don't know why she's at the table, but if she enjoys her game, she enjoys it. But the fact that if like you, you pick and choose what you can get offended by, that was pretty tame. 
I thought that was really tame, you know I mean? Like, I, you had me rolling. When you were talking about in character how these people are trying to roll their wheelchairs through a dungeon, you had me rolling. Yeah. I was like, at first I was like, oh my God, is this guy, what is he doing? He's talking about the fucking wheelchair. I'm like, God damn it. And then I listened, because I'm playing Conan Exiles at the same time, and I'm like, I started listening. I was like, no, he's actually... He's actually putting in a new character context of these people dying or getting in trouble in a dungeon because they're trying to roll their wheelchairs over traps and upstairs and so forth. And it wasn't working for them. I'm like, okay, gay, I, I'm happy. So I just made the little OSHA comment just, just to put something out there. And she uh, she was already upset about well, something yeah, she, that she, wasn't she even was our fault. already brewing for a while. Yeah, she, she, she was just trying to escape, I guess. And she's one of these people that she might read certain websites that I always make fun of, like Polygon or Kotaku or io9, whatever that garbage is. So I mean, <laughs> she's already not really feeding her brain with good constructive material. And she hears that. If she comes back, she comes back. If not, you know, she's still on my Discord. She's still I I still have to send her a Christmas card, okay? But it, 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 I'm not gonna be upset if she doesn't return. Now if you guys know of any other players that are looking for a Pathfinder first edition game <laughs> that mainly follows the core rulebook and Unchained, let me know. But well, you you posted in in our Discord. You're welcome to do that again. You also posted the link for people to go to your Discord. I hope they do. I haven't clicked on it yet, but I still see the link there. Uh, Discord's another one. We we're we're horrible at social media. We just don't like it. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Discords total. That's it. And I've been using this since it was in beta. Like we've been using this since 2014. I have eight discords total. I love it's discord. Not, I really I, do. I, absolutely same here. Compared to all the other ones, same here. The uh yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anybody leave your game, whether it's because of something I typed or because of you know weirdness like that. But at some point, learn to take a joke. Yeah. Learn, you know, learn, learn to understand that, that, you know, these are games at a table. And the thing was, is it was contextual. is isn't like you were saying some sort of alien was coming in and, you know, pick news event of the day, uh, whatever, you know, talking about some election or, you know, whatever. No, you were picking something that's in the RPG sphere. And, uh, you know, we have a guest on here, so I'm gonna let Bloodworth talk because I've been talking for <laughs> a little sure. bit. All right. Um, I forgot well, the question. Yeah, I, I forgot the question too. But uh, one thing that you brought up, you brought up the uh, the rule cyclopedia, and and I was going to um, make a comment on that is that the rules the rule cyclopedia is a compilation of everything that is in Beckme, plus some of the optional rules and everything like that. The rule cyclopedia is probably the best volume to have if you are looking to run a Beckby campaign because it does have okay. everything in one place. It is not, however, the best to introduce new players mm. to. And that's Beckby specifically what we were talking about today. Playing, right. Um, and, and, and the reason I say that is because I don't like to give the players everything that their characters can become at the very beginning. You know what I'm saying? I like them to to slowly gain knowledge about where their characters can become because if you just give them back me, they'll start asking you, "Well, how come I have to wait until 5th level to specialize? Or how come I have to wait until this or that? Can't we just have it now? I'd rather them not know about it." Mm -hmm. Right? And then say, "Hey, you're 5th level now. You have an option to become 
the, like to move towards this, or you have an option now to pick up that, or I think it's at ninth level, at ninth level, of, uh, if I'm remembering, a uh, a magic user can become a druid at ninth okay. level. All right. If they know about that, they're going to be asking, well, why can't I just start as a druid and go through levels one through, you know, that and, and have to wait until that. I'd rather them learn the game mm -hmm. step by step through these level bands, which is what Beckme does very, very well. Um, and, and just walk them through it that way. When, when I was writing, adventures because i only write adventures that's the other thing I, I didn't mention was that you know from the time that i was uh you know 11 or 12 years old uh starting to play dungeons and dragons i always wrote my own adventures never mm -hmm. very very rarely used any of the uh the official modules for it and uh, with with Beckme, what I like about it is that uh, I actually went and I printed out the basically the monster manuals for each of them. You know, so I have them kind of tabbed up here, and I have each of the books here. And so writing, I could actually look and see. Well, these are for that level band. These are the potential um, opposition that they could be facing. And, and just help kind of tailor it. And then I'll look at a few in the next booklet to see, well, what can I really throw at them to challenge them if I need to? But the real genius behind, and, I'm, and I will say it, it is absolute genius behind, is that idea of level banding that they do here uh, with Beckme that you won't get from using any other uh, type of a game system. I, I, I was one of the first things I was kind of astonished by it uh, when I first read it. And I absolutely, I was like, yep, I, I may use it for, may steal the idea for uh, for the game that I'm writing, which probably will never come out at this point because I haven't written in over a month. But uh, all right, uh, I got to tell you guys, it's 1040 p.m. here in Germany. I work yeah. in the morning. So uh, uh, unless anybody else is going to jump in, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the uh, invite link out one more time. I don't want to tell anybody you can't come in. So I'm going to put the invite link out one more time. If somebody takes us bring me on. Oh, yep, not a problem. Yeah. I'm, Bruce, did, uh, is there anything else? No, that, that's basically it. You you said you wanted to talk about or didn't want to talk about Planescape. It's utter shit. And there's a <laughs> lot about Planescape I don't like. There's about seventy percent of it I hate. Yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. it I I think I know what you're going to say that uh, mm -hmm. that it it really helped define the planes and and kind of flesh them out in a way that I think they did better than the original manual of the planes the first edition disagree of disagree completely and the reason i disagree is because i think the manual of the planes uh, didn't i post this to you blood where there's just somebody else where i actually said the manual of the planes is a perfect balance between not giving you too much information but giving you the tone of it where the game master can now make the plane the way he or she feels like it should be it's got the creatures it says this is basically how it looks and feels and acts done it yeah. did. It did. It, you know. It didn't have to go into any more with like each book or each plane had its own book and so forth. Now for the lazy game master, well, I just didn't like the way. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't like the way they were defined because I honestly, when I read about half of those uh, plane books uh, or chapters or whatever they were, I disagreed with how they were written. I just they they were written. Meh. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, okay. well, I mean, I, I more agree with you on that heathen dog. 
the the manual planes didn't go into it enough for me because when I was reading it, I was only about 20 or 25, and I hadn't really delved out of traditional Tolkien-esque fantasy. And so that's why I liked Planescape. What I didn't like about Planescape was that it felt too much like we're trying to get back our buying demographic from the mage and uh, D10 world, uh, the, the vampire <laughs> vampire uh, game system that had taken all the shelf space in all the small towns and small town game stores. And you had that. But it was it was good for the fact that it did give you some ideas about the worlds and or the, the planes and such. And it gave you like what spells would not be useful worth a shit. Yes, that was good. That was good. Spells that work better, work worse, don't work at all. That's in the manual of the planes too. But to be fair, the manual of the planes is first edition too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I at the time we had a lot of people that were around that said first edition is completely different than second ed. And you read it and you think this isn't really that different. No, 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 it's completely different. Don't you understand? <laughs> we would always hear that at the game stores. But I, I didn't learn about nuance and that people's opinions are like assholes. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. trees, okay. Mm. And so for for what it was, and the other thing about Planescape was it brought more monsters made more monsters available and canonized into the game. And I did like that. But no, I agree with you. I don't like Planescape nearly that much. And, and Spelljammer I just used for exactly that. The deck plans are different ships. We're going sailing. Oh, d different worlds? No, on this ocean. Fuck. <laughs> Come on, the Souljammer was the best thing ever. You could take a body, throw it in there, and it would like just dissolve the person and then power the ship. Tell me that wasn't awesome. We got uh, these kids in wheelchairs. We're ready to go. Oh, God. Where are you going to crawl to? Nah. Right. Anyway, uh, well, no, actually, no, that would be two furnaces because you could, there's the furnace that ate magic items also. Look at that. Two and one. Oh, we could do two that. For, two for All right. All right. Thank you, Bruce, right. for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, and Bruce, are you, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you sometime in the future here as soon as we got some time and uh, we'll see if we get you on the show like we did uh, Bloodworth and so forth. We just got to figure out topics and we, we are kind of set for like the next month or two at least, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk. But you're welcome, segment three, anytime. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yep, have a good one. Good night. All right, take care. All right. All right. So uh, um, nobody else is jumping in, so I think we can uh, end this. Okay. So thank you uh, so much, guys. It was a real well, pleasure. You. And, it was good. Uh, we, we learned a lot. Yeah. It and didn't. I it, love learning about stuff I think I know about. Yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't feel like four four hours and forty five minutes. I know, oh, right? Your, your wife will say it. Dude. Yeah, um, no, my, my <laughs> wife. My wife will kill me. I've heard that the garage opened up twice. That's kind of like the signal that. Uh, although my daughter probably just got home from work, so it's probably almost dinner time. So I will yeah. be heading out anyway. Well, I would like, uh, so if you guys have liked watching this, if you like us to get more guests on and so forth, please subscribe. By the way, we are catching up to 2,000 subscribers soon. Um, Ooh, nice. we, said we, we said we were going to do a giveaway when we got to 2,000 2, subscribers. I have no clue how to do a YouTube giveaway. I know how to do one on Twitch. I have no clue how to do one on YouTube. So we're going oh, to figure that out. Oh, YouTube is easy. You can go to, uh, you do random, random poster, like just Google it. It's okay. random, random uh, posts on YouTube. And you can filter out multiple, like, so if they commented on the actual giveaway video that you post, mm -hmm. it will then, it will sort out multiple comments. So it'll be unique comments, and then it'll pick a name from that. I All just right, did if, giveaways myself, so. If I can't well, find that, I might send you a yeah, direct message. Sure.
We we, we, we need a hundred thousand. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give away a gaming computer. <laughs> Again, another one. You gave I, out to I, one to Twitch people, and now you're gonna give one out to YouTube people. Well, I would have given out to Twitch people, but we never hit that goal. We were one month shy. Yeah, it's it's actually random comment picker YouTube. Okay, random you, comment picker. Let me write that down. Yeah, random yeah. comment, not condom. Comment. <laughs> Got a bad idea, by the way. Bad idea. Never have your condom be random. Your condoms should always be purposeful. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to cough again. Yeah. Let's go through. So we'll give you a final word here in just a moment, uh, Dan Bloodworth. Uh, in the meantime, I've got to uh, put up. Oh, what do stuff. I have to put? Yeah, all of our stuff. First of all, we want to thank everybody who's here. We want to thank our monetary backers. We got a super chat today from Bruce Lombardo. Thank you very much for that super chat. Absolutely do appreciate that. We got some gift subscriptions from Crafty Matt Craft again. Maybe he was the one that put the uh, picture in Discord. I thought it was Cat Krantz, but I don't know. Either way. Um, I want to find that picture again. I can't that find it. 15 total. Yeah, yes, that's so that's awesome. Thank you very much. Look, guys, uh, we thank everybody who's here, but you know, you got it's COVID time, and and uh, not only that, but uh, you can watch whatever you want. You guys gave us money and you watched. That's freaking awesome. We we can't say anything less about that than uh, monetary backers are Twitch subscribers, YouTube members, subscribers are backers, cheers bits, donations, and super chats, which I've never added to this because I think that's our first one. It is. Um, uh, want to thank our awesome viewers, people who follow us on Twitch, people who subscribe to us on YouTube, and to all of our chatters and lurkers. Spectrofire didn't even lurk so much to give us one chat right at the end. That was weird. Uh, anyway, also, if you don't want to give money to us, hey, we appreciate money to the Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, you know, give money to those who have sacrificed in line of duty. Also, oh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. If you don't want to give money to us, first stop, think again. <laughs> and then if you come to the same conclusion, fine, the Wounded Warriors, whatever. But make make sure to have that stop disconnect first. Always use the Bella Delphine. Is that the one with the bathwater already in them? And no, then... no. Belle Delphine is a thought. She uh, she has her own line of condoms now, and oh, it's, does she? <laughs> it's disgraceful to humanity and uh, the universe in general. See, I don't follow thoughts that closely. I barely knew the bathwater thing. Anyway, I think that was her. But to... <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, lastly, friends of the channel, if you're watching on Twitch, you can actually hover over the screen, see friends of our channel. Please give them a follow and say, hey, Legion of Myth sent you. Always, always do that. Just spam them. No, don't spam anybody, but just tell them Legion of Myth is amazing. You know who's also amazing? DM Bloodworth. Check out his channel, which uh, we've posted a couple times today. I don't have up now because I'm a horrible, horrible person. Um, if Heathen Dog can get that and put that in uh, I'm, chat, that I'm be on great. a child account. I can't pull up a YouTube page that's not kid friendly 100%. Fine. I will get it again. <laughs> I told you this, this, this new thing I haven't completely set up. It, it's my son's school computer. He's eight. So there are all the restrictions. I'm surprised I could open stream yards. Yeah. Well, you have to stream for school. So, uh, yeah. unscripted unchained. Let's go to the one that actually has the cool looking link in there. Boom. See, and I'm going to put that in the chat one last time. Please give him a follow and get his channel to grow even more. Pretty soon that little graph will pass us and I'll cry. But until then, hey, we're neck and neck. <laughs> it's healthy competition, right? Yes, <laughs> so, that's right. Tired of fire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Please share this stream and this video. Well, you're not going to see this video on YouTube later, but you know, because this part gets cut out. Uh, by the way, DM Bloodworth, you will get a copy of the entire stream to do whatever you want with. We put ours behind a paywall. You are under no such restriction. Um, 
Let's see, what else do we want to talk about? I don't have the schedule anymore, thank God. Oh, our links. That's our Discord link. Check us out on Discord. And it looks like Ogre Cyber, Cyber Knight did, but I can't... Yeah. Wasn't on long enough for me to give him a roll. So he'll have to come back to get a roll later. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you can check out our website, which I think I'm a couple weeks behind on. Again, it just happens. I'll get that all uh, up to speed here soon. You can follow us on Parler and Twitter. I prefer Parler, but you know, I get it. More people use Twitter. I prefer neither, to be honest with you. But you know, we got to communicate and get our face out there somehow, right? Oh, um, Dan Bloodworth, how can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I am at Twitter. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what the handle over there. I think it is at Bloodwolf, but I will double check. Uh, it could be at Bloodworth. Um, <laughs> I, I, I never tweet myself. So did you want to fold your channel into ours and just come on a legion of myth the the, the, the no uh, it is it is at no blood wolf, so that is that is at <laughs> and blood wolf so blood wolf is b-l-u-d-d wolf w-o-l-f there you go um i think i'm parlor it's I, i'm not great at these uh at these things anyway See, we don't um, feel so bad anymore. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not that. I have a parlor account, but like only like seventy people know me there. Uh, Twitter, I'm just about at three hundred uh, followers. Uh, I do I do practice reciprocity. That's something I didn't mention all along the way. So if you do follow my uh, my YouTube account, uh, my YouTube channel, I always follow back. And uh, same thing with Twitter. I I like to keep. Uh, you know, a balance. So if you do find me at Twitter, uh, I will follow back unless you're a total maniac and I don't want you there. Uh, but, but for the most part, uh, you know, I do, you know, practice reciprocity firm belief. Yeah, with, with Twitter, we're kind of the same. Actually, we follow a lot more than, than follow us, but that was because we used to do the whole anime comics and games thing. So, uh, yeah. So anytime there's a comic book writer, I'd have to follow him. I mean, he didn't dog do so I'm talking about this one yeah, for sure. Yeah, but on a, a, on a, and, and a couple of them blocked us because, uh, yeah. <laughs> bad reviews. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have nice things to say. Uh, on on yeah. the YouTube side, we do not practice reciprocity because a lot of the people who follow us are big political channels, and will I only follow people that are about anime, comics, or games. If your channel yeah. is mostly politics, I'm not going to follow you back. Yeah, well, I don't have any of that really. I I have mostly mostly just gamers following me on uh, on YouTube, and you know, oh, yeah. I'm I'm like I'm probably like the first subscriber to about 200 websites, you know, 200 uh, YouTube channels. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, I just follow back and the way if they put something up, they do. And if they don't, uh, they're still there. So I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. The, the pro the problem with us just came in the fact of, uh, uh with, with a lot of the, uh, single you know not having yeah. followers and subscribers and so forth we were trying to do again we were anime comics games i had to research everything <laughs> like yeah. they would research their segment but after the fact i'd have to research all the people involved and so forth they became a oh, pain wow. in the butt but yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> we all had our roles to play but yeah. you can also follow us now do you have a twitch channel or just your youtube channel uh just youtube channel smart guy yeah, um, I, <laughs> there's something about twitch i like watching twitch but uh, but to put together a channel on it I was like, I have too much time vested in YouTube that mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to really look to go anywhere. There's else. one thing I can suggest. Don't yeah. split your audience. Stay on, unless YouTube yeah. does something to you, stay yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to just, you know, I, I've looked at the other ones like 
MeWe and and Minds mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, nah, I'm here. I got kicked off Minds. Yeah, <laughs> no, I free speech platform, and I got kicked off it. I just whatever, <laughs> jerks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, see, we have our subscribe star, and you know, you can buy an item from Spreadshirt, which we sold one earlier today. Thank you very much uh, for purchasing that. That's awesome. All right. Um, that is it of the stuff I have to show there. So let me get up our little fun image, a uh, fun overlay right there. And I am going to start with DM Bloodworth today for any final words of wisdom that you have for our fine viewers out there. Keep on gaming. That's why I just keep on participate in this uh, hobby as uh, as much as you can and in the, the way that you enjoy. And uh, as long as you are having fun doing it, don't let anybody else tell you how to game. Excellent. Heathen dog, what you got? No, I'm just going to expand on that saying uh, with our, with our, with our segment one and segment two today, we, we went through the history of, of D and D from, from basic to present day. And there's so many more games out there. And if you have an interest, another game that the people physically around you are not playing the the one good thing about this year is that is that uh, virtual gaming is an, a lot more mainstream. You mm-hmm. will be able to find someone to to play a game with that that is say not popular in your area or or the or the people that are around you don't want to play. You have the ability to find someone to play with. It, Opening yourself to new things is never a bad move. Even right. if you end up not liking it, well, you you may have spent money on one PDF and spent one or two days of your time on it. Move on to something else. You will find something that 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 uh, that you are going to like, probably better than fifth edition. So try and find it. I wish I could do more of that now, but I tell you what, the 80s and early 90s were such a great place for me with regard to that. I got exposed to so many games. I I used to tell people if it's a game that was developed in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, I probably played it. I don't know how true that is, but it's pretty close. I can't say that past that point, though. So, no, I agree 100% with you on that one. Um, The only thing I really have to add is that I didn't get to rant enough today, so, you know, I ranted a little bit with you. So so I get to cry. But, no, is uh, thank you to DM Bloodworth for being here. Uh, thank you for having me uh, guys i really really enjoyed it sounds great well we'll see how you enjoy it after getting up after sitting down for six hours or five hours yeah. this this crazy yeah. stream has been but uh yeah. no, thank you for being here i hope everybody enjoyed this once again i want to thank everybody who is watching and uh with that it is theme song time have a great and wonderful day everybody